I'll press the button. Let's do it. Hey now, it's your boy PSA Sitch here with another Tuesday stream with everyone's favorite, the artist who's just enough. Adam, <laughs> what's up, everybody? And look, we've got two special guests here. We've got Brianna Wu, who wants to call Demon Mama a pedo, no. and we have. Um, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really important. Who wants to call Hassan Anabi, uh, Hamas Anabi, a terrorist sympathizer? So this should be an interesting show. Hell yeah! Thanks for having me. Just excited to be here. Starting off with the most awkward intro imaginable. That was the best intro imaginable. That's, what that's really good stuff. About. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Look, that was me. Okay, don't blame Brianna for that. Obviously, what, what is, okay, I'm wait, an in, is... I'm a I'm a pot stirrer, a uh, an instigator here. So Brianna's innocent. What's what's the drama? What is this drama, Demon Mama? I haven't been following any of this stuff. So, look, uh, my good friend Jenny uh, put out a video examining some of Demon Mama's uh, past statements and some of the statements that uh, her partners have made. Um, I'll let people watch it. They can make up their own uh, uh, mind on it. Uh, I was tremendously disturbed by it. Um, so, yeah, there it is. Jen, what's the Jenny what? Uh, heterodox takes on Twitter. She's oh. amazing. Okay. I don't... She's a really good person. I like her a lot. Wow, well, look at you being so diplomatic. Okay. So what's what an is... accusation. So like, real stuff with Demon Mama, this is someone who she's been extraordinarily cruel to me, but mm -hmm. I also know that she has trauma from, you know, internet communities going after her and I'm going to be the bigger person and not add to that. So wait, is. wait, I have trauma too. I, does that mean I get a get out of jail free card? <laughs> Look, I want to be yeah. a dick to people. Yeah. Uh, you just let me know. I'll let you have any drama you want. Just uh, give me the token. Just DM it to me and we'll move on. Look, DGG okay. keeps calling me a right winger. What do I get for that? What what <laughs> what kind of look? Who, what can I do? Who can I be mean to? Uh -huh. <laughs> so this look, I, I'm going to let I'm going to let it go. I, I, obviously, that's not a big deal. So, okay. um. Yeah. Uh, so it, the video, you said it was disturbing. What is yeah. like, there's a car accident or. Uh, there are some comments about, you know, I, I <laughs> there, there are some comments about an acceptability level for uh, anime depictions of sexualized children. Right. And Ooh, ouch. people Ow. being into this stuff. And uh, I, I will just say, if uh, I had a partner that looked at that stuff, I would leave them that day. So okay, yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Yes, yeah, okay. I would call yeah. wood chippers are us, but myself. <laughs> the the thing is, a lot of people they want to debate this topic, and they say, "Look, no one is harmed in here because it's just it's a drawing." But what they don't realize is that possessing CP is illegal yeah so it, do, it doesn't matter where it came from it doesn't matter if it's ai generated it doesn't matter if it's a that's cartoon. not true though that's just inaccurate you can possess and draw child pornography if it's a cartoon really yes 
Are Why you, would you want are it, you, though? Are you certain oh, about that? Oh, that's a whole so, other question. <laughs> are you, are you like, certain about that? It is, it is illegal in America, to yeah. It America. is illegal to possess child, so child porn. So my understanding, well, I, listen, I've never done a deep dive in the legality of those because it's not a subject. Okay, so you don't even know. Me. But no, this is what I've heard from other people, like in the Destiny, you know, <laughs> conversations about legal CP and stuff, is that um, the, so like, if you take a picture of a child, obviously it's illegal and it should be, and you're harmed because you're, you know, you're harming an individual. That's like the thought process behind the law. But if it's a cartoon, I don't believe like you're not harming an individual. You don't believe. It, right? So let's do a deep dive into this before. Well, you if actually... you want to listen, if you want to Google search look, it, if you... look it up to have that on your thing. You can I love do how it. I'm really important is smart enough to just shut the fuck up. I'm just right saying, now. my understanding is that that's legal. So it's just, I, I mean, know, it's, man. Gross, it's all but, weird. You know? Yeah, it's all weird. It's you, all well, weird. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Well, it should be illegal. Okay. And, well, and maybe it should, it should the, the it should be capital punishment for people who possess this stuff. <laughs> I I think there should be should no not... no trial. The police should just execute them on site. I think right. if you're in the business of being in politics and advocating for a political system, mm -hmm. I think it's probably not smart to advocate for um, this kind oh, you of sexualized image of children while you're doing it. I think that is, I think that's bad. I would not do that, especially if your shtick is uh, moralizing and explaining to people how they failed your morality test. Um, I don't think you should talk about this publicly. Mm. Yeah, there you go. That's my position. Well, Sitch will be doing that deep dive and then no. reporting back to no, us. No, no, no. <laughs> Someone else can do it. Listen, people in chat said I was right. Okay. That's all I need. That's all the confirmation I need. Those Let people, feel free to ban them, mods. All of them. <laughs> no, no. So, uh, okay, so anyway. I, I, guess, I guess we're moving on to uh, Israel-Palestine. Yes. Wanna, you want to begin, Mr. Important, with... I guess you got... I saw a dust-up where it seemed like Hassan's... Hamas Pikers fans were attacking you on, <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, I I just so saw, give us a backstory. Okay, I I just saw Hassan trying to explain from the river to the sea is actually an aspirational Oof. thing, and he compared mm -hmm. it to, um, people saying Black Lives Matter, or some nonsense, and I just said I just wrote what a fucking moron, literally four <laughs> words, just four tweeted him, what a fucking moron, no other input, nothing, and he decided that got to the top of Destiny subreddit. And so, I, of course, Hassan stalks the subreddit. And so he had to respond. It's kind of like a proxy war between him and Destiny. So he quote tweeted me and wrote a whole uh, book report about uh, <laughs> oh, these boy. liberals. And, oh, you know, here's what it means. And at the end, he says, like, he kind of excuse it doesn't excuse October 7th or whatever. But he just says, like, it was because of the mistreatment of the Palestinians, like explaining it. And so. Why he chose to respond to me, I don't know, but it just raised my profile to get quote tweeted by him because he has uh, like a million and a half followers and it put me in that arena. He did this to me and it was not a good afternoon, I will just say. Mm -hmm. So you got caught you got caught up in that as well, Brianna? Yeah. I not related to uh what happened to I'm really important, but just separately he tried to uh, basically shoehorn me and get me to uh, uh, say that Israel was an apartheid state, right? Which, um, you know, I mean, look, my public position is out there. I've been very, very clear on this. Uh, yeah, I do not support Netanyahu. 
Uh, I think anyone that looks into, uh, you know, his leadership can see uh, he's a pretty corrupt guy. I think he's fairly analogous to Bush, too, in the fact that he's used terrorism to keep himself in power very cynically. I think if you're noticing stories about him delivering you know, suitcases of cash to Hamas, I think for any reasonable person, this raises questions of him perhaps enabling Hamas for, for a deliberate opposition. So, uh, you know, uh, I don't support Netanyahu, but I do also really not support anti-Semitism. And let's be really clear, the left in discussing this has lapsed again and again and again and again into the most uh, anti-Semitic tropes that dehumanize, you know, not Netanyahu, not Israeli foreign policy, which I don't support, but, uh, you know, American Jews that don't have anything to do with this. And, uh, you know, I've called that out. And I got to tell you, my social media has been a war for weeks now. And it's really, really discouraging. <laughs> yeah, wow. I saw you even went protected for a while. And I was wondering what was going on. But I just I want to give Ew. a fair warning, because there is going to be a bit of I told you so in this live stream. <laughs> today. Fair, fair, so. fair. Yeah, so um, just to expect that. Look, I I brought you both on because a lot of times our our live streams end up becoming like a two v one, and I figured, look, there's two of you, there's two of us, so we can dole out the I told you so's, and you guys can can react. Okay, but um, I, 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 is there going to be a fight? Because every statement <laughs> I have is going to be like, yeah. I mean, I don't know what there is well, to say. I, yeah. I see where Adam's going. He's going to be like, you know, this stuff's been present. You guys just haven't seen it. That kind of thing. Is that yeah. what's going on? Maybe yeah. it's going to be a 3v1 against IRI. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we'll see. I mean, listen, this is the first time I find myself criticizing some, not only people on the left. I'm I'm shocked by the anti-Semitism. They're couching it, hiding behind anti-Zionism. And that's what got me yeah. to step into this. I stayed out of this for a couple of weeks because I'm like, no one's going to like my takes. My family is from kibbutzes right mm -hmm. near the ones that were attacked. I, my opinion is very biased. It's not going to go over well. So I just kind of keep it to myself. But once I start seeing Hassan and others attacking Zionism, that pissed me off because that just, you might as well say Jewish people, because what are you hiding behind Zionism? They don't know what any yeah. of that shit means. Okay, when so someone but, says Zionism, you know mm -hmm. you're in for a really shitty conversation. <laughs> like right. you know it's gonna get kind of racist really quickly. Well, so let's start there. Um, you know, because I hear this very often. It's not people, you know, Hassan and other people who say they're not anti-Semitic, they're anti-Zionist. So why do you think that that's really anti-Semitic? Well, I think they they don't they don't have an understanding of what Zionism is. And not that I'm an expert, but mm -hmm. for me, Zionism is just the Jewish people having a state. It's not the exclusion of other people. It doesn't mean the destruction of other people. Are there extremist elements within Zionism? Of course. Are there people who have hijacked it and done crazy things with it? Sure. But for me, Zionism has always been when people attack Zionism, it's always a way to attack Jewish people. So that that's where I start. Mm -hmm. You have a take, Brianna? No, I, I agree with that. And it's not to say you can't have a nuanced discussion on or a more academic discussion on should Israel 
like, what is the best solution for policy here? Uh, you know, I was, I want to admit, I found this to be very laughable, but there is an ongoing discussion about like a one state solution where I suppose Israelis, like Joe Biden calls up Netanyahu and says, uh, Bibi, uh, time to dissolve, <laughs> wrap the whole thing up. And he goes and dismantles all the borders mm-hmm. and, uh, right. you know, Palestinians just come in and all the uh, Jewish people that live in Israel that uh, have members of the Holocaust and moved to Israel uh, to uh, all the hopes of having a safe state of their own, they just go, oh, all right, that's fine. We'll deal with this. And then uh, everybody lives side by side and it's utopia. Um, You know, that's a discussion that seems to be going on. And I guess you can have that discussion. But like, don't tell me with a lot of this, there's not this undercurrent when the, when they say, you know, Zionists, they really want to say the Jews, or at least mm-hmm. that's the impression I get. I mean, tell me if I'm crazy. Well, I know it's weird. Like, I think there's a lot of people, especially like in the Middle East, and we see a lot of these protests, and when you see a lot of people, unfortunately, in the Middle Eastern descent, like in you know Australia, saying gas to Jews. I mean, obviously, that's <laughs> very <laughs> anti-Semitic uh, thought process there. And so I, I definitely think, from a global perspective, anti-Semitism definitely has a huge role in people not liking Israel. Yeah. Um, but I think from a lot of the leftist American perspective and even the leftist Canadian perspective, I don't know if it's so much anti-Semitism, if it's just this kind of lens, the, what I would call brain rot lens of looking at the world through the oppressed oppressor lens and saying yeah. like, you know, they think, oh, you know, in their mind, Israelis are white Europeans, which is not true, but that's how they perceive it. You know, Israelis are white Europeans who came to a region of non-white people and colonized them. And I think that's how they view it. And that's why they have such a dumb take on it. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. Um, I do just just for balance want to say, you know, my good friend Dean Obadala, who is a former Sirent Live writer, he has a show over on Sirius XM. Really great guy. And yeah, you know, he's Palestinian. He has family mm-hmm. that grew up there. And yeah, you know, I was on his show last night and he's talking with a lot of um pain, frankly, about what it was like to grow up in the West Bank and have, you know, Israeli policy being like cut more into the border, cut more into the border to deliberately settle there, uh, you know, displace people. He actually had uh, his grandmother that lost uh lost her home. Uh, from this and you know, just seeing this really hostile Israeli foreign policy year after year. And he's again, Dean is not anti-Semitic. He he has condemned that regularly on the show uh for years. Uh, you know, but there's a lot of pain on his side over you know seeing Palestinian children without water and electricity. And he's coming at this in good faith. And I do think that is a foreign policy that is eminently fair to criticize. Where I really have to say this is not appropriate is when people on my own side are are really just um frankly being anti-Semitic to uh you know people like IRI, right? Uh mm-hmm. and just um like there's no future for addressing this crisis that doesn't involve people like IRI, you know, like like working with uh, the mainstream Democrats and kind of changing uh, course on the foreign policy of our country. We have to be partners with everyone. And I just think there's this tendency to dismiss them that it, it's not just, it's just not anti-productive. It's, it's anti-Semitic, I think. Have, have people been saying uh, explicitly, directly anti-Semitic things to you, IRI? 
I mean, not not uh, the normal stuff, but call me a Nazi, saying my family are genociders and mm-hmm. things like that. But I mean, right. I nice. I can just feel it. You know, I've dealt with anti-Semitism my whole life, and and I can just feel when people are mm. what they not saying what they really want to say and and yeah. just being mm-hmm. nasty. But mm-hmm. um, you know, what I'm not what the anti-Semitism for me is what I'm not hearing. And that is that the Jewish people have a right to live here side by side in peace with everybody. It's it's the dismantling of Israel, a nation that's been there 75 years. And it's just this pipe dream that these people are selling to their fan base. Uh, and it's it's also a distance from the Holocaust that a lot of these young people have that they don't um, they don't understand why Israel was founded in the first place. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I agree that it's like this pipe dream. Because I mean, we watched a bunch of Hassan content on this, and to me, it is an absurd pipe dream that there'd be a one state that's like a secular state. Because I don't, my understanding is that no one, either side, really wants that. So it's kind of silly to advocate for such something no one wants. But I'm curious, Iri, if theoretically, like there was, you know, the majority of Palestinians were in favor of living in a secular Western liberal democracy, um, and with Israel, and Israel is like one state. Would you be in favor of that solution? I don't think so, because for me, Israel is a place for Jewish people to be safe. I mean, Jewish people are treated like shit all over the world, because mm-hmm. even to this day. And there's got to be one place where Jewish people don't have to watch their back and can just be themselves. And so I, I just don't think it works. That's why I support a two state solution or even a three state solution, whatever it takes. Not tomorrow. I don't think I think Israel could end there their blockade they could bring down the wall in gaza they could give people the right to return whatever all that and they would still be slaughtered by hamas so it's not about the palestinian cause when it comes to like hamas so for security reasons it's just not feasible to have a one-state solution Mm -hmm. even if it's a secular state it makes no sense well i mean like i understand what you're saying like it it, like this is all theoretical obviously Mm because like if if they integrated now there'd be this massive uh like safety concern but if like in some hypothetical scenario, you know, the Palestinian population overall, you know, was in favor of a secular Western democracy, you know, I think that it could work. And I think Jews could be safe in Israel without it being explicitly a Jewish state. Um, but I understand that that's this is all like highly hypothetical. I don't know, man. Jews get shit on wherever they go. So I, I'm not very confident that like democratizing and like being uh-huh. secular is going to help them you know just just to bring it back to the lens so part of i think our position is that this oppressor oppressed dynamic is the lens of wokeness something yes. that we've we've okay. talked about and you guys have have probably talked about but, but been in favor of so i i'm curious mr important if if you do you think these people are calling you a Nazi because you're Jewish? Or do you think they're calling you a Nazi because you're a, a colonizer, an oppressor? <laughs> uh, well, I probably more the oppressor. They think that I support the genocide of the Palestinians, which I disagree with the premise in the first place. I don't think they're being genocided, but that's their view that I'm no better than Hitler and the Nazis trying to remove the Jews from the face of the earth. And so, you know, it's 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 the nastiest of of insults they can call a Jewish person a Nazi. Yeah, but has like has this changed your opinion on like leftism or wokeism or socialism at all? I haven't thought about it like in that in that regard. Like, oh, well, you got to. Well, look, the lens has been turned on you now. That's why we're asking. No, but but listen, here's the thing: these people have always hated me because I'm a 
liberal. I know you guys disagree with me taking that label, but what, what do you mean we're liberals? I know, but you say I'm not. You say I'm a progressive. Right. Okay. So, well, look, you, it, it you, sounds you, like you you're had... taking steps towards being a liberal here. So I like that. <laughs> well, I've always been, this has always been my position. So these people have always hated me. I was just nice. So they couldn't do it openly. Now they have a reason to hate me openly. Yeah, because you're support. a colonizer. You're well, a... and you're I, here's what I think. I think a lot of these people are misguided. I think it comes down to distance from the Holocaust. A lot of these young people don't know about the Holocaust. They don't know why the Jewish people have Israel. And I do think there is this sort of black and white oppressor versus oppressee. I think TikTok plays a major role in this. People are not getting their news from watching TV or even lengthy YouTube videos. They are going on TikTok. And TikTok, what is China's goal with TikTok? It's in order to sow discord in the Western world. So I think a lot of these people are just being manipulated. And I don't know what the hell is going on in these college campuses. But, you know, I think it's a minority of, of the voices. I don't think it's a majority. So I, I agree with that. I think you have two generations of Americans now that have no memory of any institution in this country functioning. Um, yeah, I'm just old enough to remember, uh, you know, like the first Gulf War, right? It happened when I was very, very young, but I, I'm old enough to remember like Democrats and Republicans coming together. I'm, I'm old enough to remember uh, foreign policy operations were genuinely done in the national interest. I'm old enough to remember when, uh, you know, when our left versus right politics ended at the United States border. I think what we have two generations of Americans now that believe is they've never thought really seriously about, uh, you know, uh, geostability. I think they take national security for granted. And I think they have this really erroneous paradigm in their mind that America is always the bad guy. Now, I want to be really clear. I protested George Bush II every single weekend for years for a reason. I didn't do that for fun. I did it because I thought uh, he was the worst president we'd ever had. And I thought he was uh, getting my friends killed in Iraq. But there was no point where, like, at the same time, I can point to you to a hundred things the United States has done that has been tremendously good for the world, right? It's not just U.S. bad, like Hassan said today. There's a much more complicated calculus about how these things work. And I think uh, Democrats have not done a very good job of telling that, um, helping educate uh, younger people about this. And I think Republicans have also not done the same thing. So I don't think it should be surprising that we have uh, two generations of America with a very simplistic analysis of how to evaluate our actions in the world. Um, but I, th I think we, I think this is a wake up call that we need to have far more sophisticated discussions. Well, this well, is the purpose of ideology though. Ideology is designed to simplify the world, to create a stylized world where everybody is a oppressor or oppressed so that people who are not very bright know how to behave in the world. They know who to hate and who to love. So, but this is, this is my problem with ideology. And this is one of the critiques that we've had of this ideology for a long time. So I think it's been mischaracterized as like hating progressives or hating progressivism. I look, I would call myself progressive in a, in a different time when there wasn't this simplistic ideology that was turning people into monsters. Well, I think what, yeah, and I think what Adam's getting at is that, you know, we think or we feel, and I obviously I think this is very true, that this, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, leftism, socialism, wokeism, this 
ideology of the oppressor versus the oppressed, this ideology of like, you know, you know, we need to deconstruct whiteness and all this, you know, other stuff like this ideology is toxic. And it's the ideology that led people down the pathway to have these takes on Israel and, and to say the things that they're saying about this. And I don't think it's just like, because it sounds kind of like IRI that you're saying that this is like a one-off thing, but I don't think it is. I think this is obviously where the ideology goes. And I think that the left broadly in America and in Canada needs to kind of push back against this and kind of expel these radical elements from the left. Yeah, no, I, I see where you guys are coming from. I, I do think we've gotten into a world where things are binary and it's you're on one side or the other and that does lead to the where we're at right now unfortunately but i didn't see that in the past when it came to issues i saw nuance within blm or the covid era whatever and i'm sure you guys disagree but i saw nuance within the left on that and um on this issue it just it seems like again what got me into it maybe it's personal and you know maybe i'm waking up or something but it doesn't change my opinion on the left or biden or uh, democrats or woke culture or whatever it doesn't change my opinion on any of that other stuff it's just this one thing i feel is people falling victim to anti-semitism without realizing yep. i mean there's been a lot of anti-semitism out there coming from the right no offense to the righties out there but you have to admit it's mostly been coming from those types and I think that that bleeds over a lot to people and they don't even realize it. And and they they take on a lot of this. It's kind of like in 2016 with the attacks on Hillary by the right that bled over to the left and, and affected a lot. Some of the Bernie people, too. So that's that's kind of what I'm seeing, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. well, you go, Brown. No, I was going to I agree with IRI uh, or should I call you uh, Mr. Important? Either one. Uh, <laughs> no, but I've got an equally hard question for you. I mean, I hear mm -hmm. you. I hear what you're saying about ideology, like breaking things down to a simplistic point of view. And I, I agree with you. But when I see this situation exactly like Mr. Important does, I see a confluence of a lot of different events. I see uh, generations of Americans that are getting uh, points of view that let Let's be frank, uh, have been underrepresented in media for most of my lifetime, like the plight of the Palestinians. I think we would all agree that CNN and you know the New York Times, they tend to not really cover these things accurately. But y'all's reaction to this is, aha, more evidence that wokeism is bad, which to me seems like kind of an equally simplistic analysis. I want to be really clear. I've been fighting with these people on Twitter for weeks now. I am far more blackpilled on areas of my movement than I was two weeks ago. And uh, like Adam, right. you've told me repeatedly that these are some dangerous people that need to be called out. And I agree with your assessment there. But I think you're concluding that the entire movement is broken or corrupt. And I think that's a it, it's just too far in my assessment. Well, First of all, I just want to say that we're trying to differentiate. I mean, I know a lot of people don't do this. Sure. But me, but me and Adam try to differentiate between, you know, uh, mainstream Democrats and liberals and like socialist leftists. Like these are different groups of people, even though I think very often the mainstream left, unfortunately, you know, gets in bed with them for some reason. So I'm not trying to say like every, like the entire left in America is broken. And I don't think that's what Adam's trying to say. Um, but where I think it's important to understand is that this is not a one-off. And I and I understand that like 
I can understand how you could see it that way. Either of you could see it that way. Cause it's like, once the lens gets turned on you for the first time, it's like, wait, what the hell's going on here? Or maybe it's easier to not see it when it's not on you because like one of the comparisons I made, and obviously these are very extremely different in terms of levels of severity, but you know, the same thought process, the same moral intuitions that kind of went behind a lot of these same people's take on the BLM stuff, like, you know, what you brought up earlier, IRI, is what's manifesting here in the Israel Hamas situation. Because we saw the same people making excuses for shoplifting. We saw the same people making excuses for rioting and looting, saying, you know, there are poor people, there are poor black people that are being oppressed by a system. And therefore, it's okay for them to go and, you know, destroy private property, you know, and do all these things that are against the law. And that's essentially the same argument they're making here. They're saying, well, the Palestinians are poor and they're being oppressed by Israel. So therefore, you know, they're justified in fighting back. It's the same thought process, just to a more severe degree. Oof. I I I see where you're coming from. Don't get me wrong. But I, I just think that you know, listen, I was making fun of those people too at the same time for those takes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I never, never was like, yeah, shoplifting's based. Like, that's idiotic, you know? <laughs> well, not like, just shoplifting, but also just this, like, let's downplay, let's not denounce people who are like looting and rioting and doing these things. Mm -hmm. Right. There was a lot of like, riots the riots are the, the language. Heard, yeah, know, there like... you go. So, the language I wanna, of the oppressed. I... I, I want this is an admission, and I, I think this is a fair criticism of me. I will completely cop to, I never said any of that garbage, like, oh, it's great to go out and shoplift, or this doesn't matter. But when um, you know some of the BLM riots happened, I completely admit, I looked at that news, I saw it on my news feed, and I said, I'm just not going to get involved with this. I knew it was wrong. Uh, but I did not speak out about that, right? And I think every single time on the left, we choose to kind of look the other way when it makes a point for us. I think it's corrupting our culture and our political movement. I, I do worry that we're becoming less capable of intellectual honesty and looking at our own side and holding our own side to the standards we expect of other people. I really struggle with this because we're here talking about this today. And, you know, there's a story that just came out in Axios about, you know, Donald Trump going through and basically uh, pre-approving people uh, that would serve in his cabinet uh, and basically enact revenge on political opponents, right? So the, the stakes on the other side, in my view, is literally democracy or fascism. So I think it's it's hard because sometimes I want to focus on the truly terrifying existential threat to our country that I see. But I also see like this, this culture on my own side of not speaking up when things are wrong. And, you know, mm -hmm. I or I would probably both agree. Like my mentions have been a war zone for calling out the anti-Semitism on the left for weeks now. It's not pleasant to go through. I wish I did not have this kind of backlash, but I do think it's important that some part of what we advocate for is a, a leftism that's fundamentally honest. You you bring well, up I, an interesting point because the I, I did see that article about the right. The, the the problem I see is there's two ideologies in conflict here. These there's the oppressor oppressed ideology, and there's the liberalism individualism ideology. You know, one is collectivism, uh, collectivist by nature, and the other is individualist. And and the right 
exactly as you're saying, I mean, what allows them to to say it's no big deal that Trump is doing this thing, which I, I admit is terrifying to me as well, is using the oppressor oppressed lens. They're saying, listen, we're being oppressed by liberals now. We're being oppressed by the left. And therefore, we have to take power by any means necessary because we are the victims. We are in the victim role. And I mean, you you know, I'm sure both of you know, this is a lot of the Nazi um, arguments in favor of the Holocaust, as disgusting as it was, was they were being victimized by the wealthy Jews. So it just it, this the danger of this ideology is is something that I think it's easier if we focus on the fact that it is this ideology and that there are these two things in conflict. Go ahead, uh, Mr. Important. Well, I, I want to say I feel bad that Brianna's having um, such blowback. I've just been laughing at all of it. Maybe I'm a psychopath, but I just mute <laughs> tweets and I just ignore if I get annoyed. But nothing these people have said have hurt me at all. I, I just uh, it all water off a duck's back. I don't know. I, I just. You know, I think I've heard it all at this point, so um, it doesn't bother me to fight with them. And I don't really engage because that's what they want. They want some attention. And so they're all most of them are sick people. I, I guess, Adam, the first thing that came to mind for me, with, I agree with the oppressor oppressed thing. And I do think that people are seeing stuff in in black and white terms. And, and that is problematic. And perhaps this is the first time I've seen it, that it impacts me with anti-Semitism and makes my community less safe. So it, it bothers me. But I think when it comes to the right, they're trying to take away rights and justify that by saying that they're being oppressed. And it, it feels manufactured. It doesn't feel authentic. Whereas on the left, I've always felt that, OK, some people are soy and they're pushing things too far, but their heart's in the right place. And they are sticking yeah. up for people that are genuinely in need of a voice. For example, the people, let's say the people that are stealing those are people who don't have a voice. I mean, there, there's a lot of people out there that are suffering economically and they don't have Luke, a voice. Luke, you just a second ago said you weren't going to make excuses for shoplifting and you've reversed your position well, not, on that pretty quickly here. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think the argument that people are making is correct. I don't think supporting people shoplifting is correct. And I'll laugh in their face at that in a second. But when I hear people complaining like, oh, look at all these locks I have to go through. I have to go get the cashier to open it up for me and stuff. I'm like, come on, man. Like, you're missing the whole problem. Why are people stealing in the first place? Let's have that conversation. Let's not talk about, oh, I'm inconvenienced because I have to go get they're, the- They're stealing the... because they can have excuses. They can they can well, claim they that they're can. victims and that they're mm -hmm. oppressed. We, yeah. See, we I, I just fundamentally disagree on that. You're, I don't look, think you're, people- you're, are... ma you're making the argument. Look, you're basically saying- I agree with you that we shouldn't use the oppressor oppressed lens, but I really am oppressed. <laughs> like that is the problem with the lens. Not me. No, not me. I mean, it, maybe in this situation with the Israel and anti-Semitism. Well, right. well, like, so with like the shoplifting thing, like, but, you know, I, I agree that things should be done. I think it's, I think it's far more difficult to solve the widespread cultural systemic problem of you know shoplifting and why certain areas of lower income places are going to have more shoplifting and all stuff i think we should be doing it i just think that's a it's a very long-term project where there's obviously very short-term things like you know lowering uh, or raising i should say raising the amount of things someone could steal before getting hit with felonies and all that stuff which has very a very short-term instant effect on increasing shoplifting because then people are not afraid to do it and that's why all these stores are doing all this stuff 
I mean, people just don't want to live in a society like that. And even, I mean, especially it's not just like, you know, rich white people on Twitter complaining. Like if, you know, if you're poor and, you know, black and you live in one of these areas in CVS where you have to like go to CVS and there's just picture frames of everything because this the shoplifting is so bad. I mean, like who wants to live like that? Yeah, sure. No, um, I, I'm, I'm not. Well, two things. Uh, first IRI, um, you know, these, uh, I've been dealing with a lot of efforts to sabotage me professionally in back chain, mm. uh, like literally get me fired uh, from some of I my see. positions. Uh, you know, like I can take heat on Twitter, but, it, you know, people are trying to, this is the irony to me. Like uh, I'm literally trying to help Democrats win elections, uh, you know, play a, you more than probably anyone else in the space understand on the ground field work is hard leading canvassing efforts is hard fundraising is hard and yeah you know, this is what i spend at least 40 hours a week working on and uh you know i've got people that are trying to basically get me fired from them which is tremendously frustrating um so yeah, that is, it's not the Twitter stuff that I care about. It's the attempts to like destroy my character. Um, yeah. Secondly, like you're my friend, but uh, I just, I don't, I, I cannot excuse the shoplifting at all. Um, I've looked into the psychology of this. I'm not convinced that it's usually to feed your family. I think a lot of people do it uh, in the course of a moment because it's fun. I think we're seeing a, a scourge of organized crime. They exist to you know do smash mobs and go do these stores. And I think it's destructive to these communities. So do I have compassion for the material conditions that could be aiding, like adding to this? Of course. And that's a separate discussion. I have no issue at all saying shoplifting is wrong. This organized crime uh, wave that's going on with uh, stealing things from stores is wrong. And we just do not need to enable it on the left because it's it's not hurting corporations. It's hurting communities. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm, I, I definitely don't support support shoplifting in any way at all. It's just it seems like a minor inconvenience for me compared to the bigger issue of why people would steal. And even I agree with you that there are mobs of kids that are organized that are shoplifting and taking stuff. And there's even organized gangs and such. Um, and perhaps some progressive DAs have gone too far with lessening the punishment for shoplifting and that seems to be something that's being discussed in a serious capacity so i'm all ears for all that stuff i would never make excuses for shoplifting in a heartbeat but i'm always looking at why people commit crimes why do people why would a bunch of kids get together and shoplift what's going on with them because i wasn't interested in doing that when i was their age so i'm, I'm just more interested in the why than the what well, yeah, because you gave fair. an excuse well, I think people are, are more I think I give people more credit than that than just because you're not going to be punished means you're going to commit a crime. You know, I could probably go push an old lady down and run into the mob and not get caught. But it, it, am I going to do it? No. OK, well, I mean, I would just say I would I wouldn't use the word I wouldn't use the term like inconvenience because I understand that for you. And you said for you, yeah, it's an inconvenience, maybe. But, mm -hmm. you know, if if someone lives in an area, maybe they don't have a car and like the closest grocery store or CVS like shuts down because shoplifting is so bad. I mean, that's like a huge problem for their life. I, I, I agree. And if it does create like a food desert or something that could be problematic for the community, I'm sure it does happen. But I feel like there were these talking points that a lot of these stores shut down and they blamed it on 
uh, loss or whatever it was called. And uh, pretty sure I saw an article not too long ago saying it's that that's not the whole story there. And they, they kind of pointed a finger at shoplifting as an excuse to shut down stores it may not be the whole story. Yeah, I saw that too. And that's really well said. Uh, I found that very convincing personally. Well, yeah, I mean, I've seen articles like that, but I would imagine that if there's a location and there's only one CVS or one grocery store, and mm-hmm. if there's not shoplifting, I would imagine that store would get a lot of business because it's the, like the only one in like a few mile radius. So that makes me think that there has to be shoplifting has to play a big factor in why they would close down because otherwise they'd be making lots of money. Well, I'm sure there are some stores that were just overrun with shoplifting and it wasn't worth it due to the safety of the customers and stuff like that. But I, I feel like it's probably a minor reason why well, a store like CVS shuts down. I, I don't I don't know what the profit margins are for a CVS or for a grocery store. I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm guessing they're not massive. So even, you know, a, a spike in shoplifting that reduces their, you know, earnings by five or seven percent. I mean, that. That could just be enough to say, okay, this 5% is too much. Shut it down. I, I mean, I'd I have to look it up. I don't know. I mean, right. businesses shut down for all sorts of reasons. And I feel like we're all kind of assuming here. It, it could be <laughs> okay. they overexpanded. They, they just, they're, it was, it just wasn't a right well, fit. Well, regardless of, yeah. So even if, regardless of whether that's the, the only reason or not, I mean, we should all mm-hmm. not want to live in a society where you have to, you know, pick up a picture frame of toilet paper because <laughs> the shoplifting is so bad. I agree. Um, yeah. So, but I want to go back to something you said, Brianna, which I agree with, and I'm very happy that you said it, which is that, you know, and I said this a bunch, that if we ex- if you ignore the extremists on your side, that just allows them to kind of go grow out of control. And it kind of creates this idea that like, oh, well, everyone must agree because no one's kind of pushing back on the extremism. This is true on both uh, the left and the right. And I was curious if you agree with that idea, IRI, that we should like you should you be calling out the extremists on the left? Well, just to be clear, and just and I'll let him answer. My statement was I really struggle with with understanding what proportion is appropriate. Sure. Because I think zero is clearly not appropriate. But on the other side, you're literally talking about fascism. And as a public figure who's trying to you know, provide um, to build coalitions in in the party. I I struggle every day with what what my role is with that. Well, before you answer, because right, you're kind of framing this in a very interesting way, which mm-hmm. I think is what everyone does, and is kind of why these extremists don't get called out. Is that unfortunately, like the way it seems like a lot of politics works, is that if you're on the right, you'll point to the left wing extremist and you'll say, hey. This is the entire left, and you'll try to use this broad brush to paint everyone on the left as the extremist. And then the inverse of that is true. If you're on the left, you point to the extremists on the right. You say, hey, everyone on the right is one of these you know, uh, fascist extremists. You try to paint everyone like that. And so because that happens, it makes people on the left and the right gun shy to call out the extremists on their side because it just gets perceived as ammunition for the other side. You know, We saw this a lot uh, with Anna Kasparian you know, with her birthing person tweet. Where like the number one complaint that I saw from people to the left wasn't necessarily her tweet. It was that, you know, Ben Shapiro retweeted it. Like a right wing person used this complaint as ammunition against my team. And so is there a way to like kind of call out people on your side without falling prey to this team playing attitude? 
Well, I, I lean towards what Brianna said, where I feel the time's more valuable and leads to more results by trying to rally the troops and avoid punching people on my team and point and woke scolding. Um, yeah. So it, for is that me, what I'm you were more... saying, Brianna? That's not what I interpreted you saying. But... Oh, it's it's I, I think that that is I, I agree with you. That is the best course of action is to not woke scold. I agree with that. No, no, no. Yeah, but like. Okay, but that's not. Wait, I thought you were saying, Ira, that you shouldn't. You should be spending like the majority of your time rallying the troops instead of calling out like the crazies on your side. Well, yeah, yeah. because the crazies are just that they're crazies, and so <laughs> you know why? You know, do you argue with the guy standing in front of Subway pouring a two liter on his head, or you just keep yeah, moving the, about yeah, it? But if the you know? if the guy at the corner of Subway pouring a two liter on his head has forty four thousand. Mm -hmm live viewers then yes right. you should be well if he's poisoning your entire I, movement then yeah you should be i mean i just i don't see their impact as gigantic i really don't i i really? when i hear like yeah I, this is something that i just because if you go out in the real world and you ask people do you know who hassan piker is 99 out of 100 i have no idea no idea and I used to do this on Omegle. I would ask people if they know who Hassan is, then no idea. And these are just randos on their phones, like going on the internet, messing around. So I think the vast majority of people that are involved in the political process are not influenced by people like Hassan. Now, you guys might disagree with me, but this is what I, the feeling I get watching the news, interacting with normies. And these are the people who vote. And also, I'd rather... Try to get they're the, they're the people who vote now, though. Don't you think no, the young think people Hassan, who are watching Hassan are going to grow no. up and vote one day? One day, but but right now they're 15 years old and they're three years away from being able to vote. You know, yeah, but I mean? we're they're shaping their morality for their entire lives. Well, I, I you know, I maybe I'm more forgiving, but when I was 15, I thought some stupid things too, and I quickly grew up as as uh, time went on. So my the people that had influence on me at that age didn't seem to stick with me my whole life and i think you guys would probably agree your 15 year old influences probably didn't have a lasting influence on you maybe, maybe i'm well, just except jesus was my 15 year old influence, <laughs> and i think it served me very well <laughs> well, well i seem to push you in the wrong in, in the other direction Are look you i don't i look i i'm well no i'm a i'm an atheist but i okay look, so I, hassan I, is then it's that argument is then hassan is pushing people in the exact opposite direction as they mature then. no i do a, i do think you've Jesus. Look, I do think you form your moral compass when you're young, obviously. Hmm. Like, I instinctively hate lying, and I know that I hate lying because I was raised religious, and I felt it was a sin. So just intuitively, I feel strong discomfort about being dishonest, which I think is good. I want people to feel discomfort discomfort in being dishonest you raise well, a generation of people who feel no discomfort at being dishonest and all of a sudden society is falling apart you raise a bunch of people who are not only un, un, not uncomfortable at being dishonest but think shoplifting is great and they feel good about it you're going to run into trouble yeah like i agree that internet politics and mainstream politics are not 100 percent aligned i mean we talk about this we talked about this in terms of Bernie support, Vivek support, Yang support. Um, so, I, but I think that's going to change over time because internet politics, I agree, is like still like the young people's game, and the young people are still not the primary voting base, but they will be. Yeah. And I think the Hassans of the world and the other political pundits in the world will become just as popular as Fox News 
or any of these other uh, or MSNBC or any of these other things going forward over the next 10, 20 years. I don't think that Mm. internet politics is going to stay detached forever. It's going to grow and grow and grow. And it does concern me that I think Hassan's like the biggest political streamer in the world. And the the biggest political streamer in the world is a radical socialist and promoting these ideas. And we're seeing them manifest on college campuses. I mean, I went to a very fairly liberal college, you know, in the late 2000s. And like, I would never have seen any of this stuff, any of these like attitudes manifesting this oppressor, oppressy stuff manifesting on my college campuses. Everyone was still very much like a more classically liberal pro free speech, you know, kind of person. So I, I don't think you can just dismiss this as like as something that's just going to like go away on its own. Look, and I, I think we might have had this conversation six months ago, and both of you might not have even acknowledged that the lens existed. Now no. I feel like we've made no. some... Well, uh, <laughs> look, we've had conversations like that. We, we've had these conversations before. So, so look, the, let's, I want to I bring in something else because you mentioned psychology, Brianna. Do you, want, do you know about the locus of control, the internal or external locus of control? Why don't you share it with me? This sounds Okay, amazing. so look, there, there's two ways that you can look at life. You can look at life as you have a, a, an ex, it has an external locus of control over you, that things happen to you that you, you cannot get past, or you can have an internal locus of control. You, you feel like you control your destiny. You shape your life to some extent. I do feel like the oppressor-oppressed lens gives people the ability to adopt this external locus of control. Nothing, anything that they do is is not going to affect their lives. They're powerless uh, under a system of oppression. And I just, I don't think, even, even if that's true to some extent, and obviously I'm not Pollyanna about it, there is, there is some level of oppression that goes on around us i don't think it's helpful to teach people that there's no possible way that they can overcome that oppression do you think people are teaching uh their daughters that there's quote no possible way to overcome say structural sexism yes i i think they do and i think you're a bit guilty of this yourself i think you kind of inadvertently teach people that I, I don't agree with that. I think I think it's something you that is there. It's a background radiation in your life, but life goes on. Like you've got to you have to keep going forward, and we all have to. Like there was a, a phrase to come out of this uh, Hamas Palestine horror uh, that was in the John Oliver clip. It's like we're all doomed to live together, which I think is uh, is pretty appropriate. Like we mm-hmm. ultimately are all going to have to get along. Uh, you know, from my point of view, respectfully, I see um, a thought process with y'all that I think consistently dismisses what everyone else goes through. And um, I, I'm not going to tell you there's not excesses on, on my own side. There are, but like, like I think you, your calculus makes you think there's no problem at all, or it's overstated or the best course of action is to shut up about it. And I, I just don't agree with that. No, look, I, and I do see people further right than us, obviously making that argument. Like they want to make the argument that it doesn't exist. I'm not one of those people. I think it does exist. Or that I it think, should exist. 
Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is even worse. I look as a, as it's important that we know what the reality is because sure. if, if there is this structural sexism and I'm just talking about sexism, but it could be racism or homophobia, any one of these things. If there is a certain amount that is insurmountable for the individual to overcome. And, and in our past, there was obviously women weren't even allowed in certain universities or professions. Okay. So that's an insurmountable hurdle for them to overcome. It's, it's important to know that if you believe it's an insurmountable hurdle and it's not an insurmountable hurdle, you're doing yourself a complete disservice because you, you, if, if the hurdle is insurmountable, you're a fool to try and beat it. You should, the, the logical course of action is to hunker down and live with it. You want I, to respond? I, no, I, well, I'd like to see you engage with my point, uh, but I will just, I'll, I will engage with yours by saying, um, you know, like, look, my own life, I've got a house, I've got a really nice car collection. I do very well for myself. I have a job I think matters. I'm in a good marriage. Uh, you know, like I feel like I was handed a pretty tough deck and I've made the most of it, right? Um, sure. So I don't think my own life has been insurmountable and I would never say that to anyone else. Um, I think one of the things I admire about Republicans and one of the, the things that has really served me well in my career is a good old sense of personal responsibility that, yeah, look, I was handed a tough hand, but my destiny is in my own hands and I've got to make the most of it and uh, make the best decisions I can in a moment for that, right? So I don't think it's insurmountable. Um, but I do, again, want to say, I see a pattern with both of you that I think you structurally downplay these systems. And I think your solution that you're consistently advocating is don't talk about it or well, no, no, look, look at how crazy the people are that are, are advocating for this. And my again, my position with, is, look, yeah. just to interrupt, my position sure. is to assess the problem for what it is, not to downplay it, but to accurately assess it. So that, okay. that's something completely different. Like well, it, so yeah, I was going to say like, I, yeah, I was, I agree. We need to assess the problem to figure out what it is. Um, and I just saw, you know, uh, someone on Twitter posted this massive meta-analysis that was even showing that, you know, uh, uh, biases against women in hiring has basically dropped to zero, while biases in for hiring men is basically just increased. Supposedly, now you can look at this. I don't know. <laughs> I've been said I don't. There's a massive meta-analysis of this, you know, of like 80 studies or something. Um, but my position on like how to quote fix the problem is that we need to be pushing for the you know a a liberal version a liberalism version of the you know race blind gender blind society where we say okay if, if you're a man or a woman you can you know do whatever you want and be whatever you want and your gender doesn't necessarily control you and we shouldn't be advocating along the lines of gender or race and i don't i see like that used to be the last position broadly and that right now I see, and this is kind of like the Hassan camp, this is the kind of pro-Palestine Hamas camp, is this moving away from the race, uh, gender-blind liberal attitude to the leftist attitude of that stuff doesn't work, you know, liberalism doesn't work, we all need to align along identity politics and, you know, say, you know, we need to do specific things to make everything better for women at the cost of the male oppressors. 
And that's where I see like the difference here. I hear it. How how are I, we downplaying? What's a that's a well she's saying that we're downplaying it because like we had the conversation in the past about you know how much sex Yeah, that's also a really good example. In, the video in game uh, yeah. industry, which is one of the most hostile, uh like documentable, like clear hostile industries for women to work. Um, look, I don't think y'all are bad people, but uh, I you. think walking into that conversation, it was again and again, you were convinced this was not a problem, right? You're convinced like it's overstated or you need examples. And I, well, I just look, think you do need all... examples. Sure, you do need examples th if you're going to assess, assess it accurately. I feel like we're going down a wrong tunnel that's not a productive place to go. My assessment of who y'all are is I think you have a slight bias against seeing this stuff. Not a big deal. My own husband has this. Doesn't make you bad people. I just think y'all have this bias. Well, well the, the bias for the oppressor oppressed lens is to see everyone as an oppressor or oppressed. That's the bias. And, and I think that's fair. And I, I think mean, yeah. one of the reasons I talk less about these issues today, and I certainly don't talk about the way I did in the Gamergate era, is I am convinced that those tactics are not resulting in better public policy for anyone. I can see barely any evidence that anything we did in the Gamergate era made that industry better for women. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, Sitch has a meta-analysis that shows it got better. I mean. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> he does. I mean, yeah, but why, you shouldn't dismiss it offhand just because look, of your you're, personal experience. You said it was on Twitter. I would need to look at this. Okay, I'll I'll send look you, at it. I'll you well, can look, invite me back on the show. If you if you are if you're looking to if your whole goal was to improve the situation, yes, and Sitch has a meta analysis <laughs> that proves that the situation has improved. Yes. Haven't you achieved your goal? Why aren't you happy about that? You did it. Twitter is not a reputable source. Okay. It's, Show me the it, analysis. Okay. I will, yeah, I will that's look fine. at that's it fine. and we will right. have another. Conversation. But I want to say so, putting aside like, you know, how much sexism still exists, how much of a problem it is, and all that stuff. Sure. You know, one of the, you know, the famous lines, I guess it was actually, I think it was pre Gamergate, was, you know, Anita Sarkeesian saying, you know, everything is racist, everything is sexist, and it's your job to find it and point it out. I mean, would you agree that that attitude, is a bad attitude to teach people because if you teach them that, they're just going to look for it regardless of whether it exists and they'll find it regardless of whether it exists or not. Yeah, I think, I think, like I said, it's not that I think you can't look at situations and and see ways that it's problematic in a million different ways. It's that I think is a, a tactic to make the world better for women. I think that going to war on culture issue after culture issue after culture issue has not resulted in better public policy. And I think that if we do use that same energy and pushed for, say, uh, better day like daycare subsidies for working moms, I think that would have been a much better uh, use of well, our energy. What I'm getting at is like, if you Amen. tell yourself that you're going to find something, if you tell yourself that sexism and racism exist everywhere, Aren't you just setting yourself up to find it, like regardless of whether it exists or not? Yeah, but it's probably going to exist. Yeah, but how, but that's the problem is that you can't like human. The human brain is just a pattern recognition machine. I mean, I you know we, I'm sure you guys know about like the Bible code where they'll like look into the Bible and they'll apply some algorithm and they can say, oh, the Bible tells the future. And it's like, well, no. If you look at any pattern, if you look at an ink blot, a cloud, anything. 
the human brain will force it to make sense. So look at a pattern and, and derive whatever you want from it. And so if you tell yourself everything is sexist, everything is racist, then yeah, your brain will find it there, whether so it's there. This or not. is this is what fundamentally I don't understand. And I don't mean to get spicy, but <laughs> okay. I debated John Doyle. Uh, who yes. is a pretty far right figure, right? He is sexist the, and racist, yes. At the University of South Carolina right. a few days ago. And I took his complaints seriously about uh, men getting addicted to pornography mm -hmm. and how it was hurting their lives. And I didn't sit there and go, you know, because women have XYZ, this doesn't matter and this doesn't exist. I looked into those claims. There was science that backed them up, even though the numbers I think he's using are overstated. If you watch that debate, I spent the majority of it agreeing that what he was talking about was a problem and I heard it and I gave him policy solutions I thought the left and the right could work on together to make men's lives better. Like that's where I'm coming from, from mm -hmm. this. I don't think for women to win, men need to lose. And I think that's one of the, the limits of Gamergate era feminism. I think what is frustrating from my end about this conversation is I don't feel that same respect. I feel like you're tendency is to say this doesn't exist this isn't a problem no, no, we're not this doesn't we're not exist we you never don't need said to look that. at it from this lens this is wrong don't talk about it this way this is not helpful right. well would it really kill you mm -hmm. to just say you know what i think it's pretty clear the women in the game industry like every one of them we're telling them like uh, we're seeing reports we're seeing studies we can look at the hiring numbers we can look at the rate at which they leave women in the game industry probably not having a great time that matters to me why can't you mm -hmm. show women the same respect i showed john doyle so you know we just watched this conversation on mm -hmm. sunday uh between hassan and ethan and a big part of the conversation was which i pointed out we point out many times and i think part of why the conversation looks so bad for hassan is that I feel like when we watched it, like Ethan is willing to basically compromise on a lot of issues or think right. about a lot of issues. And Hassan is like completely obstinate on right. everything. You know, there's no bending. So I don't want to like fall into that. That's how I feel right now. Right. I understand yeah. that's how you feel. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's why I brought it up. So because I, I I hear listen, I hear you. Okay, let me okay. tap into my feminine okay. energy. I hear you. <laughs> I understand. Right. No, so I get it. I'm and I'm empathetic. So I don't want to like be in that camp. Um, but I guess. Regarding what you're saying, you know, I'm very uh, untrusting of people's personal experiences. And I know that we, because we had this whole conversation about the sexism in, in industries and in the gaming industry specifically. And I believe basically what I said multiple times in that conversation is, you know, I don't know the clear facts on that. I'd have to see data on it. I don't trust what people just say. And I've never done the deep dive into that area myself. So I don't feel like it's productive necessarily for me and you to argue about how much sexism exists in the video game area or these other areas, because mm -hmm. I don't, I, and as I said, I don't know the answer to that question. Right. So that's why I guess I'm trying to focus on like other things of, regardless of how much sexism there is, this, the psychology of how people perceive this is definitely an issue. Right. So. I'm and how so, we determine the actual level is, look, we wouldn't expect you to believe our assessment of the level of sexism, racism, or homophobia, which do exist, obviously. Well, we it's would not never even, say it's that not it even doesn't. ours. Like, if, you know, there are a lot of people, there's a lot of white people who say, oh, I've experienced tons of racial discrimination in job hiring, 
I've heard people I know who are like, oh, my boss told me that they wouldn't hire me or they wouldn't give me a raise because I'm white and they need, you know, a black person or whatever. And does that mean that there's like the entire country is rooted in some sort of racism against white people? I don't think those personal stories on their own paint that picture. You, you know, you need to have some kind of study or data to show that information, right? Yeah. No, a, I think that's fair. And I th- I do, I think where we would probably agree is this oppression Olympics dynamic where you're trying to decide, like bringing it back to the Israel-Hamas war, let's be really clear. Everyone is hurting in this situation. I have Palestinian American friends and they see this and their hearts are broken. I have progressive Jewish friends and they see this and their hearts are broken. They feel mm-hmm. kind of betrayed by their own sides. Everyone is here and in pain. And I feel like one of the reasons this particular conversation is so hard to move forward on is because the other side won't acknowledge anyone else's humanity. What I see today, as far as advocating for women's rights, is the exact same thing. If you're not willing to look at the other side and look at the suicide stats that men are going through or this pornography addiction thing, which is much worse than I would have guessed once I started looking into it. If we can't start seeing each other's humanity and trying to like come up with this playbook, which is I'm hurt, I'm right, you should not exist, you should shut up and give me power, that's not going to get us anywhere. And it's it's not a formula for anything but internet bickering, which is why to bring the conversation back to IRI, I think this is why both of us spend so much of our efforts on public policy and winning elections. This is a way to look at these issues and garner political power and get specific policies passed. This is a much better use of everyone's energy. And this is Mm -hmm. what is my professional goal. Yeah, no, and I and I understand that. And I and you know, we, me and Adam obviously have different, you know, we're interested in different things. We're more interested in like the psychology and cultural aspects of of these political situations, I think from the beginning. You know, we're not like big policy uh wonks, but you know, it's kind of like going back to sort of like the importance of calling out the bad actors. You know, we, we saw this on the right where, and I'm sure you guys have seen this, both of you guys have seen this a lot, which is, I don't think a lot of Republican politicians and a lot of Republican pundits, you know, they don't seem to like Trump and yet they're afraid to call him out and they're afraid to call it election denial stuff because they know that the base, the Trump base is like so big, right? And when you don't call out these sorts of things, it seems like it just creates a snowball effect of it getting bigger and bigger until it dominates the movement. And I guess that's what I'm afraid of uh, on the left is that I know it's not quite there yet, but if there is this kind of attitude of like the left can't get rid of its bigotry, you know, whether it's anti-Semitism or whether it's the oppressor oppressed narrative or whatever, that that will take over the left. And I feel like you know, the right went through this historically, obviously, I mean, I'm sure we, you know, there'd be a disagreement about how effective they've been, but the right, because we used to live in a country where, you know, black people were second-class citizens and racism was like so heavy on people's mind, you know, there, the right seems a lot more sensitive of like, okay, we need to, you know, kick out at least the explicit racist in our party, you know, maybe they'll use dog whistles or whatever, because that's so, that's so tip top in Americans' minds where like America never had really a threat of socialist. And so because America's never had that threat, 
I don't feel like the left feels a need to kind of expel socialism and this toxicness out of the left-wing parties in America. Yeah. Well, can, can I just say, I, I just look at it from a bird's eye view. I don't think the responsibility is on you and I to call out people. I feel like that is a waste of time. For me, it's about what led people to this road. So like communism, socialism, these are kids who, as Brianna said, have grown up without a functioning government. And we have a Congress that can't get anything done. They're at each other's throats. We have old laws dictating our southern border when it was single males coming across from Mexico looking for work. And we have a refugee crisis. We have an Internet that's out of control with no regulation at all. AI is about to make it 100 times worse. And so for me, it's about let's update the laws. Let's get Congress functioning. Let's get gerrymandering out so we get real people in Congress as examples of how to get along. That's why I don't spend my time trying to call people out. I don't ask the right to do that. I don't ask them. I don't expect it on the left. The only reason I got into it now is, number one, I can get some attention by leaning into it on Twitter. And these people already hate me, so I might as well just pound them hard and hit the hornet's nest and see what happens to raise my voice. Because my goal is always just to make this stuff more accessible. I don't want kids to get their news from TikTok. And nobody's watching CNN like me. It's all Medicare Advantage sign-up commercials and Viagra pills. So the goal for me, and I assume Brianna as well, is to make this stuff more accessible. And that's why yep. she works with streamers, because we want people to get the news. Because like you guys, I feel that if you read an article or if you watch a five-minute segment about a story, you're going to actually see a little nuance and maybe go on some research on your own and learn something. But if you just watch a 30-second TikTok video of Hassan saying Israel is committing genocide, then you're not going to get the news. So I don't, I don't mean to dismiss what you guys are saying, but for me, it's all a waste of time to try to call people out. Well, uh, yeah, like if, if that's not what you're interested in, that's fine. Um, you know, I don't watch, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't watched enough of your back catalog to be like, you've called out all the Republicans, Bob. I don't know the answer to that question, right? And I'll take your word for it. Um, but don't you, don't you think IRI and this is, uh, so this is where I really struggle. And well, wait, let me, let me just be, finish. Oh, let me just go finish. ahead. I apologize. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is that, so, you know, so I'll, yeah, I'll definitely take your word for it that you're not out there, you know, demanding that people on the right call out the racist or the authoritarians or, or whatever. Um, and I agree with you because the way that I look at the world is that you have all these extremist forces at all times that are always trying to pull society in one extreme direction. And then there's some kind of environmental change that allows that extremist movement to like sink its hooks in. And so, yeah, like, you know, income problems, material problems, the fact that people, there is income inequality and, and inflation, and especially among young kids who don't feel like they can live the life that their parents lived, where they can, you know, get a job and get married and get a house and all this stuff. Like all these problems create an environment that makes it ripe for extremists and any left or right wing event to kind of like sink their hooks in and say, society sucks, society's falling apart, we need to have some kind of revolution to change everything. So I agree with you that you want to change those conditions to eliminate those problems. But do you agree that like, that's a long term thing? And that's going to take like years to change. And so we should be advocating and, and changing that. But you also need to have something that deals with like, these extremist movements and these extreme groups short term. And one of the ways to to deal with that is to be like, listen, we're not like these crazy people over here. They're not they're not with us. They're not part of our movement, blah, 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 blah. 
Uh, I just don't know how effective that is. And I think you're no match for the TikTok algorithm. Well, part of that would be to, I mean, honestly, I'm in favor of just getting rid of TikTok. I mean, that <laughs> well, would be a, a short-term solution. I, I understand. My argument would be to grow your voice instead of uh, going after other people, which is what I rarely do. It's It's like more about how do I grow my voice? How do I grow my influence? I feel is a better use of time than showing people that someone else is wrong. Perhaps we disagree. And I, I don't mean to give you the impression it's a, a waste of your time to do that. Like if there's somebody making racist jokes in your office, then yeah, mm -hmm. by all means, you should sit them down and say, hey, man, I don't know if you realize, but like you're saying some racist shit, bro. <laughs> and it's making everyone <laughs> uncomfortable. But I think we have to take care of our own homes in that regard, trying to influence society by calling out Hassan on his takes or something. I think the, the influence is minimal. And I don't kid myself that I'm having any influence in in doing that. I just... For me personally, I just uh, had to say something. That's why. Why I said is your name? Moron. I'm really important. If you don't have any influence, I don't because agree with that. I think it's, it's ironic. ironic. It's yeah. to make people drop their guard and like, well, think this guy doesn't take himself so seriously. So maybe I'll listen a little Re more to regardless him. Oh my goodness. of how influential Hassan is. You know, mm -hmm. obviously there has been, and I would assume that you both agree, there has been some kind of political shift. Starting in the 2012, 2014, 2016, some time period, there has been some shift on the left and the left's ideology, at least on college campuses, at least on the internet, where it's moved from liberalism to, you know, whatever you want to call wokeism, whether you want to call it socialist or not. So sure. something is occurring. And to me, yeah. I don't think kind of, and I understand you want to, you know, and that's fine. If your attitude is, I want to stop that by raising up my own voice, that's fine. But that's a little bit different than, than kind of, the attitude of like, well, we just stick our head in the sand. It's not a big deal or it's not happening. Um, I don't I don't disagree that it's it's happening. I think people are drawn to socialism and abandoning capitalism because they don't see any opportunity to own a home. They don't see any way to get out of debt from student loans. They've uh, ran up all their credit cards and they're they can't find love because they're on Instagram all day long and they don't talk to humans. So I, I think they're looking for excuses why. And they say, well, capitalism, man, you know, yeah. the, America bad, America's imperialism or whatever. So mm -hmm. I, I don't disagree that that's happening. I just say you're not going to convince them, I think, by by browbeating them or even confronting them on it. I think what you have to do is is change their situation. You know, it's kind of like. You get some change in their pocket and you get them out of debt. Next thing you know, they're like, you know, capitalism's not so bad. I I hear what you're saying. I think that's fair. I, I think what I would say to you is I would imagine if say I went to me through or say to IRI. your, yeah, IRI, I think IRI, if I went through your tweets from 2016, and I know if you went through my tweets for 2016, you would see a lot of scorn for the Republicans like going, y'all have got some real racists in your party. You deserve <laughs> this. What's going on? Like, come on, grab them by the P word. I mean, like what's going on? Why can't y'all, you deserve this. You never called out any of the young cancer in your own party. Uh, you would look the other way towards anti-Muslim sentiment, the sexism, all of that. And this is what you get. Of course you deserve that. And now I think we're in a situation where obviously it's nowhere near that bad. 
it's nowhere near that bad. But if we could go back in a time machine to the aftermath of Bush two, and like look at the way the Republican Party was shaping itself, if they had been less interested in getting their own power and more interested in getting the right message together, like oh, what's his name? Uh, Reince Reince Priebus. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he had that really famous. Uh, analysis of the Republican Party that he put together after uh, John McCain loss. And it was this devastating document saying, look, the Republican Party has got to change course. We have way too much uh, uh, racism in our party. It's pushing out Latinos. If we don't move away from these culture issues, there's no real future to the party. How did the Republicans react to that? They fired everyone involved with that report. They marginalized the people involved with it. And now we have a party that is, in my view, uh, more and more synonymous with white nationalism. Again, I'm not saying we have the same proportionality of problem, but we do have a problem. And I I really struggle with waste the correct amount of my energy to call this stuff out. We both agree that showing a better way forward is the most effective way. We both agree that getting young people uh, focused on real world politics is a better outlet of their energy. But there's got to be some proportion of what we do that when people are just being like blatantly anti-Semitic, I don't look the other way and say nothing because I want to win 2024. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. And I mean, I think speaking up is fine. Um, I just, you know, Sitch, not to put words in your mouth, but I felt like you were saying that there needs to be a much bigger focus on pushing back on this stuff because it's it's going to become a poison that gets out of control. Whereas it sounds more like Brianna saying, listen, we have to speak up and once in a while and when something goes too far, but that's the exception and that's not the trend. I mean, maybe I'm misunderstanding. I mean, I would like point. an ideal world. This is obviously never going to happen. I mean, I would be totally fine with like both the left and the right spending 50% of the time advocating for things they want to advocate for and 50% of the time you know, trying to expel the crazy extremists from their <laughs> their sides. But well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. These are fellow Americans, right? That's all. I'm not I saying put in them in the gulag. I'm just saying, I like, know, I know. Be but like, I, these I'm people saying... are not. You shouldn't be breaking bread with these people. You shouldn't be trying to create a coalition well, with these people. What what creates I, I, this, these extremists, though? Such a, that's the. What's the I, I, I feel agree. like every. I, it's it's the right. well, well, it's the material conditions plus they're being indoctrinated by fucking assholes in college campuses. Hold on. Is it my see? My question is always which is which is more prevalent? Because look, if the material conditions are are horrible, and everyone says that they are, but you know, I follow the I follow the financial press and stuff, and they keep saying, "Oh, material conditions are really not that bad at all." So uh, it's 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 tough because there's conflicting reports out there. So I just I don't know which is which is more prevalent the ideology or the material conditions well, and i just i feel right. like there could be a doom cycle going here like it feels like we're all saying and you probably will agree with this like we have big problems right we have big sure. problems to solve and how do we solve those in liberal democracies right through some sort of electoral process well mm-hmm. there are people who they're revolutionaries they don't want to participate into the elect in the electoral process so we either 
try to de-radicalize them so they're not revolutionaries and they join us in this project to help us solve these big problems, that would make it much easier. Just like if all the people, if all the young people who could vote actually voted and voted for policies that we all agree would be good, then that would make things a lot easier. I, I feel like the radicalism is what's standing in the way. And and part hmm. whether it's ideology or whether it's material conditions, look, I, I think it's probably a bit of both. And I mean, you solve the material conditions by solving the radicalism, right? Well, see, but the, the, I would disagree on the radicalism because even on the right, I don't see it like that. I, I don't see people following Trump and MAGA because they're being radicalized and they're white supremacists or something. I think it's their material conditions. And maybe that's me uh, distilling things too much. But I feel like most of our problems in this country stem from people's uh, lack of access to things they want, you know, whether it's healthcare, mental health care, going to a therapist or doctor or a little change in their pocket. I mean, people are so much happier when their material conditions are improved. And so uh, maybe it's me belittling the problem, well, but I just don't feel like there's these poet, these influencers out there that are really riling people up and, and like getting them into something crazy. But obviously I agree to disagree with you on that. Yeah. But I mean, I'd assume you'd agree that, well, first of all, it's not to be like hyper specific. It's not quite the material conditions that creates this. It's, people's anxieties and fears that create this now people's anxieties and fears obviously if they have bad material conditions that will definitely be a huge influence on that in the first place um right. but i assume that you agree that regardless of what's causing it um that whatever allows this to happen whether it's material conditions or not that that just makes people ripe for pick you know being picked off by these ideologies Right. Sure. Yeah. So, it sets them okay. up to fall into like the it ideology. sets them up for these ideologies, the, especially I, I specifically agree. the oppressor oppressed ideology. Right. Well, no, but okay, looking so, for easy answers. They're looking for an easy right. someone to blame, not in the mirror. For well, sure. It sounded like you both were against the idea of banning TikTok. No. Oh, against the idea of banning it. Yeah. Like I'm in favor of banning I, it. Sounds like you guys are against it. I, I think it's I a tool that's that. being used. Oh, okay. Okay. Wait. What's, 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 both of you tell no, me. Go ahead. IRI, please go first. Well, I, I think it's a tool being used by China to manipulate discourse uh, mm -hmm. quietly and and slowly. And you're seeing that with the Hamas conflict right now, where you yeah, could, right. there's data out there that Hamas posts are getting promoted. And they have like 40 times the posts and the reach than a stand with Israel post or something like that. And mm -hmm. and so I think it's just a tool that's gonna, that's being used to manipulate. And don't right. get it twisted. I think that our domestic social media is used to manipulate us in other ways, whether it's to like the new Jeep Wrangler or to hate Joe Biden. I mean, all these tools are being used to manipulate us for one reason or another. But I don't I don't know about banning it because I, I feel like we can regulate these things. People love TikTok and and it's a wonderful tool, but it's being manipulated. That's exactly my view. Word for mm -hmm. word, have almost nothing to add. I I would say, um, I I would say that, as someone who is pretty serious about national security, I think we've been far too laissez-faire about controlling our own information space in this country. I think you are a fool if you don't realize that ByteDance is absolutely synonymous by the PRC. And yes, Facebook has done horrible things for this country. I've been talking about them on my own show, Rocket, which is about to celebrate its 500th episode for a decade now. 
Um, you know, but the thought of the Chinese uh, government having a direct pipeline into what our youngest Americans are seeing and hearing, any reasonable person should have extreme reservations about that. And it speaks to uh, our own utter unwillingness to regulate uh, the tech industry because the boomers that are in charge of these committees, they're completely unqualified. There was a woman that my mom went to for home economics class in Laurel, Mississippi, that made it to Congress. And she was on the tech regulation committee, like ruling over a whole bunch of this stuff, wholly unqualified, utterly stupid statements on this. Mm -hmm. So I, I think technology, like regulation, people always think it means like we're going to hamper the technology uh, industry. No, regulatory clarity can actually aid these industries. You can play a role in making sure it's competitive and everyone has a fair shot to get their products to market. We've just completely forfeited this to big tech. And I think the results have been disastrous. Well, like the way that I look at it is, you know, when you have Twitter or X and, you know, Facebook and all these other you know companies, like these are American companies who you know, generally their motivation is to make money and that can lead them down doing things that are bad for our society, obviously, if you're just driven by profit. And I do feel confident that in America, we can regulate American uh, businesses in such a fashion to, pre you know, to prevent, you know, these kinds of abuses or to fix problems maybe that are cropping up in social media. But when you have TikTok, which, you know, as you said, is basically just an arm of like the Chinese communist government. I mean, I don't see why I would trust regulations to have any impact on any of that stuff when they're not even motivated by making money. They're motivated by hurting America. <laughs> and I don't know why we should allow that. Yeah. Well, we, we can regulate um, who controls the information within America. I mean... Can we? I mean, look at like Twitter is a Twitter is a very interesting example because, you know, Elon Musk, you know, he he buys the entire company and mm -hmm. for like, you know, even like years after him buying it, the algorithm is such this black box of like tangle the yarn that years later, there's still like things that are going on the algorithm that he's like, oh, I didn't even know that this was happening. Right. And so like. On one level, I'd be like, yeah, like if we could somehow extract TikTok from, you know, Chinese hands and give it to an American company, if that would even be legal, you know, maybe. But at the other hand, you know, do I trust the algorithms, even if we did that? There's going to be so much stuff inherent in it that's going to be toxic. Well, I mean, that's what it was good. Trump was offering, I think, Oracle, Larry Ellison to to my TikTok, mm -hmm. if I'm not if I'm not incorrect. Um, but I mean. I, I think if if you if you sell it to an American company and force the American operations to go through an American company, then there's there's got to be ways to keep it. But I think if you ban it, um, people aren't going to understand why. Like they're trying to ban it in certain states right now, and it doesn't seem to be going very well. So I, I just don't mm -hmm. think it's a real solution. For me, it's more about just regulating the internet in general. It's just, it's just the wild west, man. I fight with my chat all the time about this. Like anonymity on the internet is insane. Like I, th yeah. I think our grandkids will look at this period of time and be like, holy shit, man. You had like middle schoolers killing themselves and you guys were just like, yeah, it's worth it for me being able to shit post on Twitter or something. It's so I think well, this is just kind of the wild west right now. I mean, without getting into a big 
question about anonymity and being anonymous on the internet. Um, should so you're but you would be in favor of forcing TikTok to be sold to an American company and be completely yes. detached. Okay. Hundred percent. Okay. Should have happened already. Right. Yeah, I okay. agree. I mean, I agree. Yeah, that don't you know bad. though, IRI? It's all everyone that uses anonymity on the internet. Every one of them. These are just young closeted LGBT kids that are just <laughs> using the anonymous mm. accounts because they're Sounds afraid like to be themselves. You're being sarcastic, right? Sounds like. <laughs> oh. Well, that no. is an argument you hear for sure. It, that, it is like, an argument, and there's some proportion. What do you think of, of it? I, I think it's true to some degree, but I think, look, let's be honest. Uh, a lot of people online are, um, they're assholes and their psychological motivation for being anonymous is they want to engage in asymmetric warfare where they are attacking your reputation and you cannot attack theirs. And it's fun for them. They're hunting you like it's a World of Warcraft monster that they're trying to level up and take down. Uh, that's their motivation. So I think it's sometimes true, but I don't think it's the majority case. I 100% agree. It's about reputation destruction. That's yep. what it well, is. And when, and when you're uh, anonymous, you don't have a reputation to destroy. So you're an effective, you're a kamikaze suicide bomber. <laughs> I, I just think it brings out the worst in us. Like It's kind of like having an invisibility cloak. A lot of people would do shitty things that they could be invisible. It just yeah. being anonymous just kind of brings out the worst in society. I think in general, because um, yeah. we'll keep going. The ring of yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, well, Look, I, I, you know, I agree conceptually with everything you're saying. I mean, obviously, that's you know, being anonymous is what kind of helps people be, uh, engage in this behavior. Um, but in terms of like getting rid of that anonymity, I would be more confident and, and safe and feel better to do that if we lived in a society that was like really heavily rooted culturally in protecting uh free speech and liberal principles and the fact that we had this kind of radical shift in the cancel culture to me makes me like oh well i definitely don't want to change you know the ability to be anonymous on the internet because of this cultural shift um yeah, I feel you. There, There is a concern right now uh, when it comes to free speech and the protection of that. Uh, I, I just, you know, to counteract Brianna's argument that, and I do hear this argument that it, it does provide a platform and a space for people to be themselves who otherwise can't be that person in real life. I just think it would bring down the temperature in general. And so yeah. perhaps trans people would be more accepted in society if, if people weren't just completed assholes on the internet eight hours a day and then well, they go into the real world and it's hard for them to shake that you know what i mean and they don't see terrible things i, I also think like this this conflict right now is um is made worse in israel and gaza because of anonymity on the internet and who knows oh, who yeah. the hell these bots are that are spreading all this info and and all these crazy videos and stuff and just inflaming tensions i think if everybody had to stand up and say what they thought with their with their identity probably the temperature would be way lower right now as a cartoon character i agree with you <laughs> that the temperature would be lower but right. well actually actually i don't agree the temperature would be lower for certain views i don't think like you know i, I do think we've kind of gone past peak wokeness and i'm hoping it will just continue declining but in that time period of you know peak wokeness uh, you know a few years ago i don't think like if everyone had their name attached to their account 
I don't think any of that would be different. I think it'd be exactly the same because really? the temperature would only go down on like opinions that are deemed socially not acceptable. There'd still be mobs of people trying to get you canceled for saying something that, you know, goes against, you know, someone's uh, cultural norm. And if the cultural norm is to basically capitulate to a mob of people calling for your head, I, I think that's completely inappropriate. I don't know. Well, I, I, yeah, go, go ahead. All right. No, no, no. Well, I, I just think that when when <laughs> out in public, I people are pretty nice to each other in general. You know, they're like, hey, yeah. man, it, I just think in, it face to face, like we're all so much nicer to each other and we're more understanding. We're, we're able to listen more. They don't want to get and, punched. It's a threat. Well, of yeah, but I mean, violence. maybe that's a good thing. Right. And that doesn't seem to exist on the Internet. Yeah, but that's not going to exist on the Internet, even if you're not anonymous, because you're still, you know, Thousands to some degree, it will, though. So I mean, well, like, to some, some degree, I guess, but not really. I don't think that people facing consequences for mm -hmm. their positions is the worst thing in the entire world, right? I've said stupid stuff. I've certainly, you know, had to apologize for it. Adam, I apologize to you publicly just a few, uh, it was a few months ago, right? Uh, I, I don't think that's bad for the soul or your character to do that. Um, I think that... Um, if this were a world where people had to stand by with their reputation, the shit that they're saying online, I think in a lot of ways it would be better. Um, I know that there is a, I don't mean to you know, dismiss what you're saying, Sitch, but I can take I, it. I, dismiss it. I think, I think that there is a tendency with some people to feel like they're truly victimized. And I've never heard you say anything on this show when I've been on here mm -hmm. uh, that I thought would get you fired or like truly get a mob after you. I, I just I don't hear you doing that. I think you could show your face very proudly on this show. Um, so I look but I, our, our disagreement, though, and, yeah. and, you know, I don't like to bring it up, but it, it was people were coming after me in a mob like fashion over a miscommunication. It wasn't. That's right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you can I should get a mob have called coming... you, which I said, you know, um, and, and to give be fair to me, like I did genuinely misunderstand you. Like, true, you believe that. Yeah, but that's the problem. Look, faith. I think most right. of this, look, my definition of cancel culture is people drumming up a mob to cancel somebody over something that didn't actually happen. It's basically people seeing something in the worst possible light and assuming racism, sexism, or homophobia, which is exactly what happened with us when it was not, that's not, that wasn't my intent. That's not what I meant. That's so that that's the problem. I, I hear what you're saying, but we yeah. are public figures and we get criticized for the nope. things that we say. Set that aside though. It's a miscommunication. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, well, I've even, got your number now and I'll call you next time if that happens, but I hear you. Even putting like miscommunications aside, which I do think is a lot of times what happens in these situations. Um, I don't have a problem with people being held accountable for what they're saying. Like, for I'm, what they actually say, though. Right, right, right. I, like, I'm actually completely fine with the students who, you know, wrote that. Like, I don't think everyone that's, that was involved with some group you know, should be held responsible. But for the students that wrote that uh, letter at, I forget where it was, Harvard or Princeton or one of the Ivy League schools, you know, that was basically just blaming Israel for the Hamas attack, like the day after it happened or whatever, you know, and there was a person that had like the billboard with their faces and, you know, some of the companies 
were like, you know, tell us who these students are because we don't want to hire them. I'm actually totally fine with that, uh, with that happening there. My issue is when you're talking about like people should be accountable for what they're saying, it's what is the Overton window of acceptable things. Like supporting or defending, you know, Hamas killing 1,400 people, that should not be acceptable, right? But if you have like a disagreement about, you know, whether trans women should play in cis women sports, or you have a disagreement about how like we should deal with CRT and systemic racism, or you have a disagreement about, you know, uh, George Floyd or, Auburn, or the Auburn Arby case or Ahmed Arbery case, or you have a disagreement about Kyle Rittenhouse. Like there's a lot of things that you could have a disagreement on that if you did, people would try to get you fired and would very often would get you fired just because companies are so cowardly that they don't actually care. If there's a big complaint about something, they'll just get rid of it. Okay, but yeah. my pushback, Sitch, would be, have you heard of this in real life? Like, it's so rare for people to it's like have rare, a conversation right? with somebody in real life and be like, oh my God, your takes are so shitty. I'm going to now reach out to your work and try to get you fired. I mean, the, Brianna that, wait, just this said, happens all the, the time. When it was mean? happening to her I, recently. I'm off the internet. I'm talking like somebody said something to you in person. Well, well I don't, I don't know. If, well, okay. We're not talking about what happens like two coworkers having a conversation and then I don't know, they get, first of all, I'm sure that does. I actually heard lots of ways people say like, oh, I had a conversation and the person, you know, ratted me out to HR or something. So I think that does happen. Okay. Number one, but number two, we were talking about whether, you know, the problems of being anonymous on the internet. So yeah, I'm talking about like if someone says something and someone they either say on the internet or they or someone posts it on the internet and then they get slammed on it on the internet and this does happen all the time. People get dragged yeah, I, all I the do time agree. on the internet. I, I mean, don't it just happen to me. <laughs> yeah, that's what go. I. Yeah, this, yeah exactly. you just said at the beginning of this conversation, yeah. people were trying to get I, you fired from don't your deny Democrat it. gig. I don't deny it. It happens in this environment, in this culture yeah. online. I'm just saying, right. if the online was more like the real world, I think it'd be uh, a, happening much less. That's my point. Maybe yeah, I'm but, living in a fantasy world. Maybe you're I right. Think maybe you every time. <laughs> Thank you. Well, look, maybe every time someone expresses their support of Kyle Rittenhouse, they're instantly fired from their job. But <laughs> I just I haven't heard a lot of instances of this. And maybe I'm blind to it. Maybe I'm not looking for it. But yeah. I, I just. I don't hear about this a lot in the real world. I feel like people, when they talk in person, they express things a little more calmly, a little more chill, and and they're a little more understanding of someone having an opinion, unless they just flat out say like a slur. Look, we should we should read some super chats. I want to ask one thing before well, we move well, on to before, super chats. Before we move on, I just there is this tendency for mobs to form. I mean, and we we have seen this offline. I mean, obviously, even before like woke stuff was like a big thing. You know, there was the whole Duke lacrosse scandal, which was just this massive mob forming. And, you know, there was, you know, more recently there was, I forget the guy's name, you know, who was saying like, listen, it was during the BLM stuff, which people like literally lost their minds during the BLM stuff. There was a guy who was like, listen, we should, you know, not be, we should be trying to get people to not riot because if you riot, you know, that will basically let the Republicans win elections. And that guy got fired from his job for saying that. And so I just... You know, I don't think you're taking this seriously if you're just going to like dismiss this as like that's not a thing that happens. I'm not well, saying it's not a thing that happens. I'm certainly right. not saying that. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you're it happens, more but open your, to it. Your, I think IRI was dismissed. Well, but. but I think your example was like going back to like the mid 2000s or whatever when that. Duke well, that was no. You were asking about something that happened in real life. I mean, obviously, there's right. this whole scandal of you know. Uh, he just. He dismisses you know, cancel culture as bad as we dismiss sexism, Sitch. This is like I, what's going I on. I just here. mean, there you go. <laughs> I my whole argument is I think cancel culture is much less prevalent in the real world than it is on the internet, which obviously goes into the real world too. I get that. Yeah, but we're but talking. Saying, but I know, but we were talking about whether people should be anonymous on the internet. So, like, right. that's what matters, right? <laughs> Well, and that's my point is that cancel culture is much less prevalent in real life, like one on one in your community, the way people interact. And if I if the Internet was more like that by mm-hmm. losing anonymity on the Internet, I feel and the temperature was brought down online that there would be much less cancel culture. So are you saying if you think that if no one could be anonymous on the Internet, that the people mm-hmm. calling for the people to be canceled wouldn't be calling for them to be canceled because they're not anonymous? Is that that would be mean? part of it too, because there are repercussions for like false allegations and being hyperbolic and I mean, trying to get someone screwed and having a paper don't, trail. Don't people have motivations to cancel people outside of of them saying bad things? Like if somebody has a, a big platform and people feel they're influential in getting Republicans elected, isn't aren't they going to be interested in deplatforming that person regardless of what they say? I mean, they'll be motivated. The question is, will they be successful? My mind goes to Trump right now, where I think one of the reasons Biden is losing in the polls is, uh, you know, I just want to admit, I was one of these people that said over and over, the media should not cover every single stupid statement that Trump makes. We should not like make him the center of every news cycle. I said that a million times uh, from 2016 to 2020. Hey, look at the news cycle now. Trump is saying absolutely unhinged stuff over on, uh, you know, Truth Social that my view is openly fascist, uh, calling for the end of democracy, the political uh, destruction of his enemies, and it's barely in the news. And I was flat out wrong about that. So I think in some cases, I think my view has shifted that it's actually important to give those people a mic. Oh, interesting. Well, I'm just saying there are people that do believe they want to take political actors out of, off the field. So yeah. they're motivated to misrepresent what they're saying in order to do that. And I feel like that's primarily What's what cancel culture is. What's an example of that happening? I think he would say like Trump being removed from the ballot due to the 14th Amendment. Would that be fair, Adam? No. Like look, insurrection? I, no. Wait, sorry, I, can you look, repeat that? I was wrong something. I'm, I'm talking about... Well, look, uh, the Gina Carano is like a perfect example. Like, obviously... Neither Sitch nor I believe what she said was anti-Semitic. We we feel people made her out to be anti-Semitic because she was getting political and they wanted to basically deplatform her for her politics. So, but she's, she's a small example. Obviously there are bigger examples like Ben Shapiro is a giant target. They would love to take Ben Shapiro out. So Candace Owens is a, a target. So she says, what is an example? How could we take out Ben Shapiro? I see someone that says some stuff and gets like, I would actually say that him deliberately provoking the left with uh, outrageous statements is his literal business plan, (laughs) right? Which is why he does this all the time. And as a result of that, Daily Wire is massive. Well, I think that's why you had uh, Matt Walsh and Michael Knowles when they would say they're kind of extreme statements. 
they kind of use very careful, like vague language that it's like, okay, I sounds to me like he's like advocating for white nationalism or he's advocating, you know, that, you know, we should get rid of trans, you know, anyone who's trans or something, but that it's like couched in such a way that people can kind of interpret it one way or the other. Like, like, I don't think they, I think if they explicitly, I think if one of them explicitly called for this, like an extreme position like that, there'd be a massive pressure on the Daily Wire to get rid of them. I don't know if they would, but I think it would definitely change the, the calculation. Yeah. I mean, do you think that the Daily Wire could hide, you, could have someone on staff that's just like an open white nationalist? Do I think so? Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Do you I think mean, people... it'd, be, it'd be interesting. I'm not sure they could. The, the point that I'm making is, and look, you, do you feel people are mischaracterizing your positions? now like what 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 argument are they making to get you fired at this very moment so they are trying to um despite a literal like over a decade of strongly advocating for palestinian people and openly saying that i think israeli foreign policy is on the wrong track and is leading to humanitarian abuses a stance which by the way did not help my congressional campaign very much when i ran right <laughs> So despite all of that, they're reaching out to back channel contacts. They're saying like, Brianna is Islamophobic. Look at what she's saying here. You oh, okay. Know? Okay. It's, so this is, this is, look, this is right. a perfect example. Okay. Sure. They see you as a, well, look, I don't know if they're trying to take you off the field politically because I think they agree with you politically. I mean, they might be trying to take you off the field because they're jealous of your platform and they want to replace you, but they are. I, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you're probably not Islamophobic. No. So that's a lie. They're mischaracterizing you as Islamophobic. It would lead to some trouble working with Cenk if I were. So there we well, go. Well, yes, yes. But th this is the exact point that I'm making. I'm saying I cancel culture for me, I always define it this way. And Sitch doesn't agree with me, but I define it as mischaracterizing someone's position to make them out to be sexist, racist, or homophobic or transphobic, even though they're not and try to get them fired. That's exactly what's happening to you. When when they're actually a racist piece of shit and they should be fired, that's accountability culture. A yeah. lot of but you know, obviously people do dog whistle and people do say things that they, you know, it's obvious that they are racist, but there's not enough there to to convict them on. But what's going on with you, it's completely made up. It's yeah, fictitious. I I do think Something I would really encourage more people on my own side to develop is a little bit more of a thick skin and ability to have your own people like criticized, right? Um, I'll give you a really good example. You brought up Gina Carano. Well, look, that's um, not going to change the fact that people are lying about you. Sure. I 100%. mean, you can, you can have the thickest skin in the world. And if people are lying about you, that's... That's not Look, I completely acceptable. agree. This is a terrible tactic, and it's the exact same thing Gamergate did. I, I am of the opinion that the Gamergate playbook, the progressive movement, has adopted this uh, uh, enthusiastically, and we use this playbook all the time. I think that something we need to do on the left is develop a thicker skin about having you know, sexist jokes or transphobic jokes, right? Like we can't go DEFCON 4 every single time that this happens. A really good example, Bill Burr 
has said stuff I find a billion times more objectionable than Gina Carano. And I like his stuff. He's a good uh, comedian, but he's also a Mandalorian. He has made some jokes that I think are really just outright sexist, right? But you will never find a tweet of me out there calling for him to be fired from the Mandalorian because that would be beyond out of proportion to the issues at hand. I think that one of the things the progressive movement would be very well to develop is more of a sense of proportionality because I, I just think everything can't be a crisis. Every single statement can't be a moral failure. Every single tweet cannot be the summation of your entire life and your entire viewpoint. This is a crazy way to evaluate people and it's not getting us anywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I, I agree. Look, a thicker skin would be helpful because then they wouldn't the innocuous things as slights and insults. Also, just having a little bit more charity for what people are saying, I think would cause the two parties to kind of meet in the middle because I do think a lot of things are being characterized as transphobia or sexism or homophobia when they aren't intended that way in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So, but, but okay. okay, there's super chats to read. Let me read I just, super chat. No, question. I want you to steal, oh, okay. man. Look, I this keeps coming up every time you come on, Brianna. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're accusing us of downplaying sexism. Okay, look, I have Ooh. I have experienced. Look, I I've experienced sexism myself on the show many times. Um, Sitch has experienced directed it. at you. What, what do you mean? Sitch by has that? experienced it. We have Sammy G constantly making sexist <laughs> comics of Sitch. Look, I and look, I've had I have a lot of. Um, female friends who've experienced sex, you know, sexual advances in the workplace that have been uncomfortable that they, that is just bullshit. They shouldn't have to deal with that nonsense. So, I mean, I, I, I feel like you, you think we think sexism is like non-existent or something when that is so far from my position. So I just, I want you to steel man our position here. So going forth in the world, you know, if you decide to make a Reddit post later, you correctly assess our position. Sure. I think that both of you are generally very suspicious of the way that um, movements for equality have been operating, uh, including you know, racial equality, women's equality, trans equality, gay equality. I think that you feel uh, it's you're, anti you're way off. Okay, look, I don't. Well, I let don't me finish. Let me finish. I'm not saying you're you condone it. I'm saying that you feel that the tactics that are being used are fundamentally dangerous for democracy, and I think it's in this category. No, this is, no of, you're not. You don't okay, know our maybe position. I'm it, look, please. the whole steel manning a position is. I'm. You're supposed to be able to articulate my position so that I would say, yes, that is my position. And I'm everything, trying to do that. Yes. Yeah, but everything you've said is not even close to my position. Like to the okay. point where I have to speak up and say, no, 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 no. That's not my position. No, no, no. Okay, well, uh, sure. Go ahead. Sure. I think that both Take of you Take two. Think Try again. That it's a little obnoxious, let's be honest. Uh, I think that well, both look, of we've you... had this conference. Look, uh, hold on. I want to diffuse attention here. Okay. There's no tension. I, I just well, you, you know, there's tension you're, coming from Adam. Look, you're funny. saying she said I'm being obnoxious. Look, I you are we, being obnoxious, but you listen. Why don't you had, state your position, Adam? Yeah. Okay. We, that would be easy. You've yeah. you've been on our stream three, maybe four times. If if you 
if you've articulated a position to me four times sure, and I can't articulate that position, I would expect you to be a little disgruntled about it. <laughs> like what, why wouldn't look what, why, why wouldn't you be disgruntled if I was mischaracterizing your position so badly? I think that there's part of your psychology that it really hurts you when people don't see you the way that you see yourself. I, mm -hmm. I think that's really <laughs> clear to me. And, um, you know, okay. so I think that directionally, if you look at your comments, I think that you truly believe that identity politics and what you call wokeism is illiberal. And mm -hmm. I think that you feel that it is um, driving us towards extremes. And I think, I think that you feel that it is not constructive for the overall dialogue. And it's something you are asking people on the left to have more awareness about. There you go. I like that. That's much, that's pretty accurate. Right? That's your position, Sitch? I mean, that's part of my position. I don't know what the position that we're looking for specifically is because I didn't really hear the question. But... Just your position on, on sexism. Oh, uh, my position on sexism? No, but that's my position overall in terms of like the dangers of wokeness and the liberalism and stuff. Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, my position on sexism is sexism is bad, <laughs> and I think I think wokeness, uh, illiberal leftist policies regarding sex, uh, will only make sexism worse. And I think what we're seeing is sort of evidence of that. Look, I think obviously sexism is bad. And if people are being discriminated against, treated unfairly, I think that we should do something about it. I think we should be wary of negative stereotypes. I've said it a thousand times on the show. Sure. I do think we need to understand how bad the sexism is. We have to have an accurate uh, depiction of the world around us, that we have to you know, use empiricism, science, to uh, get to some concrete understanding of the world that's accurate. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear any of that in, in her assessment. And I, what I think you, you think sexism as is at a certain level and you're that we are just supposed to accept that level. And since we aren't accepting that level, we think sexism is non-existent. I think that's what you think our position is, I, even though it's not even that. close to that. I, position. I don't think that. And it, you can go back and rewind the tape. I'm not even sure I used the word sexism. I think that my position is when I'm on the show, I think there is a, a, a tendency to minimize uh, the struggle that marginalized people are going through. And I've said this repeatedly, I don't think it makes you bad people. I think there are any number of people it's, in streaming, uh, hold on, on the right and the left that also have this. Like, let's be clear, there are not a lot of women in streaming and the most successful ones like Pokemon don't talk about politics. I don't think that's a coincidence. So um, I, I think that when you look at the, 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 the entire tsunami of issues facing America, I think you look at this and, and decide that what you call wokeness is one of the top priorities that you want to focus on professionally. I don't share that assessment. I agree with you. It's a problem. I point out many ways we agree on this show today. I just think that you're overstating the case, and I think you're minimizing some of the reasons that that might be a popular solution. I think 
the problem i wouldn't use the word minimize yeah let um, me let me respond I, I, Look, let I, me I, let I, me just talk let me just talk about this word minimize because i think this could be just a mistake or miscommunication because to me when i hear minimize that means that a person agrees or acknowledges something is exists at some level and they're making a conscious decision to not talk about it or to downplay it. That's how I read the word minimize, where I think, you know, for us, we have a disagreement on what the facts are. Yes. And how to solve that problem. So I wouldn't say that we're minimizing it. We just disagree on like the level of sexism that exists. Yes. We would never minimize uh, this, the struggle of oppressed people. Like it's one of the central things that animates me and I'm sure animates Sitch is the struggle. People have struggles and we want to fight against those struggles. The, the, the thing that we're disagreeing on is the facts. So you're basically saying we're, we're minimizing their plight because you're setting their plight at some level that we don't see tangible evidence of. Well, so, let me give you a really concrete example here, and maybe this can help. Um, so, uh, Sitch, you sent me a link of the Meta Story study you were mentioning earlier in the in the the, mm -hmm. the show today, uh, and basically, like we saw this on Twitter, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, here it is! Evidence that gender bias is solved." I'm going to bring this up. Hold on, hold on. So, and you go and you look at this and yeah. let's really dig into this. So mm -hmm. this is by, it's a Substack by a psychologist. Uh, I can't, I'm on the show, I'm trying to be present, so I can't really vet him, but this is a Substack by someone who claims to be a Darwinian psychologist that looked at a bunch of studies here. And what is he measuring? As far as I can tell briefly, like looking at this while the show was going on, mm -hmm. he's looking at hiring, hiring. Right. Hiring. Yeah. Hiring. One of the things that we know over and over and over again is this is true. Women do not face as much uh, bias in the hiring decisions mm. because of things like formal HR practices. I actually said this to you the very first time I came on the show, that one of the ways that structural sexism rears its head in the game industry is the rate at which people are promoted, the resources that you get once you become a parent, because there's so many forces that very subtly show you the door, which is why women leave the game industry at a rate of three times that of men so like when i say minimize i have to like you know like seeing this study and going let's talk about it on the show it, it just feels like you're reaching for the conclusion you want to believe it so i agree that like i should have said it was about hiring because right that didn't occur to me because i didn't realize or i didn't remember that you had a take that we talked about where you're like oh yeah hiring is you know, not like an issue, right? So in sure. my mind, I'm just lumping it all together as like one general topic, sure, right? And so, so that's fine. And to say, yeah, okay, this is about hiring. It's not about you know doing raises. It's not about work culture behavior, which I agree. Those are all things that have to be looked at uh, independently because there could right. be different issues there, right? But again, so that's fine. It's a fine. It's a fair, completely fair point to bring up. But I just want to say, like, do you agree that like the term minimize requires intention and i read it as intention to dishonesty no oh god no 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 oh gosh i i would never want to imply that so when i think about minimize i'm specifically thinking about this from my experience with addiction 
which mm-hmm. is when you're, you know, I've been sober for 20 years. And one of the things they teach you in rehab is to look at your behavior and kind of think through this tendency we all have to like go, this isn't a problem. Maybe I don't need to think about this that much. It's kind of an unconscious process to kind of not face things that are easier to ignore. That's all. Yeah, but Boom, down, okay. down, even using the term downplay. Mm-hmm is is talking past the sale you're basically saying this exists and you are trying to ignore the fact that it exists when right. we're arguing over whether or not it actually exists i think the fact that we've discussed this for like so much of the show tonight really indicates how sensitive y'all are about this it's, yeah I wonder, it's, well i mean you're the one that brought it up you know? so it's probably you're yeah. sensitive about it no well, <laughs> you're the one that keeps coming ask- back here man <laughs> In the end, Adam, what does it matter if she thinks you're sexist or not? Wait, not wait, wait, I don't think he's sexist. I, I know. I'm not say saying that. you do. Wait, yeah. I'm not well, saying it, you it do. matters. Saying, what just... would it matter anyways if she did? Wait, wait, wait. Why does it matter if we're sensitive to the topic? Like, why is it a bad thing? Because it what, shuts it... down conversation. It makes well, it no, really but, hard but... to talk about these issues. Well, if yeah, if we're saying that, like, okay, again. And I mean, I don't know. It doesn't seem like usually when, when you know, if you said, listen, such my position is this and this is and I don't like this word you're using. I'd be like, OK, I mean, I that's right. fine, I guess. Like, I just I don't I mean, I understand that, you know, in your mind, minimize means something different. But I agree with Adam that I think minimize does have an element of talking past the sale and assuming that the disagreement that whatever we're disagreeing about, there is something that exists and whether we're intentionally or unconsciously downplaying it like that's that's not our position. But this is what's going to happen, y'all, because you've made the editorial decision to focus on this so much in the show. What's going no, to happen? You is brought your it audience, up. We did not plan on audience, talking about this. You literally brought this up. We are addressing it because you com- brought it up. Can I finish what I'm saying, please? Yes, but look, don't don't mischaracterize this as if we are obsessed with it. You brought it up. You cannot you cannot accuse us of things and not expect us to respond. That's just normal, okay? If you make accusations, we're gonna respond. If we make accusations about you, I would expect you to respond. You should respond. This is out of proportion. This is comically ridiculous, man. Okay, so I'm gonna finish what I was saying. What is going to happen? Because you, the show is focused so much on a stray comment that I don't think is unreasonable. I think I've shown evidence of why I believe this. I think it's a reasonable position to have. I've tried to state it in a way that's open. It's not direct. It's not insulting. But because you've focused so much on this, your audience is going to scream at me from the hills. Look, don't, this is, don't hold do on. That. I'm yeah. going to finish. Look, this is you're, why you're, look you're making accu- you're why, still making accusations Adam, this is why it is so hard for this topic to be talked about and to be solved because there's a tremendous um resistance to hear any kind of uh voice that's saying this is an issue and it's it just leads it's to so, blowback. It's never so, a good experience. Me, we are not me, resistant at me, all. Um, <laughs> let me interject here. First of all, I want to sure. tell everyone, you know, obviously. Yeah, don't attack you know, Brianna. Don't attack obviously. Brianna or leave any comments. I mean, we say this about everyone. It's completely not conducive to us to be able to talk to people, you know, whatsoever, or to book guests. And I also think it's just an immoral thing to do. You know, you could disagree with someone if you, you know. So they say something and you're just disagreeing with them in some sort of like normal way, but don't, you know, 
like a tax zone. Okay. So that's number one. Uh, but number two, you know, I mean, I agree. And, you know, that, uh, you know, Adam is more annoyed by mischaracterizations than I am. We all have the things that bother us and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Um, and so, yeah, like that's fine to, to, to bring that up. And if it doesn't bother you to that extent, that's that's fine. Well, I look, I can mischaracterize Wait, but I don't think it's fair, Brianna, to kind of turn this around the way that you're doing, where you're saying like, well, now that we're talking about this, like we're changing, you know, the tone of the show and the subject of the show and leading this thing because I mean, I I still haven't igno- like heard you to even acknowledge the point about just the whole minimizing thing in the in something to that effect and just say okay like maybe i won't use that term you know we just disagree about the facts because it still sure. seems like like I, to me that would just be simple and then the conversation could just like end and we can move on so you want me to say i don't think you two have a structural like a, a kind of tendency to what is a word i can even say here downplay uh, like the problems. I want of... you to say that we just disagree on the level of sexism that exists in society. I don't know that we do. That's okay. Well, then I guess we, okay. Then I don't understand. That's 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 the hangup. You understand? That's the hangup. Okay. Same thing I said at the beginning. <laughs> say okay. it again. Okay. I think that a criticism I would have for your analysis, the lens at which you view the world is I think you structurally and consistently downplay the, the impact that structural sexism, structural racism, and uh, structural transphobia. I think you tend to downplay these effects. And I think that you tend to believe that the solution, the medicine is worse than the cure. You're just completely completely strawmanning our position. This is the whole reason why we wanted to do the thing. But look, you're just, I want to make it clear. Yeah, but you are incapable of articulating our position, okay? That's just just the facts. No, I'm not. Sitch just said it it summarized how he felt. You're not telling me. Well, no, no, no. What you just said now does not summarize what I feel. Um, You said earlier, you said. Yeah, but that that was about general. part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that is part of it, yeah. But I mean, we don't, again, we just, we don't agree on the level of sexism. That is our opinion. I mean, I don't know if, okay. if you don't believe us, that's fine. We can move on. I'm just saying that's, that's our thing. Okay. So, um, cause I want to move on. And read yeah. Let's read too. some, it's let's read bad. some super chats. Okay. Uh, J-Mac, our circuit father. Thanks so much for the very generous $300. Thank you. Jesus. Says, uh, wow. we need to, I know J-Mac is our executive producer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he says we need to establish terms here. Uh, when Brianna Wu says white nationalism, what does she mean? Shapiro said time and time again that someone with those views would not be welcomed as a host because it goes beyond the pale. You're trying to have a conversation, but I can't take it seriously uh, if you believe that Ben Shapiro. If she would allow truly that. believes this, yeah. yeah. If I truly believe, can you repeat that last part? That Ben Shapiro would allow like a white nationalist on the Daily Wire. I guess I would probably admit I don't read enough Daily Wire to have strong views about that, mm-hmm. but it seems to me that a lot of Republican media outlets do tend to air voices that are increasingly friendly towards white nationalism. So uh, maybe maybe Daily Wire is not one of them, but um, 
I think maybe you can't see it in your own party. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, Cameraman502 says the left and the Democratic Party are only about five years behind the Republican and the right. I would hope this has been shown in the last few weeks. How do you guys yeah. feel about that? I, I kind of agree. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. How do you feel about this that? This is why I'm saying like we got to call it out to some extent. I agree. I agree. Behind on what? Call, calling out extreme elements within our party? Well, do you think that the left and the Democratic Party are only about five years behind the Republican and the right in terms of like, like becoming extreme or whatever? Oh, no, I, I don't think that this is an indicator of what's to come. I, I really disagree on that point in general. I, I think this is a blip. I think these people will forget about this Israel issue in four weeks and they'll move on to the next thing. But it, it won't. But isn't that a problem? Isn't that a bad thing? It's not. a. I don't think it's a problem on the left, which probably a lot of people disagree with. But I, I don't think that hmm. this extremism element is a problem on the left. I think it's more, like I said, more about people getting their news from TikTok and, and other things like that. Okay. I mean, I guess, yeah, I'll just say without rehashing, because we talked about this earlier. Yeah, that's our, I mean, that's our primary disagreement is that I think that the attitude that leads people to have this position on Israel uh, is going to lead them to have and has led them to have other bad positions on other things. I don't think it's like a one-off. But... Fair. I just don't think that it, it's going to have as much of an impact on our politics as well. I mean, you look at Tuesday's results from last week, Israel didn't have any impact on uh, Democrats winning and our policies advancing. Sure. Well, well, not specifically. I, I don't disagree. Uh, Jonathan Rosler says, I might be misremembering, but wasn't Zionism considered to be an anti-Jewish conspiracy theory like 10 years ago? Uh, I mean, I guess it depends how you define Zionism, right? Because I mean, Zionism on its own is just that you believe there should be a Jewish state, right? Right. That's how I see it. I look back to, you know, Herzl back in the founding of Israel and all that and the reason behind Israel and I, I look more to that I, I don't believe in like forever expanding Israel or anything like that mm -hmm. uh, Mithram 6 says it's just this quote it's just this one issue sounds off, awfully like I don't like this one because it makes my side look bad the same principles that are driving this one issue drove most of the other issues Sitch and Adam mentioned yeah which we've talked about you disagree with but uh, Ghost Dong says for Brianna, woo, terrible plot aside, what are your thoughts on third birthday's gameplay in oh PE1 and PE2? I love this game. I listen to the soundtrack all the time. I've beaten it so many times. Uh, yes, the plot is terrible, but I love this game. Third birthday? I've never heard of this. It's uh it's the third uh sequel to Parasite Eve and Oh okay. Oh gotcha. boy, it is. Uh so if you look over here, you can see my original Parasite Eve poster uh from Japan <laughs> which right. cost me an absurd amount of money. Uh I love that game a lot. Okay, there you go. Um let's see. Toxic mix for $50. Thank you so much. It says while the effort to call out problems on your own side is commendable, um, when that is immediately followed up with something, something, the right though, you lose me. Is there a real problem or are you just concerned with it being used against you? Well, me, I have not brought up, at least I don't think I brought up tonight. And I don't think I've done in general on this topic, for example, but the rights doing this, that's so much worse. I, mm -hmm. I have not even engaged in that on the Israel topic. I've been happy to call out the bad actors on our side and the thinly veiled anti-Semitism. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my thought. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, like I called out Jamal Bowman, Democratic lawmaker, for his bullshit about Israel launching a missile that killed somebody near a press tent and he didn't he had to delete it because it could have been a Hamas commander for all we know right. I called out Rashida Tlaib for her bullshit on from the river to the sea give me a break and uh, I did not say but on the other hand look at these Republicans right I think um when it comes to sort of like saying like I think the problem is if if it's only if it's used as like a whataboutism if it's like oh yeah that's bad but the Republicans did a bad thing too. I think that's the mm -hmm. problem. Uh, sure. Oftentimes, I notice that people confuse that with if you're if you're trying to like give a little bit a spoonful of medicine to your side, you got to put a little bit of sugar in it, right? So you could say like, oh yeah, like you know, my team who's primarily left, like we're doing something wrong. Don't worry, the right's also doing something wrong too. Here's a little bit of sugar to put in the medicine, but you know, we shouldn't stray <laughs> down that path, right? So, you know, I think that's, that's appropriate exactly using what's in that happening. context. So, can we uh I don't mean to derail the show, but can we talk about from the river to the sea really quickly sure, because sure. I'm really upset about this. Um I don't, you know, IRI, I don't mean to speak for you, but what I don't understand is it seems to me I have updated my language so many times over my life because groups of people have told me that this is offensive to them or it's not something they want me to say, right? Like it used to be you couldn't say fat and then you're supposed to say person of size and then the fat community reclaimed it and you're supposed to call them fat again. Like really, you know, I, I've, I yeah, missed that one. As I understand it, this is correct, and I do my best genuinely. Hilarious. No snark. It is my my always attempt to talk to people with respect. What I don't understand about the left right now is I I hear and I understand the academic argument for from the river to the sea. I understand this, but it seems to me every single Jewish person I personally know and am friends with is telling me, Brie, this really seems like it's invoking the Holocaust and it makes me uncomfortable. And I don't understand why Jewish people are the ones that have to sit down and, and take it and, and feel like dehumanized or not valued because we can't cure them on this one thing. Like a slogan that is obviously like obviously a little bit edgy right? Right, right um i i don't understand why we can't show jewish people the same respect we we tend to show everyone else it does not make sense to me well didn't you listen to hassan he told you the answer to this question right of course because uh the jews are more privileged and powerful than the palestinians so they get the pound sand yeah, I, I agree, Brianna. I thought we listened to the group that's harmed by the messaging and right. how to use the messaging. And if somebody claims, hey, this is very offensive and harmful, I thought we on the left especially care about that. And that's who we listen to, but not mm -hmm. when it comes to Jews, I guess. And that's basically where I start to say, hey, we got some anti-Semitism problems here. Well, not, not, not when you, it comes I... to oppressors, though. That's the lens. Is the only, it's not the Jewish thing. It's the oppressor thing. I couldn't agree more. Can I be honest with you, IRI? Mm -hmm. Five years ago, when Jewish people said stuff like that, I secretly in the back of my mind thought, that's a little hyperbolic, but you know, <laughs> I'll go with it. And I see it now. And I'm like, yeah, I really agree with that. Like we tend to, everyone else gets it except with the Jews. And I, I think you're right there. Mm -hmm. Well, I used to not talk about 
Jewish being Jewish as a marginalized group because I thought we're the least oppressed group out of everybody, you know. But nowadays, uh, we're under grave threat. I mean, it's dangerous out there for Jewish people. So mm -hmm. I think it's it's time to speak up and start pushing back. Uh, well, but I agree I, with well, you. Just, it, it, hmm? it depends. What do you think, on, Adam? Look, I just I don't. It's the lens is the problem. I just it's the lens the is the oppressing. problem. Yeah, because yeah. you're saying, look. You, you basically just said, look, I didn't think we were oppressed, but now I do think we're oppressed. No, no, no. I, I maybe I, that's how it came off. But I've always thought Jewish people are not oppressed, but a marginalized group. And, and there is um, we on the on the Sunday show, we listened to Hassan and Ethan fighting about this. And Hassan mm -hmm. understands this oppressor oppressed dynamic so much. Ethan comes out and he says, listen, we, he, he basically gave the same speech that Brianna just gave. He said, look on the left, we've always looked at, at marginalized people. And we've said, you know, we should take their feelings into account. And, and if they ask us to change our language, we're going to change it. Right. And he, he tells this to Hassan and he says, look, I'm, I'm Jewish. There's anti-Semitism is on the rise. I'm asking you to change your language. Why can't you change your language? And Hassan says, because you're the oppressor in this situation. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I, I just think um, he's twisted himself into oppressor to try to justify the actions here. But it, and is the lens, is the lens, could we live well, without this lens? Okay. Is the lens totally necessary? Well, I mean, it is obviously if we're in a situation where people are, literally oppressed or oppressed but well my is that the situation be, this is the only instance i've ever seen of this oppressor being idea being brought up and and it just happens to be with jewish people so that's well, what no, where i start to get bothered with, with white people no no i know in general it gets brought up but i'm just saying right now like hassan i don't think hassan would say that about trans people like if or anything like it it's just when it comes to Jewish people, for some reason, he's got this this strange idea that he's going to have to justify anything against them. Well, I, I think he brought it up. I'm 100 percent. this, but I'm pr I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, there was the whole cracker discourse about whether it was OK to call white people crackers. Sure. And that, that was another common argument was, well, white people are not oppressed. So therefore you can be racist against them. I mean, that's literally, you know, power plus privilege equals racism, kind of trying to rebrand racism that way under that theory. Right. And I, I understood the argument there with white versus everyone else, but um, I, I don't think that they're like white people are a marginalized group. And I know that's going to hit a hornet's nest in your, in your chat, but no, I just, no, I, no white people are marginalized. There's no <laughs> marginalized a, people. Don't he's saying it's a group. But see, but that's my, my problem. That's is like, the problem. Sitch. The, the problem. I know I'm saying no. the problem is, is like there's that idea shouldn't even really be exist. an idea. Yeah. Because I, you sure do you, okay. Do you agree with that? Well, I think it's, it's, it's hard to see things through someone else's shoes if you're not part of that group. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so, but I'm saying like, there, there's no, it doesn't seem like it makes sense that there should be a lens in which racism is basically allowed as long like publicly allowed as long as it's the majority group that but doesn't not, seem to make sense to me it's not it's allowed hassan really? was suspended from the platform for using that term which i found no, ridiculous he, he was but it was I thought he was suspended for doing something else no and he it, was suspended look at for saying no... that, calling someone a cracker look he, oh, there's no right, there right, is no don't use the c word you'll get this right, well, I, no 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 but like like you i assume you agree that like uh being racist against white people 
far more allowed than anything. Yeah, there's I mean, no there social the, prohibition the on that. Times, you can go on Twitter right well, now and say whatever you want. Yeah, the, the New York Times lady, you know, was saying very anti-white things and they didn't fire her for that. They ended up firing her later for something completely different. There was an incident that we covered um, a couple years ago, which was, I don't know if you remember, you know, Nick Cannon uh, was talking to someone from Public Enemy and they had this very long podcast. And then through it, he kind of goes through the whole... I don't know how much you know about like the nation of Islam uh, founding myth about like Yakub and how white people were genetically engineered to be evil and all this stuff. It's like this like crazy, like uh, conspiracy theory about history. And they're kind of going through all this stuff. And the thing that kind of really struck me listening to this, that annoyed me as a white Jew is that all the media did when they covered that story was criticized Nick Cannon for anti-Semitism and criticized the podcast for anti-Semitism. I didn't see a single article criticize him for just how racist against white people everything they were saying was. Yeah. Well, look, I don't think racism is acceptable in any capacity. Uh, my argument previously with like the Scott Adams stuff, not to rehash that, but mm -hmm. that's the most recent one that we had or a discussion on it, was it's not as prevalent it's it doesn't seem to be uh, have as much of an impact on society um now we could debate that of course but that's pretty much where i'm coming from but oh, okay. in general i don't think racism is acceptable on in any capacity okay good well good. i just want to go back to from the river to the sea thing real quick um because mm -hmm. kind of a sort of the sidetrack um because yeah obviously you know the thing that annoys me is that when i hear people talk about this i just feel like um it's not like a it's not an intelligent conversation because number one Obviously, if it wasn't about getting rid of Israel, the phrase would be, you know, uh, from the river to the sea, Palestinians would be free, not Palestine, the country. Like in the fact that that linguistic distinction exists should tell you something about what the phrase is calling for, number one. And then number two, it annoys me because there's like this hiding where, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who use the phrase, especially in Western countries, who don't mean it to mean like to genocide Jews or whatever, but that's kind of irrelevant um, whether they mean it that way or not. If that's the origin of the phrase and that's kind of what the literal interpretation of the phrase means, you know, just because other people use it in some way that's like more innocuous, why should that provide cover for using this phrase in the first place? Yeah, it to me, it comes down to how do the majority of people perceive that phrase? Like, how do they take it? And is it worth fighting? Is it worth dying on that hill? I don't understand mm -hmm. why these people are dying on the hill. Like, just accept that a lot of people don't like it and say free Palestine, but they refuse. And and I don't know what's behind mm -hmm. that, except for just a, a hatred of Jewish people. I don't know how else to put it. it it's like, I, I do, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I'll just say it's like defund the police. It's because there are these phrases that mean something to the extremists that create them and then they try to trick a bunch of normies into repeating them and that's why they'll never get rid of it because there are the there are a lot of bad actors who do mean the phrase in the most extreme sense and they'll fight to protect it yeah i think Just, that's well said a fan sent mm -hmm. us the original arabic and and the original arabic means from water to water palestine will be arab which right, has a completely different context. Different context, yeah. yeah. It, it's well, just, I don't know how any plain reading of this does not sound like it's invoking. Yeah. <laughs> just right. a plain reading of the phrase. And look, Jenk has called our inside out about this, right? Where there's something about the left where we enjoy taking the edgiest, most 
unappealing phrase as possible, like defund the police, and just daring, daring any of those moral monsters to disagree with us, because we'll let you know just how stupid you are in the smuggest way possible. We do that. I 100% agree that we do that. And, you know, it's not productive here. I just think, like, listen to the phrase, how it sounds, think about the Holocaust, and then maybe workshop it some, you know? Like, free Palestine, that's fine. I've got no issue with that. Same. Yeah. But you're appealing to, like, your intuitions, which I agree with. But if they disagree with it, they're not going to, they're just going to dismiss you. That's kind of the problem with the conversation. So We got to wrap things up, so. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but but um, if you want to say you have a final thought, Mister Important, I don't want to cut you off. Um, yeah, final thought is it just seems like it's a distraction from their real cause, and I just don't get why they continue to go down that road. Right. Uh, Eric C says I appreciated Brianna on Leo Laporte's show, and glad to see her on here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, I appreciate I really, you know, Adam, it hurts me so much when we don't get along or have conflict. It really what, what? does. I really, I really like you. I consider you, you a friend and I I hate to have conflict with what's you. A, what's the I mean, I don't what's the big deal? Like we have we have to argue it out. The reason why we like building relationships with people is so that we can be a little more forceful with our opinions. I get it. I Look, I mm, you're you're wrong okay look sooner or later <laughs> you're going to come I, to that realization it's not going to be on the go. show you're going to be sitting at home you're going to be thinking ah that's what he means there you go it's 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 not something i think is a unique thing that you're dealing with i could name you people all across the streaming space that i believe have the same tendency and it's it's you know, if I'm phrasing stuff in a way that is feels disrespectful to you, that hurts me. It's truly not my intent. I'm I'm trying to use my free speech and tell you what my perspective is as someone that has dealt with these forces for my entire career. And I'm right. in my forties now. No, I I understand that. Look, I don't want to rehash Adam, you it. Move on. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mark Twain's Revenge says, question for the guests, what is your opinion on Islam and its integration viability with Western culture? Do you believe Muslims should be allowed to emulate Muhammad and follow his teachings, or do you believe Islam needs a substantial reform? Oh, boy. That's a big question. I'm completely unqualified to have any opinion <laughs> on that whatsoever. Um, I, I don't... I, you don't, you it feels like a bit of a trap with the Muhammad reference there, to yeah. like some, some specific things that Muhammad is referenced to doing. That being said, I, I think um, we can live in a world where Islam is fully integrated, and it is in many parts of the world. And I think, it, uh, like any religion, it can be modernized and grow mm-hmm. with the people and the times. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know the specifics about Islam to, to say, but I think any religion, well, not maybe not any religion, but I think, obviously, there's a lot of people that do it. I think you can reform most religions to exist in a liberal society and there needs to be that uh, reformation process and that assimilation process and i think some countries have done a very poor job assimilating uh you know immigrants and immigrant populations and they just kind of just like this idea that oh people just come to your country 
and they'll just magically assimilate when that's really not the case, if there's, especially if there's not an effort to do so. So, Couldn't agree more. Uh, J-Mac says, Brianna Wu doesn't know Sitch's take on chopsticks. <laughs> what is your take on chopsticks? Chopsticks are terrible. terrible. They should be oh, destroyed. No, his, his take is terrible. Your take these is are, terrible, These are sticks. We, listen, we live in modern times, okay? We have these things called utensils made mm. out of metal. We don't need wooden sticks like we're no. cavemen, all right? No, no, this is exactly like a manual transmission car. So y'all know I love classic Porsches. Yes. There is something like a classic oh experience God. friction. Is. Yeah. Friction in an experience increases the pleasure of an experience. One of the oh, reasons okay. we all that, that mean, listen, I don't mean it true. like that. I mean, that's friction true. as far as. Oh, I see. What, yeah. as, what as I mean like that is true. I mean. Here's a, here's a good example. Here, uh, so I have a Leica camera. I just got the Leica mm -hmm. Q3. This is a camera you have to slow yeah. down. You have to manually focus it. Oh, yeah. I can oh, take God. a picture that's great on my iPhone, but slowing down, thinking about my ISO, thinking about all these things makes that experience mean more to me. It's the exact same thing with chopsticks. <laughs> well, as long as you're acknowledging that chopsticks are a hassle and like it adds oh they're, they're obviously inferior but it's a tactile <laughs> experience okay okay fair enough fair enough uh dr diller says iri would you have the same charity if righties ignored the alt-right and rally the troops or do they have responsibility to disavow vocal crazies what what was the first part it kind of melded together would you have the same charity if righties ignored the alt-right and rallied mm. the troops or do they have the responsibility to disavow vocal crazies? Um, I I just think, um, look, you can spend some time on calling out bad actors, but the majority of your time should be spent on standing up for what you believe in and uh, not trying to to scold those. I just think that you drown their voice out as you grow, but. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I think you should always call out terrible things. That's why I stepped up when I saw, okay, there's some anti-Semitism here, but um, there just happens to be a lot more hateful people on the right, man. I know, I'm sorry. I know you guys, maybe not, you, people disagree, but, you know, it's like the the saying. You, you think even after this, you'd say there's more hateful people on the right? Yeah, the I, I still, I think this is a, a minority. I know people All disagree right. with me, but I, I think that um, I this agree. is a very, very vocal minority. I mean, we had 100,000 mm. people in D.C. today for Israel. These people couldn't muster up a crowd like that in America. Okay. Uh, Rosie McRose has two questions. They said, number one, what are the chances we can get Brianna on EFAP? I want to see her interact with rags. I don't know what that is. Uh, there's a show every frame of pause, uh, Mahler, Rags, and Fringy. They do a lot of like media contents. You know how like we'll watch like a video and pause it every two seconds to comment on it. They do that with like media videos. I invited uh, Brianna on the 300 show when Mahler, Rags, and Fringy. I'm were so on. sorry I couldn't be yeah. there. That's okay. Well, look, you were doing a debate against John Doyle, right? That's you were right. Out of town. Yeah. That's exactly. Oh, it. was that at the modern day debate thing? No, it was a different no, thing. No, oh, it was, uh, oh, it was so uh, America Uncensored. Oh, okay. But I mean, we've done 500 episodes almost on Rockets. I know just how hard it is to produce 300 episodes of a show. You should be very proud of that. Thank you. Uh, Rosie also, McRose says, uh, ask Brianna about the backlash and harassment sex-positive feminists like Liana Kersner Kersner got during Gamergate for criticizing how sex-negative feminist frequency was. 
I think it's fair criticism. Uh, you know, it's been 10 years, so I can say this. Uh, there was a lot of discussions behind the scenes with Anita about the sex negative takes, and uh, it's not my view. Why don't really? you get us Anita no, Sarkeesian on no, the show, Brianna? That'd be, that's interesting. You know, she has really taken a step back from public life, and <laughs> I understand why. So, Look, we'll be nice. You, you can come on and we, we'll look, just hang we'll be, out. We'll have a good we'll time. Be perf- we'll yeah. be perfect uh-huh. angels. Uh-huh. Oh, if you don't like the way I say stuff, you're really not going <laughs> to like the way she says it. It'll be fun. Look, I'm sure the, look, our fans would love it. <laughs> you came yeah. on. What's, look, we're, we, we have had some contentious dialogues, but I think it's all in, in good fun. Mm-hmm. Your, your fans have been pretty mean to me. I have to say. Well, guys, knock nice it off guys. Why okay. are you, why are you Listen, doing that? We're all friends here. Yeah. I, I do. I genuinely do consider both of you friends. I do genuinely like both of you. And you. if you were in jail, you called me up. You said, Brianna, please don't bail me out. I would <laughs> put my own money Wow, really? Wow, 100%. okay. I mean, listen, I don't Sitch know if I'd bail you out of jail. I'm a, I'm a good boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Okay, let's say you're stranded at the airport in Boston. I would mm-hmm. drive to Boston, let y'all crash at my house. Wow. You wow. Listen, no one... You guys got to be nice. I wouldn't even let. Okay. I wouldn't even do that for six. I know. Let's see. She's a far kinder soul than either me or Adam. So you guys need to be nice to her, right? That's that's impressive. Yes. Uh, PC says CVS stores uh, their margins are five percent, but they get eighty percent from the pharmacy. Oh, that's interesting. Oh. Okay. So I guess it's all from the pharmacy then. Um. Let's see. Uh, CT, our editor, for $5 says, I know someone personally who was jokingly flirting with his male friends at work and a third party went to HR and they were fired, even though their friend defended them. Jeez. Wow. Well, CT, can you guys say, clip it, CT? Can you just say that phrase <laughs> for us? Hold on, hold on. You got to tell which one to go first. Brianna, do you want to do it first? Is it is it To possible? say that, clip yeah, it, clip it. CT? Yeah, clip it, clip CT. it, CT. It was he like excited. Clip it, CT. <laughs> Thank you. That was awesome. <laughs> so, so on the show when we when we do a clip or something or we say something that's based and awesome, a lot of times people say clip it, CT. So she's collecting it. Yeah, yeah. We want like all the guests to say it. Anna, Anna, when Anna was on the three hundred show, she said it just unprompted, <laughs> and it, I think it really shocked everyone. I, oh Anna's like a super fan of the show. Not many people. Yeah. Lady, that's cool. That. Yeah. Uh, IRI, can we get a clip it CT? Yeah. Clip it CT. Thank you. Oh, look at that with a point. Thank you. Uh, oh, yeah. So I'm, I saw you had a conversation with Dev recently, Brown. Yeah. Did it go well? was a really good time. Good. That was on Wick's show, right? It was on Wick's show. Uh, yeah. Dev is someone who, again, uh, I know it's going to piss people off. I like Dev a lot. Uh, we disagree mm-hmm. on a lot of things, uh, but I think his positions are well thought through. Um, I think uh, Where's the I, butt? I just like him <laughs> as a person. I like him as a person. I think he has the same, like, I think he has the same tendency that y'all do to a certain extent. So mm-hmm. uh, that's where I disagree. But mm-hmm. there it is. I mean, you shouldn't like Dev because he's an awful person, but he's not an awful person. <laughs> he loves his girlfriend a lot. And uh I, I think mean, he's a very genuine Hitler person. loves his girlfriend, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's very sweet with Naomi. Really I know, I like that. He's a good person. Look, Definitely there's no yeah. but. There was no but. That was right. awesome. 
Uh, there's a question. Was it as contentious as this conversation? No, not even remotely. Really? Wow. Boring. Three Don't hours be a of friendly chat. Boring. Boring. Dev, you got to up your game, man. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, there's an accusation about uh, a Steam account that you were logged into. Do you know what that's oh, about? Oh, God. Have we not addressed this a million times? I'm going to say this. Look, I'm looking at the camera right now. Yeah. Y'all, you're reading the worst possible thing into something. You're completely making up a lie about me. The mm -hmm. lie that's been going around for 10 years is that Brianna Wu harassed herself. She didn't realize that she was logged into Steam under her own account and made a harassing post. I didn't need to make harassing posts about myself. What happened is my game was on Steam and Gamergate and 4chan were avalanching the launch page and making it impossible for me to talk to any of the shit my team had spent a year working on. Improved lighting, improved frame rate, new scenes, all new costumes, like higher res textures, all this stuff. I can't talk about any of it because everything in the forums is Gamergate, 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 Gamergate. So I tried to make one thing that's going to be at the top of it because the actual game creator is saying it, and I make a forum post, and it's called, is Brianna Wu head of development at GSX and a horrible person? And then I go, knock yourself out. And then I went and made a second post talking about the new features of my game. And everyone interpreted this sarcastic post as mm. me somehow harassing myself. I'm so sick of this fucking lie. It is nothing but a lie. And oh, it gets me so angry. There you go, cancel culture. Yeah. It, it's people that want to believe the worst thing about someone. If you mm -hmm. look at it, it's so obviously sarcastic. Anyone that knows me knows that that's my voice. And another thing, I don't have alts. I don't have one alt. The closest thing I have to an alt is the Twitter account for my show, Rocket. I don't use sock puppets because I enjoy interacting with the world as myself. And I really take offense that people think I'm like harassing myself. I don't have to. I just look at the comments of this show. It will be there. <laughs> you know, I so I, I brought up the screenshot and you're right. And I never noticed this because it says, yeah, as, as it actually makes sense what you're saying. Because it says, yeah. is GSX head of development and noted feminist brown and woo terrible person. And then under it, is a subtext that says HN Gamergate and Kotaku in action, knock yourselves out. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, that makes sense. So, it was me. a deliberate post you made. Yeah. It was to say, like, you guys want to talk about this, you know, talk about it here. It wasn't here, like you talk about it in one thread instead right. of every it, thread. Right. It's been characterized like you were trying to make it seem like someone else was creating. The oh, my thread. God. Yeah. It's right. such a lie. Okay. That makes sense. There you go. Well, there you go, guys. Put the rumor to rest. I mean, it probably won't, but you know, <laughs> uh, what can you do? Uh, Dr. You can't. Dillard, it's I the storyline gets awful. out there and it's been going for a decade and there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, Dr. Diller says, I think IRI is on the verge of understanding, but his moral intuition is that people would only do things like theft if they were forced to. I'm reading the narrow corridor now and combined with the righteous mind. It makes it really hard to square the idea that people are naturally good. Evidence seems to be mounting that society tames us, which is probably too pessimistic for people like IRI to accept. Yeah, I mean, um, 
I guess I'm guilty of believing in my fellow man then, because I, <laughs> I just don't think people will steal if they have no reason to. I don't think people steal for fun or because of a lack of discipline. Um, I've walked by bikes standing in the in the park before that nobody was around. Um, I've walked by things that fell on the ground and I'm like, I'm not going to pick that up. It's not mine and I don't want it. So well, maybe I'm a dreamer and maybe uh, maybe I'm guilty of that. Yeah, but you have been raised with a set of moral principles that would lead you to act in that way, right? Like you don't think people, I mean, I guess the question is, do you think people are born morally pure and good and society corrupts them? Or do you think people are born like selfish animals and society tames them? Well, I, I think that people are born pure in the sense that they, they learn as they go, right? Like little kids will do mean things to each other and then they'll be corrected and they won't do it anymore. So I don't think like if you just grew up without any discipline or direction that you would be perfect. But, mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like most people grow up in a, in a, in a decent way. I feel like, I just feel like most people are decent. Uh, I don't know. It sounds like a very pessimistic view of the world from that guy who super chatted that. I don't know. It's kind of depressing. I mean, just, 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 yeah. okay. So let me play devil's advocate. Okay, here. Go for if it. you look at the standard of living, even since the 1950s in the United States, the level of material things that we have access to is through the charts. Uh, you know, my grandfather, uh, when he was serving in World War II, he would tell stories about people on his, uh, in his hometown in Mississippi that, uh, went and volunteered to go fight in World War II because, uh, it's not that they had, uh, actual meat for lunch every day that it twice a day holy moly so you look at the degree to which our like material standards have risen over just the last you know 50 60 70 years but the level of crime has you know it's gone up and down but there's there's certainly consistent crime i think that is strong evidence that there's not a theoretical future that we can go to where crime is going to disappear i think there are other things that are causing crime okay i mean i don't think crime is ever going to like disappear right right um, but obviously there are reasons for why it goes up and down um but kind of going back to the the question the, the original question you know you know it seems to me that the moral intuition for people on the left generally is uh that people are born pure and good and that when they act poorly it's because society has foisted something bad upon them and people on the right have the exact opposite intuition that they think people are born selfish and sinful and that society, if it's a just or moral society, will foist upon them some sort of moral set of principles that they kind of interact with. And I think that this worldview difference is kind of what leads a lot of the disagreement on the left and the right when it comes to dealing with crime and things of that nature. Yeah, um, people are born civilized instead of being I, civilized. I just... I mean, for example, like kids, kids are not racist by their nature. I, I don't think maybe people disagree, but I mean, you put a bunch of little kids in a room and they're not going to point mm -hmm. out like that. They're not going to hate each other for being different. They are tribal, though. Tribal, but not based on their characteristics. Yeah, but like, like the software or I'd say the hardware for children is to be incredibly tribal. Racism is a type of tribalism. And then I think it's very easy for someone like, I think if you have a bunch of kids in a room and say, like, there's a white kid uh, who picks on, like, a black kid, right? And the black kid, you know, doesn't, and it's like, they're like three or something. 
and say like this is like the only experience that the black kid has experienced with a white kid i think naturally their mind will be like oh white kids are like bad like that's the natural <laughs> human like like idea to extrapolate from that and you have to kind of teach people like no just because one person who had some trait did something to you doesn't mean everyone that shares that trait did something to you i mean i got bit by a dog when i was a little kid and i didn't think all dogs are bad so i i don't know yeah i'm sure you had positive experiences with dogs at the same time not really when i grew up with dogs okay. like chase you around the backyard and stuff well listen maybe you're just yeah, maybe one of those you, special people maybe the tribalism <laughs> maybe. is broken in, in... yeah maybe you're just you, you don't have that tribal mechanism well, in your brain which is I mean, I, some people don't again i just think it's a depressing view of the world that we're born as like wild just angry animals and we need to be like civilized sculpted and to, to be civilized like I, I just have more faith in humanity i guess i mean i don't know i mean okay it's just it it you know what was the name of the experiment adam with the uh the blue eyes the, and the brown eyes no 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 not that one the, well they that is one of them but the no, robbers the kids, cave yeah the the kids they yeah. would get these two groups of kids to basically create tribes even though yeah. they never met the other group of kids and they would get them to like trash other groups you know stuff and i mean it seems to me like me and Adam generally look at things from an evolutionary perspective and it just makes too much sense and definitely seems to be hardwired into us to create little tribes from a, like a hunter gatherer perspective for our own Well, this survival. is why people enjoy politics because it's, this is why yes. people enjoy sports. Yes. It allows them to feel those good tribal feelings in a safe and productive way. Well, right. you know, is it productive? Right. Sometimes maybe not. Maybe not but productive, but. Depends. Anyway. So. Was there anything, uh, anything else, Adam? No. Do you, thanks for coming on, guys. Do you want yeah. any like, final thoughts or did we miss Oh, anything? wait. One final question. Uh, Soldo says, where does IRI think racism comes from? Well, I, I think racism comes from ignorance, number one, um, not having experience with people that are different than you. And so you generalize. I think that perhaps you see some negative things like on the internet and you therefore generalize. And I think it comes from a place of hurt as well, that something's wrong in your life and you're looking for someone to blame. And it's an easy answer to a problem. It's a boogeyman. And so my ultimate answer is it comes from pain within. You basically laid out the same scenario that Sitch did with the three-year-old black kid that was harassed by the three-year-old white kid and had no experience with white well, people but I would... being nice. I would go further. I'd say that kid would not become racist if his life wasn't messed up. If that kid had a great life and loving parents and he was kicking ass, then he probably wouldn't be like, damn, fuck white people. He'd be like, okay, right. that was a little dickhead, and but my life's chill. So that's why I'm so all about improving people's lives because I feel if your life is good, there's less room for hatred to creep in. Well, you, I just bring it up because you said people who don't have experience, like good positive mm -hmm. experiences with people of other races which right, I, I mean but, i agree to some extent but you also have to have a bad life too something right. hurt something wrong i'd never met a racist person that's like happy-go-lucky and like kicking ass at life i'm never i've and i've met uh, some i know. have yeah i was gonna say like, yeah. really yeah i yeah. always see a pain i always feel, feel a hurt inside them even if even if they're like successful in life i still see like a damaged child within i don't know yeah, I, that's I, not my assessment at all. <laughs> yeah, I think like the damage you're talking about is what, like how someone would manifest their racism or their bigotry in, in a destructive way or like a tear down society way. 
where if they mm-hmm. haven't had that pain and they're just successful, I mean, they'll still be racist or sexist, but it just might not, you know, they just don't care about like bringing it up or tearing down society because they don't need to. Well, then how I think humans have been slaughtering it? each other for resources uh, since time immemorial. And I think it's very much in our nature to have in groups and out groups. And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes it's at the nation level. Uh, sometimes it's at the regional level. A really good example is the uh, the chants I heard growing up of uh, uh, go to hell Yankees, like talking about people that lived up north, which is this very amorphous evil thing. Say Yankees or Yankees? In Mississippi. Yankees. Uh, Yankees. Oh, Yankees. No. Damn Yankees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think is there a nature to be tribal, but I also think we can get over that programming. So um, I think that uh, I think it takes work. I think national unity takes work. And uh, I think um, I think it's really important for a society to have messages baked into it that bring people together and remind them of a common mission. And I think that's something we're very much missing in America. There you go. Beautiful. Uh, name and loss. For two euro says much respect for Brianna. Well, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, guys. Please. Yeah, no and worries. Thank you, Thanks Ira, for the invite. For yeah, this is much more um, friendly conversation than last time. So, I, what happened I last it. time? Last time we fought over the speaker drama. They they said that <laughs> Democrats are to blame, and we had a contentious. Democrats are to blame for the speaker drama. Well, what? That's not- that's not what I said. Democrats had a missed opportunity. How do you like your new speaker? Uh, yeah, we didn't. We never. How do you like your new speaker? Mike Johnson? Yeah. Well, he's yeah. continued Nancy Pelosi's budget up and through J- January now, probably. Oh, okay. So we'll he's see. continuing our budget. So, there so far, go. so good. Yeah. You think we're going to have a government shutdown? No, they just passed a bill while we were talking right. to keep it going in the House. Now it's got to go to the Senate. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. More Democrats. Yeah. Good. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. I guess since we have more super chats to read, right? You just... We do. Yeah. Okay. We'll say goodbye well, to you guys. Thanks for coming all right. on. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Amazing. Thanks, thanks for having us. Bye-bye. I'm going to go cook dinner. Nice. Okay. What's up? Oh. Clip it, CT. There you go. Um, Look, I, we'd be talking for three hours. I can't ask them every super chat we had, guys. Okay. Sorry. I did I um look, I didn't uh I f I don't feel like I was getting triggered. So people in the chat were saying I was getting triggered, but I don't know. You always get triggered when you feel like people are mischaracterizing you, which is fine. I mean, it's one of your trigger things, but Right. You're just and there like, was yeah, there was people... mischaracterization going on, so I don't <laughs> I understand. Tons of it. What are you talking about? Sure. I just, sure. I think it's, yeah, I don't know. It feels, I, con- I, it, yeah. it does feel condescending to me, but whatever. It's who cares. I need to be more Zen like you. Yes. Yeah. Well, there is a, there is an idea of like, you know, you bring it up. This is, this is the only thing I'll say about this. We can move on. And we both do this. There, there can, and everyone does this on the internet. You don't want to get um, locked into this cycle of just like repeating where it's like, you know, you say your point, they say their point. There's a disagreement. You say, okay, we disagree. We have to move on. As opposed to just repeating and getting stuck in the mud. Because that's like, that makes for boring content anyway. So, yeah, I don't think that happened, but it happened a little bit. It happened a little bit. But it's okay. Um, Libertarian Sasquatch for $5. Oh, so 
Were there any story? So we're going to read super chats, but there are other stories you want to talk about this week. Is there something let, that I want to talk me, about? Okay. So what is it? Some other clips. Well, let me read the this the twenty dollar and up super chats I haven't read yet. Are we going to set this stream to unlisted or? or I don't know. Or? I guess we'll figure that out. So we had like a little production meeting. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're talking about setting the Tuesday stream to members only and and releasing the content like we just that would be like a two hour thing we got to get shorter though we should it was close to three hours it's it was better three if hours, it's, yeah. Right. yeah it's better if it was two hours but you know well, whatever three hours is three hours yeah um miss oh I read that one uh, maybe I'll put a poll up and see what we're the not blow up a poll. we're gonna do it <laughs> okay you don't want to see what the blowback is gonna be let no. people let people complain. No. Get a feel no. for it. Mark Twain's Revenge for $20. Thank you so much. As in general, I don't think I've observed a single leftist YouTuber that actually has a solid grasp of the issues underlying our poorest urban areas or urban neighborhoods. There you go. I agree. I do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, J-Mac, our circuit father. Thank you so much, Daddy J-Mac, for the 50 gifted members. Yeah, look at that. All those new members. So you'll be Thank able you. to save the link and watch the stream right right uh mythos infinite for 20 canadians says when the war is over and there's no more battles to be fought what is the ronin to do with his sword he targets bystanders at the street when you've won your battle to maintain relevancy you fight shadows oh, yeah okay. that's cool fighting shadows oh so bad right we're uh, not Joe fighting shadows right no I mean, I am a person of shadow, but right. Joe, they make for twenty dollars. Says insane. The left overly castigated Romney as sexist and McCain as racist, and they built their entire campaign on these attacks. Yeah, I mean, I would say entirely, but yeah, there was massive campaigns against Romney and McCain for those reasons. Yeah, women um, full of binders. Right, and the woman full of binders thing was Cancel very culture. dishonest. Yeah, in terms of how it was framed, so. I always uh, question whether or not I should keep my notes. The little notes that I jot out when I... But I have this them file. You write them. No, I type them out. Oh, yeah. I, I, keep I have them all in a folder. big file. Yeah, I, I never look at them ever again, but, you know, who knows? Well, they're all they in one like no file. Space. This file must be like... Oh. oh, it's like 48 pages. See, I used to do that, and it got too obnoxious if I needed to find something. So mm -hmm. I just... I don't do it. I just have independent... What, you just do a search. It's, search for a keyword. I, I don't like it. I have in the individual files for everything. So, uh, Brick Nose for fifty dollars. Thank you so much, Brick Nose. Says I'm skeptical about banning TikTok. Banning a product for being psychologically dangerous seems like the same censorious mentality that drives banning porn or violent games. Even if the U.S. owned it, it would still promote triggering content. X and Facebook do. So my issue is not, um. My so again, my only issue with banning TikTok is that it's controlled or making it so like sold out of Chinese hands. It's owned and operated by a foreign country that wants to harm us and destroy us. That's so wildly different than Facebook or X or any of these other platforms, or that's not the express goal. And I don't believe that if a company or a product is intentionally being sold to Americans with the intentional express purpose 
to harm not only the customers, but the country as a whole, I don't believe that should be allowed. There's nothing, that's what's motivating me. It's not about the content itself. It's about what the intention of the content is. That's the issue. Yeah. If, 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 if it has a, a power to change the outcome of elections and it's in the Chinese Communist Party's hands, which I think there's a lot of evidence to point to the possibility that it does, at least the possibility. Don't you think we should be skeptical of letting them have that power? Of course, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So, definitely. Okay. Um, well, I guess we could just not talk about other things if you don't want to. We just clip this and just be a sound thing. Maybe we'll talk about other things during the week or not. Oh, do you, so you want to wrap up? I, I will. You you seem like you want to wrap up. No, I was like, what do you, when did I say that? Okay. I've been talking to Think Before You Sleep. He's giving me like a bunch of pointers on how we can do better right. content and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we can talk about that. We can talk about the story. You want to talk about a story or something? We can watch uh, the Jank video if you want to watch that. That's the, always a, which, that's definitely guaranteed to get views. Well, so we could talk about, um, there's I mean, like we're this, here for the views, right? This we just Jenna, there's a Jenna Ellis clip that came out today that everyone's talking about. Come that come one on. Ethan clip that you didn't even want to watch. You're like, maybe we'll clip it. Maybe we won't. I think it got like a hundred thousand views. What Ethan? What? It was Ethan get like crying on Hassan's shoulder or something. I can't remember what it was. Okay. We can watch like it, that. It we can watch. It didn't the, get a hundred thousand views, but it we did. Can, Listen, how about you this? First, let's bring up you don't the even baby know. clip. Okay. You want to bring up the baby clip? Should we respect? Should we clip us re reacting to the Hassan Settler baby clip? Because there was some, I made a comment. Yeah, about I was this, right. I was correct. You correct. Yeah. So we can bring this up. We can clip yeah. it. Okay. Bring it up. We'll react to it. We'll clip it. Okay. Okay. First, you can say you're right. So it's all good. Yeah. Look, I am. I was totally right. There you go. I knew. I remembered seeing that. There you go. Hassan uh, calling settlers ba babies, enemy combatants. The Look, real, that's the kind of thing you don't forget. The real Haltonator for $20 says, why does the trans-Saharan slave trade never get brought up when talking about racial issues? Those horrors never get brought up only when Western civilization has done wrong. It's because, the answer to the question is because Almost always the people bringing up um, this stuff are trying to use it in a way to promote a a leftist agenda. And the goal of leftism, which is socialism, is to destroy Western liberalism. So that's why that stuff gets pushed. Where, you know, what you're talking about wouldn't really have that. It wouldn't solve that problem that they want to solve. So that's why they don't care about it at all. And it's messed up. Mm. Let me know when you have it up. We'll do a three, two, one uh, thing. Adam uh, unfriended for five dollars says, "Great stream, guys. Sit should be called the Elephant Whisperer for dealing with three women on stream." <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> 
Very, very <laughs> funny. Being, spi uh, being spirited is, I mean, that's, a, that's an asset. Mm. That's true. That's true. I don't know if you saw Majin drew a picture of me uh, holding back a shirtless Adam. That looks more like I'm like tweaking his nipples. <laughs> I think the reason why Adam gets mischaracterized a lot more than Sitch does is because Sitch doesn't go on camera. I think that's. I get mischaracterized all the time. What are you talking about? No, you don't. She's mischaracterizing both our views in that conversation. It wasn't just your Yeah, but she's not going to Reddit to post about you. Well, that's because of the tweet interaction that you had, right? We didn't, I didn't have a tweet interaction with Brianna about the subject. Sure. I don't think I've ever... I'm sure I have at some point. I don't, I don't usually have Twitter interactions with Brianna, so... But, uh... Whatever. Where's the... Did you send it to me in the DMs? Oh, yeah. You sent it to me! <laughs> I did, yeah. I remember now. It's like the thing right before the Zoom link. Like, literally. <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lucy Lundbuck, thank you so much for the five gifted memberships, even though you're a dirty, dirty sticker. Mm -hmm. uh, Fondue for $2 says, that dog, the dog that bit <laughs> IRI, just happened to be Republican. <laughs> oh, that makes perfect sense. There you go. That's exactly what happened, right? It was a Republican dog, yeah. Probably. At least had a Republican owner. Uh, Cameraman502 for $5 says, Every generation, Western civilization is invaded by barbarians. We call them children. <laughs> Hannah Arendt. Well, that's a good quote. I love that. It's a great it's a quote. quote. I never heard that before. I love the idea that Children are barbarian. Civilized and civilization are both locked together. True. Um, Squeeze Louise for $10 says, people aren't naturally good or bad. They're just naturally self-interested. I agree with that. Um, but usually we, and you've made up, brought up this point, Adam, a lot, that like kind of the root of badness in most moral systems is selfishness selfishness yeah exactly right. so we generally so i agree with what you're saying but we generally define uh self-interest extreme self-interest as a negative moral quality. immoral yeah. yeah even any self-interest i mean it's well selflessness this, is right. considered to be the highest moral good well in christianity right in those quote slave moralities right <laughs> the non-slave moralities they don't they you're they, right they lionize right. selfishness you're right yeah. yeah so that's a key difference and that's why those moralities suck have been out competed by the slave morality isn't it interesting right. that jesus said the slave will be the master and the master will be the slave he was right look at he that. he was totally right he knew it he called he it he knew it he did or that's just the way things evolved and everyone remembers that quote because it turned out to be correct. <laughs> Selection by or uh, survivor's bias, yeah. 100%. Of course, that's exactly <laughs> Palestinians, and this is going to sound very... Okay, here it is. So on the Sunday show, I had said, no, fuck Hassan. Hassan said even <laughs> Wait, babies... wait, wait, stop, stop. We can't have a clip if you say fuck in the first 10 seconds oh, of the clip, Adam. Oh, I forgot. We're doing a clip. Never mind. <laughs> Stop, rewind. 
Don't clip it, CT. <laughs> okay, now clip this. Okay, right here. So on the Sunday show, just to give the backstory here, on the Sunday show, I said, Ephesan, <laughs> he can suck my toe. Uh-huh. He, uh, I, because Has I, I had remembered that Hassan had basically said that all settlers, all, all, everyone in Israel is an enemy combatant, even babies, even babies are enemy combatants as far as the Palestinian perspective goes. And Sitch stopped me and, and said, did he really say that? And it made me question. Maybe I was misremembering things, mm -hmm. but it turns out I wasn't. Outlandish statement to make, right? Yeah, yeah. But it turns out, <laughs> it turns out I was correct, mm -hmm. and he did say it. So here's okay. the clip of him saying it. Palestinians, and this is going to sound very radical and possibly very violent, but this is a matter of law, and maybe even if you agree with this, a matter of morality. Palestinians uh, have the the legal ground to violently seize back their own homes from the settlers. This is a reality, and that is precisely the reason why they have to exist under endless occupation in the West you know Bank. And that's why I say, if it was settlers, that would be a lot more understandable. Yeah. But let's not obfuscate, okay? I understand what you're saying, but this dude just called babies militants. No, I, I understand, and there are baby settlers as well. Wait, there are baby settlers as well. There are babies in the settlements. But the babies that killed, weren't they were not. I know. Okay, so, so, let's, so, so here, here's the establish that. Yeah. No, no, hold on. Now that we established that, Palestinians, and this is going to sound very radical and possibly very violent, but this is a matter Okay, repeated. I mean, that's pretty bad. That's a pretty bad comment for him to make. And he's quoting the person that he was reading that he brought up the tweet. Yeah. He, that's second thought. He brought up second thoughts tweet. Second thought is the guy that we watched who him and his friends in a stream that Hassan was at least watching part of. I don't know if he saw this part, oh, but second right. thought is the, is the guy who his friends were actually, you know, second thought himself was the one that made this exact point. He said that everyone in Israel, everyone in Israel is a settler and a colonizer. And he was using that directly to justify any level of violence against anyone living in Israel. Right. And here you have Hassan defending that take. Yes, which is completely disgusting and completely insane. You wanted him to disown second thought. You wanted Hassan to. to disown second thought. He the day look, before, he's backing him up. He's saying, look, the guy has a good argument here. Yes. The day before, he's, he's saying that Hassan is saying these babies had it coming. I know it's it's wild. Okay, first it's like totally disgusting and despicable, and I don't know how anyone could have a moral system where they're just saying like, "Oh yeah, it's totally justifiable to murder babies." Like, why that's, would like how can anyone sick? Like, I just want everyone to remember this when Hassan tries to moralize or call anyone like a bad person. <laughs> Like he has no moral capital or moral weight to make any of these claims or arguments going forward. Right. But yeah, the day before the attack on October 6th, he was watching a second thought video on his stream. So he's like constantly promoting second thought. He was in his chat helping, you know, boot. They literally in the, in the stream that second thought, uh, says that it's okay to kill everyone in Israel in the stream where Second Thought and his friends all cheer on the attack on October 7th. Hassan is in the chat and they even comment, oh, we have like really high numbers today. I wonder why that is. Oh, it's because Hassan's in our chat. So 
Hassan needs to 100% if he does not want to be associated with this kind of violent rhetoric and he wants to not be a pansy, which he is, he would actually denounce publicly second thought and apologize for helping platform this guy and helping grow his audience. But I don't think he ever will. Instead, he's going to use his arguments and promote yes. them on leftovers. Yes, to an even to a larger audience again. Right, yeah. No, it's despicable. That's totally despicable. And that's why people call you Hamas Piker. Right. I Man, I hope that sticks. I really do. Yep. All right. Anything else? Clip it, CT. <laughs> Damn it. You got it before me. I snuck it in there. Okay. You got so there you go. You got it right. Yeah. Good for you. If you want to edit in the fuck Hassan at the end there. <laughs> That'd be a funny outro. Why? Well, there's no cursing. Oh, yeah, no you're cursing. right. No cursing. No cursing. Okay. Uh, I don't know if What's you want to. What's going on here? Is it? Is it? I don't know. What are you looking at? Maj. Oh, that picture? Yeah. That picture so where bad. I'm groping Adam's breast? Adam, no. Control yourself. And then I say something in Japanese. Get my position right. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> guys are hey, bad. Look, go. this is, I'm sending this to Brianna to show me being sexually harassed. There you go. <laughs> Do it. She's not going to take that well. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you deserve count. this level of sexual harassment, Adam. You are asking for it, okay? Not wearing your shirt like that. She's going to say, look, you're a straight white male. You can't be sexually harassed. That's not what You're the say. oppressor. That's not what she's going to say. But... Okay. Uh, there was... Okay, let's talk about the Jenna Alice thing real quick. Some people are going to get triggered by this, maybe. Where's that? Where's that video? Jenna Ellis. There was uh, a Jenna Ellis testimony video that has been going around. It was reported on the news, and everyone's talking about it. Is oh, it a big wow. deal? Wow. Is it not wow. a big deal? I'm so stoked we're going to watch this. I can't tell if you're being serious so, or not. No, I am. Jenna. Oh, so okay. Jenna Ellis actually testified, and it was recorded? Is that what happened? Well... Yes, but we've only seen like a one minute clip of it. So, okay. you know, I am very curious to see the whole testimony, obviously. Like, could be totally out of context. Well, and I just sent you a link to it. It's not that it could be out of context. Put it in it's the ones together. What do you... it's, a, it's on Twitter. Oh, damn it. It's a one minute clip. Again? It's not like a whole thing. But, um, Again? I know. It's so rough. Um, It's not that it, it could be out of context. It's that like, you know, they try to choose when the news like gets like, I don't know if the news just got this clip or mm -hmm. if they had the whole interview and they just chose this clip to show. Because right. if this is the only thing, like, because honestly, if this is the only thing that they derive from her interview, that's like really bad. I don't think, I think that actually helps Trump's case. Cause I, I'll, I'll say spoiler warning. I don't think this clip is as bad for Trump that people are making it out to be. But we'll see. 
Because I don't know. It sounds like you haven't heard this, what she's about to say. Is this part of the clip or not that we're making right now? Yes, this is all. Okay, so we've started recording the clip and we're in the we're in the realm of the clip. Okay, so give me give me the backstory. Okay, what, so what the back... are you looking at? Okay. So actually maybe we should just start the clip. <laughs> well, I right. do I feel like you said some important things, but you did you weren't quite thinking, okay, this is part of the clip yet. You're right. just kind of like just going on. Okay. Start we'll at start the beginning. Over. Yeah. Okay. So as you guys know, uh there's a there's this case, this lawsuit that's going on in Georgia, and mm -hmm. it's the lawsuit about the quote fake slash alternative electors stuff, and you know there's the RICO charge that's hitting Trump and Jen Alice and Rudy Giuliani and all these other people, you know, for uh, creating the the fake slash alternative electors, trying to get the state legislatures to overthrow the votes, you know, blah 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 blah. Like that this is a big case that's going on right now. Uh, Jenna Ellis. And some other very big key people involved who supposedly did very uh, potentially illegal things have taken plea deals uh, where they will testify presumably against Donald Trump to some capacity um, in order to you know, get a lesser or no charge. And so this is a clip from some of her testimony that ABC News has reported. Okay. Okay. And we'll see, she's going to say some okay. stuff. A lot of people on the left are saying, oh my God, this spells doom for Donald Trump. A lot of people on the right are saying this isn't a big deal. So I'm curious to get your take on it. We'll listen to it. And I'm curious to what your take right off the bat is when you listen to it. Why is it, why aren't people on the left saying it's not a big deal and people on the right are saying this is devastating? Why is it, why is it the way it is? Because people on the left want it to be a big deal to destroy <laughs> oh, Donald Trump. Okay. And people oh, on the right okay. don't want it to be a big deal. To oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So it's some kind of bias going on then. Yes, obviously. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look, we're just, we're unbiased here. We're just going to look at it and. Of course. See what happens. Of course. Yeah. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Okay. And uh, at the time uh, period where they were going to start to discuss what was uh, Dan Scavino's role. At the time, I believe his title was social media director for the White House, it became Deputy Chief of Staff um, at the time that the conversation in question took place. Okay, and when was that? The conversation was around December 19th of 2020 uh, at the White House Christmas party. And I uh, emphasized to him, I thought that the, um, the, the claims and the ability to challenge uh, the election results was essentially over because he said um, to me in a kind of excited tone, well, we don't care and we're not going to leave. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, the boss, meaning President Trump, and everyone understood the boss. Um, that's what we all called him. Um, he said the boss uh, is not going to leave under any circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. And I said to him, well, it doesn't quite work that way, you realize. And he said, we don't care. Okay. And... Uh so, okay. first, so how do you first feel about thing him? is, I do think calling him the boss is kind of cool. Can you call me the boss now, Sitch? I think that would be a good title for me. Yeah, but that, but that would be dishonest. The boss? Because you're not the boss. Look, I do everything. <laughs> well, I guess, <laughs> how does look, it make you the boss? Look, I guess maybe you're the boss of the. Sunday that makes you show. the slave. You do, what do you mean? You do more. You do more than me. Listen, I'm I'm the I'm the listen. Like all the socials say, I'm the boss who sits up here in my high tower doing nothing and making all the, the workers work beneath me, okay? 
this this does seem kind of devastating to me on first mm -hmm. on first blush why do you why do you say that well she isn't she talking about trump's chief of staff deputy saying, chief of staff yeah de yeah deputy right. chief of scaramucci is his name i believe or something like that something to that effect she's saying that they don't they don't care they're going to stay in power they don't care about mm -hmm. the rules of the election uh dan scavino i believe oh scavino yeah thanks for looking it up yeah boss uh, <laughs> <laughs> say there it is anyway okay. what do you yeah i um, mean you you've you've had time to reflect on it i mean look i, I know why it's going around on twitter definitely oh yeah 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 sure and i know why they chose this clip um to, to go up because it sounds really bad because uh, you have someone essentially saying you know the the deputy chief for trump saying that they don't really care what's going on and that he's going to make makes a declaration that they're going to stay in power regardless of whether it's legal or not which is obviously a very uh incendiary thing to say i don't know that it affects the case though because isn't a component of the case that trump had to know that he lost the election and didn't care whether or not he lost the election this clip doesn't really weigh in on that particular claim so no so th that's that's a component of a different case that's a component of the january 6th federal case okay would be this is the trump, state case this is the electors case yeah th that'd be a component of the federal case is did trump know he won the election because they're charging him with committing fraud against voters or something and so in order oh, yeah, to defraud yeah, yeah. the voters you have to know you're committing fraud right um so with this case well obviously if they could prove or they had some evidence that trump knew he like if they had evidence that trump knew he lost the election then that would that would be devastating in the georgia case obviously it'd be devastating in any case but it's not necessary uh because the electors case you know regardless of whether he thought he won or lost the election he he would still know that creating fake electors is not legal right and trying to pass them off to the the pence and to try to get pence to um accept them you know that i mean you can make the argument as the people on the right have is that you know pence had the power to do this action to you know throw out the votes and all that stuff and so you can kind of make a legal argument well oh he, you know that wasn't illegal or he wouldn't think it was illegal because he was told that you know there's some weird legal theory that's that's fine but even if that element you make that argument you can't really i don't know how you make the argument that creating a document that says i have the legal authority of the state when you don't everyone knows that that's not true everyone knows that that's not that that's illegal you can't write on a legal doc you can't write on a document i have the legal authority of the state of georgia and then try to do something with that document when you don't have the legal authority of the state of georgia everyone knows that that's not to, so to me the intention there is so clear that you know i don't know how you can argue against that right um, so we, who who is it is this devastating okay so for question. this right so for this clip um, this clip is going to make the rounds publicly. It's going to it's going to create a lot of public energy about it, especially on the left. Um, I don't. I agree with you. I don't think it's actually that devastating to the case. Um, it's devastating to the case in terms of if you play this for a jury, it will affect them emotionally. 
But in terms of like the actual legality of what's going on here, I don't think this matters so much in terms of getting Trump. It might matter in terms of getting the other people to say this. there was an atmosphere cultivating of like Trump was going to retain the presidency regardless of what was legal or not. But in terms of what Trump's intentions are, what his motivations are, this video alone, I don't think establishes that because he didn't say Trump said this. He just said, right. The chief of staff said it. Deputy. The deputy chief of staff just made this declaration. He didn't say that Trump, the boss said this. Right. Um, and there's also an interesting thing in this clip where there's a hard cut, which I don't know why there's like that hard cut in the middle of what she's saying. Right. So there could be some context there. I'm assuming That's where she said Trump didn't know any of this. Yeah, there you go. I'm assuming what she was going to say was something about how once the because I'm assuming that part of her defense will be that, you know, I was going around trying to get the state legislatures to overturn the votes. I was trying to get these electors to do the fake electors thing. But this was all in service of if there was a recount or we won a lawsuit. I'm assuming that's what her defense is going to be. And she's going to say once the uh, the deadline came in December, okay, the safe harbor deadline was passed and we sent the electors, you know, to DC, I, I was saying, oh, well, it's over, it's over, it's over. And here's the deputy chief saying, no, 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 we're going to keep doing something. And she's going to try to absolve herself from like the second part of the elector scheme, which was to try to pass them off to Mike Pence. That'd she be my guess is what she's going to She took a plea deal, though. She has immunity, so she can say whatever. She doesn't have to. She can look as bad as she wants, as she would look. No, right, but I'm saying, but that was probably her argument to, to get the plea deal also in the first place. So just kind of safe, you know, to say why she should get a, like the lower end plea deal. Because I'm assuming she's going to get some slap on the wrist for this. Should we, can we watch it one more time? Sure. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, go. Okay. And uh, at the time uh, period where they were going to start to discuss, what was uh, Dan Scavino's role? At the time, I believe his title was social media director for the White House. It became deputy chief of staff um, at the time that the conversation in question took place. Okay. And when was that? The conversation was around December 19th of 2020 uh, at the White House Christmas party. And I uh, emphasized him. I thought that the... Um, the, the claims and the ability to challenge uh, the election results was essentially over because he said um, to me in a kind of excited tone, well, we don't care and we're not going to leave. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, the boss, meaning President Trump and everyone understood the boss. Um, that's what we all called him. Um, he said the boss uh, is not going to leave under any circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. And I said to him, well, it doesn't quite work that way, you realize. And he said, we don't care. Okay. So, yeah, there's no nothing about the claim of whether or not they won or lost the election. So Trump could still be thinking he won the election and he there's no way he's going to leave because the election was stolen from him. Yeah, but that is removed from the claim. Like, even if Trump honestly believes that he won the election, that doesn't give him the legal ability to break the law. To stay in office. No, I, I agree, right. but I, I'm just looking for the component on the other case. They're looking oh, for right. some piece of evidence that Trump knew he lost the election. And I thought that this might be a piece of evidence, but it doesn't seem to be. 
no obviously but see, i would like to see the whole thing right i agree yeah no no you're, yeah it doesn't um but if if trump said or they had evidence or someone testifying that trump said you know no matter what i will not leave office right that would right. harm that would harm him in these cases Correct. definitely um, because then it's like there's a new thing, you know, obviously, because it's not legal to now he did leave office, so that would help him because he'd say, Well, even if he said that, he actually he left office, right? So but so anyway, the whole point is this is a clip. It it sounds really bad, obviously, because what you know what the guy said was really bad. Um, but I don't think that it's gonna have a huge impact on the Georgia case or the federal case. Unless there's some something else that goes with this that we haven't seen yet that ties that statement into Trump making it uh, himself. Yeah. So. Well, in interesting development. Anything else? No, that's it. All right. Clip it, CT. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Well. Uh, Walkington can for 11 months says for Adam to read. Do you want to read that membership? What's it say? You, we got Maybe I don't. You should read it. It says, it says for Adam to read. For Adam to read. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you got to read it. It's, it's, it's there. You have to read this. Oh, Sitchy, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Sitchy. Hey, Sitchy. <laughs> Clip it, CT. There you go. You gotta say it with some enthusiasm. Done. Okay? You gotta say it with some energy, Adam. It's done. Look at that. Say Look it. Say you. it like you mean it. All right. Say it like you mean it. Should we bring up the the meow thing? The sure. Sammy yeah, G's and you should bring up Sammy, Sammy G's, G's latest troll. Sammy G's latest horrible creation. Yeah. Look, she didn't clip me out of context. I know. What's up with that, Sammy? Listen, what? what's up, Sammy? What's up with that? Okay. Only I get this treatment. Jeez. Look, I didn't say it. That's why I didn't okay. say it. I you knew. did meow. What do you mean? You I know. I know. What are you talking about? Listen to this. He's trying to gaslight. Okay, everyone. You hear this? It you hear this? She would have clipped it, obviously, if mm -hmm. that happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Go back to the stream. Mm -hmm. chat chat what's going on here okay everyone knows everyone remembers adam meowing okay they were desperate for it but it never happened it happens chat you got my back right adam totally meowed on sunday look you at guys you yeah see we know there it is adam totally meowed adam to look everyone in the chat saying adam totally meowed just nothing but a wall saying Adam Yen. Okay. I mean, the chat didn't actually say that yet because I'm I'm everyone, but I'm priming them to say that. <laughs> Clip it, CT. Clip it. <laughs> there you go. Micro Omega said Adam meowed. Knew it. Adam meowed said Equal Shadox. Go ahead. We did get Adam meow said Lucy Lemonbug. See, see, there it is. The meowvers. Okay. You got this Everyone's horrible little... thing up. Everyone's delusional. Mm -hmm. Etiquette. So you, 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 you got it up, Adam. I do. You ready? 
Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Etiquette said she got to learn it. Etiquette. When a girl meows at you, you meow back. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's like the hot guy saying meow, and the right. girl's like meow, and then the right. ugly guy's like meow, and she's like human resources. This is inappropriate. Etiquette said she got to learn. That's so good. That's so good. I like that. The ugly guy is just, is just my avatar. <laughs> and the hot guy is like Etiquette. Sammy G's said she hot learn version it. of my Etiquette. avatar. It's like a furry with fucking ears and a tail. It's awful. Jesus Does this count towards my sexism quota so I can be mean to people online? Mm -hmm. Actually, it, I think it counts towards your sexism quota, right? How am I being sexist in that clip? No, it's just Sammy. G, Sammy G is being sexist. Oh, to you. Sammy G is being sexist to me. That's true. Yes. Yeah, this is a sexist attack on me. That's yeah, it's, 100%. A sexist, it's a sexist attack on you. Therefore, you get to be mean to people on on the internet. Yeah, there it is. You're marginalized. Listen, I'm part That's of how it works. Marginalized right? community. Okay. Look, you bet you've officially been oppressed. Mm -hmm. Sammy Get says, it. it never crossed my mind to draw Sitch as a cat, but here we are. Yeah, right. You know that Sammy had like that cat drawing just ready. Oh, hell yeah. Like a year ago, she drew that Sitch cat. She's just like, I got to wait she for had the like right 50 time. 50 cat Sitch sketches in her sketchbook ready That's to right. just develop, <laughs> waiting for the perfect opportunity. And then when that conversation happened Sunday, she was like, finally, my time to shine. Been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> for, for all my life. That's right. Oh, there was another. She had another video underneath it. I don't know if you saw. Really? Yes. Another degenerate video. Okay. More than one video? Yes. I know. can't imagine such a thing. Terrible. Sammy G says it's okay to harass Sitch, though, Adam. There it is. It is. He's sexist. He deserves Listen, it. Listen, it's true. It, it is okay for uh, for the ladies to harass me. I'll take it. Listen, like Jesus, I'll take all the females harassing me. I'll put it on my back, and I'll carry this weight, this burden through my life. <laughs> Let's see what's this other one. Now this harassment I don't stand for. <laughs> the second clip. Here we go. It just it's got kitty emojis and it says yes. PSA sitch. Ready? Yes. Three, two, one, go. Are you the top meow or are you the bottom meow? There? Obviously, I'm the top meow. Obviously. Right. Of course. Of course. Meow. Are you the... <laughs> terrible? I think there's terrible. Some I think there's some editing that went on there. I don't remember that being the conversation. You don't remember that being the conversation? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. That's definitely counts towards your sexism. People being sexist towards you. <laughs> You've got a lot of backbiting mm -hmm. coming your way mm -hmm. after these. Backbiting? What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, don't you like, know people are mean? People are mean to you, and then you're mean to people beneath you. That's how the world works. Oh, I thought you meant like backbiting. I thought you meant like girls are gonna be trying to like bite my back, like literally. No, you're gonna be doing the backbiting. Oh, oh, I'm gonna be biting their back to yeah. show that I'm really on top. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. That's... Interesting. Anyways, <laughs> some other things that we we're gonna talk about. <laughs> 
Should we talk about uh, Loki or anything? We didn't end up watching the Marvels because neither of us gave a shit enough to do it. I don't think people care enough to do it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fine. Do you think should we should I talk about Loki? Does that matter? Does anyone care? You can if you want. Okay, we can make a Loki club. If you think uh, it's the right thing to do, I don't well, know I how go much. To the first. Okay, I do that. You read a super chat or something. I'll find one. I'll find a very special super chat just to read to our fans. Whose super chat should I read? Let's see. Oh man, I hope it has big words in it so I can stumble, stumble, stumble. PC is a member for 14 months, says. I was starting to come around to Brianna, but I can't abide this. Chopsticks are inferior language. Oh, but I can't abide this. Chopsticks are inferior language. They offer so much utility and you only need one hand. Well, PC, if you're using both hands for your fork, (laughs) I I think you may be... I think you may be having trouble. Normally, forks only require one hand, too. So, but chopsticks, yes, I like chopsticks, and chopsticks have a disposable component that's even cooler. It's bad. It's bad for the environment. Just throwing them away. I mean, they're just sticks. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) They're just sticks. Okay. You've been on a hike before, right? You pick up a stick, you're you're like, I own that's this littering. for a while. If you pick up a stick and you throw it back on the ground, that's littering, okay? I don't no, know it's not. This. Yeah. The Real Holtonator for $1.99 says, better channels are covering the marvels anyway. Wow. Wow. That's, Hurtful. That's painful. I think he's saying that because he was the one that wanted us to have a take on it, so. Oh, really? But um, regarding what you said about mm-hmm. using a fork with two hands. You've done that? Okay. No, I've never seen anyone do that. But I have a question. Do you so do you hold your fork in your left hand and then you you know you have your knife and you're like cutting a steak or something? Do you cut it and you hold the knife in your right hand, right? And you're cutting like your little steak? Yeah, right hand and, steak knife, left hand fork. Right. And then when you're done cutting it, do you put your knife down, switch the fork to your right hand and then eat with your right hand. Yeah. Or do you just use your left hand to eat? I switch hands. I use my dominant hand for the, for the forking. Interesting. For the forking. (laughs) Yeah. I fork that steak good with my dominant hand. Okay. Interesting. What do you do? I leave it in my left hand. So do you do this with soup too? Do you, well, I guess soup doesn't have. You're not cutting anything. (laughs) If you're cutting your soup, there's a problem. Right. You use your right hand for soup, right? Yes. Right. I only hmm. do this, I only use a fork in my left hand if I'm cutting something with a knife. Right. It's just so much extra, like, why are we expelling all this extra energy to, like, pick up a knife, cut something, put the knife down, switch hands, put the food in my mouth? Like, no, just listen. I'm I, I'm efficient, okay? I'm cutting, I'm putting the food in my life my mouth, my left hand, cutting again, like it's just so much faster. You can really just shovel the food down quickly. Yeah. I cut all, I'm one of those people that cuts all my steak up at once. 
Oh, and I think okay. there is an efficiency well, component to it, right. where yeah, I'm trying to minimize that step you're talking about. I do. Some people do cut one piece at a time, and I think they do keep the fork in their left hand. Yeah. Well, so I do cut one piece at a time, or, or a couple pieces at a time, and I'll keep the fork in my left hand. If I did what you were doing, if I cut everything first, then I would probably switch hands uh, afterwards because yeah, I wouldn't that's be able, what I have I no do. reason to hold the knife at that point. Yeah. This is why I like chopsticks and Chinese food. The whole purpose behind chopsticks and Chinese food is that the chef does all the cutting for you. It's really, as Americans, it's like you got to cut your own stuff up. The chef's supposed to do that. Everything in, Chi in Chinese food is supposed to be bite size. Why can't the chef cut it up for me? Yeah. Like my mommy. Look, the chef is the servant here. Got to cut your, look, it's so self-serve oh mm -hmm. true it's, so, it's annoying when you get sometimes you do get chinese food that the chef doesn't they've kind of like not done their full responsibility and you get pieces that are too big for your mouth you're like mm -hmm. what the what's going on here what the fuck that's why chopsticks suck because like sometimes the pieces are too big and you're like i have nothing to cut with i just have these yeah. two pieces of sticks okay you bite it in half right sammy says peasants cut their own food okay listen i'm not so rich <laughs> and fancy that every right. restaurant i go to i have like my butler come out and they cut all my food for me <laughs> uh, adam's wife cuts his food does, does your wife do this for you does she like cut your she, food for you? not generally she doesn't do a good job so i'm like give it here oh <laughs> <laughs> so she's done it right? so you, she's done it before but you're like oh she just sucks at it Be, being in being in a relationship I'm sure you understand this right being in a relationship everything is kind of just intuitively who's going to do what right yeah there are certain limitations no, 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 no. listen when you when you start dating someone or marry someone you put up a chart okay, <laughs> oh, on look. like the wall on the fridge and you say like duty roster and you that... spell it out very clearly I just may okay maybe people can make that work <laughs> I just I'm not one of those I couldn't make that work and I I'm skeptical that anyone can make that work I think that marriage is I mean that's like a six months to a year marriage right I mean mm -hmm. that's not gonna it's not gonna be a long-term thing right mm -hmm. if you're if your marriage devolves into a chore chart you're fucked Well, okay. I don't know. Look, maybe you can make it work. I don't want to demoralize people. Who... So right now, someone's listening to this live stream and staring at the chore chart. And they're like, uh oh. Exactly. Well, I think it, de it depends on what, like, so a friend of mine, they have a bunch of kids, so they have like three kids. And they have a chore chart, but it has like everyone in the family's name on it. Oh, the kids, by all means, get the right, chore right, chart Right, right, right. But like their they're names the slave it. labor. Yes, but the parents' names aren't too, but... If I think that makes sense because you have to signal to the kids that like everyone's doing something. You don't want just the kids' name right. on the chore chart. Yes. So. Yeah. So. But then they realize daddy never does his chores. And that's it's, yeah. I would say it's a little weird if it's just, you know, you have no kids and it's just, you know, uh husband, wife, 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 husband, husband combination. I mean, why would you need a chore chart at that point? Like I, you could you I might need a chart to like remind you to do things. Like that's different. Right? Like, oh, yeah, I got to do this, right? That's different than, like, 
Well, I guess maybe maybe that's all the chart chart is. It's just reminding you to do the thing, right? So maybe right. it makes sense. I don't know. You put on the chore chart for for you. Right. Beat the kids for not doing their chores. There you go. There you go. Exactly. Look, as long as they do their chores, you've, you're you chore free. Ch uh, cutting the steak in one or two pieces maintains the juice has become the night. Yeah, I that's why I don't cut I don't cut it all at once. The only time I cut everything at once is if I like I like to eat everything. Hmm. I like when I was young, I was very much like, okay, here's my plate of food. I need walls and borders that protect every element of the meal. Okay. I've got my main dish, my meat course. Maybe I got some like side dishes or some rice and some vegetables. Everything needs to be like carefully segmented. I want, I was a kid. I wanted that, you know, the plates that have like the little pockets for each thing, you know, each, uh, yeah, each food. I was super like, everything's got to be segmented. And then as I got older and I realized I should eat like healthy things that I don't want to eat with my food, I was like, well, it tastes better. If I take the things I don't want to eat, like the vegetables, and I just mix them with the things I do want to eat, it makes it like tolerable to eat. And so I just got in a habit now where I like to like mix everything together, you know, and try to get like my bite to have literally every object on the plate in the bite. So depending on what it is, like I'll cut everything up just because I want to mix it all together at once. Yeah, I enjoy that. Cool, so. That's my style all the way. There you go. Mix it all together. Yeah. Fried broccoli with bacon. That sounds disgusting. So guess who we have on the schedule for next Tuesday? Who's on for next Tuesday? Local Distance. Oh, cool. I like that yeah. guy. Very nice. Week after that, we have Eudaimonia. Oh, cool. Yeah, because we, we uh, didn't get to talk to them before. That's right. There you go. Yes. We can ask him if his wife cuts his food for him. <laughs> We're not actually going to ask that, but I'm, no, we are going to ask that. I did see Shu in the chat earlier. So does, uh, does June cut your food for you? We can just ask ask June directly. as a good tradcon wife. Does June cut your food for you? I mean, because she right. should, right? She should. How come you guys are making it? So it is the trad composition for the wife to cut the steak because you guys were making it seem like I was a big baby if my wife cuts the steak for me. You can argue in either way because on one hand you could say uh, like, oh, what you're not, you're too, like you need your mother to cut your food for you, right? Like you can make that position or you can make the position that like, well, my wife is like subservient to me and I work hard all day. So she should like extract, you know, expel the energy to cut the food, right? You can argue in either position. Right. Yeah. So when we're talking about you, we're going to say it's a baby thing. But <laughs> that's I how this it. works. All right. I got it. I figured. Yeah. Uh, Majin drew another horrible picture. Look, we didn't show the first one. Why are we going to show the second one? Oh, I thought you did show it. You, you talked about it. Yeah, look, I didn't show it. Right. That degenerate picture. Why would This we picture show doesn't make thing? any sense, Majin. It's the other way around. In the picture, it's it's a little chibi me pushing a giant like atom bomb that says aggressive gay art. And I'm pushing it and I go next. And then he shoots me a little pea shooter that says straight pairing. And he says, guys, this is too much. Oh, I see. Cause well, no, listen, I'm all for the straight pairings. I just don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. Okay. I know Adam doesn't right. feel well, actually, 
I know Adam does feel uncomfortable with our gay pairings, but Adam, the way Adam feels about it, I don't care. It's funny that he's uncomfortable by it. So. I don't want any part of the show. You guys, right? Look, you guys get off on my discomfort, which is just, literally, yeah, metaphorically, yeah. I don't want any so, of our guests to feel uncomfortable. Okay, it's that not was my too, only concern. It's not too bad, so I accept it. Right. right. Oh, did you so, see? Oh, okay. Wait, there's another thing that we got to bring. Oh, there's another video we got to bring up. Another short clip, maybe. Do you want to do the jank video? I mean, people wanted us to do it on the Sunday show. Isn't it like bad. 30 minutes long? We just jumped to the end where they fight. Okay. I didn't watch the whole thing, so we can do the video. You didn't? Yeah, but but before we do that, we'll bring up. How this did you is a, not watch the whole video? I sent it to you, and you were like, "This is insane." Because it was getting like really aggressive and mean, and, and I you turned it off. Like, turned it off because I was really like, oh, it's making me sad. Look at you, you pansy. Yeah, I guess so. Can't even take it. I sent you a video. This will be a clip. Uh, oh, okay. Watch it. Another clip. Is it? Well, it has to do with fighting. Okay. No, a I'm fight down. almost broke out in the Senate chambers, Adam. I don't know if you know about this. I'm down. Okay. I like fighting. I know you do. MPreg. MPreg is like a, a, a file format, you know, like M, you know, the MPG4 format. It's like a different file format. So, mm -hmm. okay, we'll do the jank video afterwards. Of course. Look, people want the jank video badly. And why don't it's so easy just give the people what they want give the people what they want this was so i was talking to this is not part of the clip by the way ct so i was talking to think before you sleep who's super smart by the way and was giving us giving me tips on how to improve our our channel and he can't he was like here's a list of five things to think about and i wrote this list down i'm like i'm gonna think about them with you and the first one, like, I don't even really have a good answer for. It's what do my regular viewers want? I don't know. I, I know what they want. What, what do, do they mean? want? No. They want us dunking on leftists is what they want. Is it? Of course. Really? Yes. Okay. You think I that's know that's our, depressing that's our, to you, but that's, that's what they core? want. Hmm. Listen, chat. No, I think I just they want for you, and I broke Adam's heart. <laughs> they okay. want MMT streams. What are you talking about? <laughs> they want to learn about economics. Let's see. They want the chat saying we want comedy show. Sitch getting mad is pretty popular. Well, thank you. Yeah, we but should do depends. a poll. So there's day streams. We want flights. Look, dumb conversations. I told. I told. I think his name is Sean. Think before you sleep is Sean. I his believe. name is Sean. Yes. I told Sean, I'm going to use a community tab and start asking, start pulling the audience. I got to figure this out. Uh -huh. Look, there's five of these questions and I, we can't even answer the first one. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're right. Maybe they just want us to dunk on leftists. But... Look at that. We want real MMT. We want right. not to. <laughs> Triggered host. Of course, Sammy G says she wants such an address. There you go. That was one of his suggestions for a video. He said, "Mean a dress? Sit should wear a dress for ten dollars." What? No, it was a hundred grand. What do you mean? Why would yeah, I lower it, myself to ten dollars? 
because it's it's just spectacle it's more yeah. of a spectacle if you do it for 10 bucks that's if you if you humiliate any look money, anyone the money lebowski anyone will humiliate themselves for a hundred thousand dollars someone who is willing to humiliate themselves for ten dollars now that's a spectacle. You, you like how Adam's trying to gaslight me into, he thinks I'm so stupid. He's trying to gaslight me into ruining my reputation <laughs> for 10 fucking dollars. Get out of here. Like, what why would this? it, why would it ruin your reputation? What are you talking about? This convert, because if, if, if I did it and it was like, oh, it's funny. It's just a joke that, yeah, but the way we're having this conversation, because you're just like, oh, it's a spectacle. You're degrading yourself for $10. This makes it funny. So it just makes it a spectacle. You understand by saying that I can't actually do it, right? Why? <laughs> okay. If if you have to ask, then you'll never know. All right. <laughs> I do think it's look, I agree with him on the premise that it would it's a video that would get a lot of views because it is a spectacle, but it's not worth destroying your reputation for a lot of views. Obviously, mm -hmm. there are. Right. There are a lot of content creators that will do that. I mean, there's people in the space that that's basically their that's whole That's all they shit. do. That's their brand. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. They hum yeah. <laughs> Bring it down to 10 grand. No. It's still 100, Sammy. You're going to have to do a, a fundraising effort. Okay. <laughs> it's got to work. You got to work for this. All right. Anyway. I'll go 50, ready? Sammy. He'll do it for 50. <laughs> Okay, what is this? So we're doing uh, a clip here. What is this? Uh, so a fight nearly breaks out in the U.S. Senate. A fight? Yeah. Look, I just see people sitting there. Uh huh. They look very docile. This doesn't. This isn't a fight. Okay. Well, let's see what happens. It's just people sitting around, entertaining, being happy. Yeah. Well, you're what? you're in a congressional hearing. I don't think anyone's happy. So. Okay. Senator Mullen. Do I need to know anything about him? No, doesn't matter. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, go. Like he's self-made. Sir, I wish he was in the truck with me when I was building my plumbing company. Myself and my wife was running the office because I sure remember working pretty hard and long hours. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quick the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me, any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults, we can finish it here. Okay, that's fine, perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on, no, hold, stop it. Is that your Sorry. solution every problem? No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, okay. you're a United States senator. Sit down. Actively. Oh, okay. okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Mr. Hold Shim. it. Hold it. If Hold we can't... No, I have the mic. Said. I'm sorry. This is Hold what it. he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> this is a hearing. Where's the bird? <laughs> I'm waiting for the bird to fly in. I mean, listen. I, I base Bernie over here like, Listen, you're an adult. You're a U.S. senator. Sit your butt down. What is this nonsense? This, oh, you want to go right now? You want to go right now? Right here? Stand up. Stand up. Like, what, like, what is this? Are we, like, in, you, back in grade school? Like, give me a break. You stand your butt up. Yeah, she, like, that's, 
Like this is and like I know people are memeing it's, and it is funny, but it is like entirely pathetic. Like you know that people are acting like this in the U.S. Senate. Like give me a break. And this all started from that guy that was the the witness guy. He he made some social media post that pissed off the senator. That's what he was reading out, and that's why he got all so triggered about it. Oh really? Okay, so yes. so the guy in the hearing made some social media posts that the guy standing up, the senator, found offensive. Yeah, that's what he was reading in the beginning was right. the social media post, and in the down for the fight. <laughs> I, I mean, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, this was this is great. Okay. How's this make you feel about the the coming civil war, Sitch? Obviously. <laughs> Obviously during the Civil War period, uh -huh. a lot of fights broke out on the uh -huh. floor of the Senate. It was like uh -huh. a, a growing trend. Someone got mm. caned. Mm -hmm. Someone pulled a knife on somebody. Really? I don't somebody know. Somebody shot somebody. Wow. Yeah. Listen, if we have situation uh where a senator pulls out a gun and <laughs> shoots another senator all right then okay. uh yeah I, i'm a little bit more inclined to believe that we're getting closer to that dreaded civil war okay right that'd be good evidence of that so but the fight didn't break out here so we're cool no no all right this is uh this was fun oh wait so there's a longer there's a longer clip on the ap Right after this, after they they break it up, the witness says, you challenged me to a cage match like a 12-year-old. Bring it up. It's Put on, it in the watch okay. together. I can't. You have to. I have to bring it up. You have to bring it up. Did you send, send it, it to me? Yeah, I'll send it to you right now. Some funny context. I mean, listen, I know it's all fun and games, but senators shouldn't act like this. They gotta be better people. Okay. They gotta be above it. They gotta be above this stuff, right? Ready? Yeah. Three, it's two, like one. Like he's self made. Sir, I wish you was in the truck with me when I was building my plumbing company. Myself and my wife was running the office because I sure remember working pretty hard and long hours. Pretends like he's self made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been, always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth? I think I'm playing the same clip. We can finish it here. Keep going. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Big oh, hold, stop it. Is that your Sorry. solution every problem? No, no, sit down. Oh, sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Actively. Oh, okay, okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Mr. Hold Shim. it. Hold it. If hold we can't. No, I have the mic. I'm sorry. This is hold what it. he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> this is a hearing. Same clip. Anyway. Where'd you go? What what happened? What are you what are we watching? What are you doing? The clip you sent me is the same one. It, you didn't watch the two minute and 50, 18 second clip. You watched a different clip. I watched the same one that we watched before. Okay. How long is the clip that you're watching right now? What is the time? One clip? minute, five seconds. Okay. So you, is it on Twitter? Yeah. 
Okay, so I didn't send you a Twitter clip. You see right under it, I sent you an it says AP, AP News clip. Yeah, Did exactly. you click on it? I did, yeah. Okay, and that clip at the top of the page should be two minutes and 18 seconds. Yeah. And we'll, do you have that clip up? No, let me bring that clip up. <laughs> well, you could bring that up. I mean, the beginning of that clip was the same, so that's why I guess why I was confused. Um, but we can go to the one-minute mark where it, it deviates. Let's do it. I sure remember working pretty hard. Or I come the blows hours. with Adam. One minute and four seconds. Here we go. No, wait, what? Let's continue. Oh, okay. You're going to one minute four seconds. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. But Congress, let's not. I don't make like it worse. thugs and bullies. You, you and that's Hold on. Got to do a little light graphic design first. Just go to the one minute mark. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Okay. What are you talking about? Got to make it bigger, though. Make it bigger. Here we go. AP News. You I don't like you because you just described yourself. Hold it. You have the mic. Yeah. You have time. All make right. Your statement. Then let's do this because I did challenge you and I accepted your challenge, and you went quiet. No, I didn't go quiet. I was. No, I was. No, no, you challenged on. me to a cage match, no, 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 acting no. like a twelve-year-old schoolyard bully. Hold, excuse me. Hold it. No, excuse me. I, I will mic. say. I will say exactly. Senator what Mullen, said. I have the mic. You have questions on any economic issues, anything that said, go for it. We're not here to talk about physical abuse. You brought. We're not talking in. about. Of course, and, I did. And let me tell, let me show you his hearing because I want to. I want to expose this thug to who he is. And Could you not point to me? That's disrespectful. All right. I don't care about respecting you at all. I, respect I don't respect you, you respect. at all. So all right, hold let me, it. Let me, hold let me. it. No. <laughs> You're one of the most hold elite it, people. Please. Act it. Please. All right. This is a, excuse me. Mm -hmm. This is a hearing to discuss economic issues. All right. If you have questions for Mr. O'Brien or anybody else on what he has said, go for it. I mean, but we're not here to talk about fights or I'm, anything else. That was amazing. <laughs> the context is better. Yeah. Yes. Dig yes. It. I, I, it's funny because like, it's like, oh, this is this is the Stitch and Adam show. Okay. I'm trying to talk about some boring MMT stuff. People are like, no, fight. <laughs> Argue. Bring, bring up this. Bring up the fight. Yeah, exactly. Bring up the fight. Start fighting. I don't know. It, it it is just it is very silly. It's very goofy that people are acting like this. But you challenged me to a cage match, <laughs> like a twelve year old. I mean, first of all, if if he, that's true, if he did, well, actually, I don't know who started it. Like that's kind of the million dollar question. You know, who who challenged who to a fight first on social media? Because it seems like I thought that the other the witness the article I read seemed like the witness guy is the one who started it. And then he yeah. said, oh, I'll go to a, a cage match in response to him saying that he would fight him anywhere. So that seems kind of dishonest. Yeah, I saw, I saw some documentary where they were talking about law enforcement and gang violence. And mm -hmm. I guess they monitor social media to see gang threats on social media. And then they even go as far as contacting some of the people and asking them to remove the post because they will it will lead to violence, which is kind right. of strange. <laughs> exactly. That's funny. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So look, even in the Senate, it happens. It's just a big. It's a. 
It's a more prestigious gang. According to the article, it says the two traded angry insults for seven more minutes, each calling the other a thug, with Mullen at one point suggesting, who's the senator, at one point suggesting they do a fight for charity next spring. Wow. There you go. O'Brien declined. should have the longer clip. I mean, obviously, these little tiny clips. Yeah, seven minutes of fighting. It's just what's around. O'Brien declined and said suggesting they meet for coffee and work out their differences. Mullen right. accepted, but the two kept shouting at each other until the next senator started their line of questioning. That's funny. I don't like when um one of the things I don't like is like when people get angry at each other and they get triggered and then they become very um what's the word? They become very like they just want to point out every little thing to try to trigger the other person in a way that's not real. Yeah. You know, like he's like, don't point at me. I find that very disrespectful. It's like, really? Because <laughs> he pointed at you. It's like that's okay. what you do though. I I hate it. It's so stupid. Don't point at me. Don't you point at me? Don't you point at me? I'll point at you. It's like this is I don't know, it's so childish. I love it. <laughs> I love that stuff. Okay. It's the best. What are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. Anyway. Clip it, CT. There you go. Had enough of this. Okay. Okay, where's the jank thing? You can put in the wash together. And I'll read some supers. Become the Night Fighter says, we shouldn't focus on the fact that the Senate almost had a fight. We need to ask why they're fighting. There you go. Very funny. Become the Night. Uh, the real Holtonator for five dollars says, "See, this is why we need duels." The guy wouldn't run his mouth then. Men used to fight for their pride and honor. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you want to bring back dueling? You think dueling is a good idea? I think that's a terrible idea. This is straight honor culture. What we just yes. witnessed is honor culture. Yes. Not dignity culture. Dignity culture. You're supposed to gain respect by shrugging off slights and insults. That's not what yes. happened here. <laughs> Nobody no. shrugged him off. Right. Yeah. In an honor culture, you're supposed to protect your honor with your life. Yes. Yeah. It was interesting, speaking of that, you know, there was that weird thing about the whole, you know, Will Smith slapping uh, Chris Rock thing. Yeah, that's and, honor culture all the way. Yeah, but it was, but it was even weirder because then we found out recently that like apparently him and Jada were like divorced already at that point or separated already at that point, which adds this extra element of like what's going on with that. It it more solidifies the honor culture than anything because he doesn't know they're separated. He's mm -hmm. he's disrespecting Will. Will is standing up for his own dignity. His own honor, you mean? Yeah. Well, I, it was such a minor thing though maybe he was just mad because he's like Jada's like a crazy person and he's like obviously been cucked and emotionally tormented by her right and he's just taking it he's like taking it out on a guy because he can't take it out on like his wife that's how I read the situation and like some like it's a very weird transference of of uh, rage 
Yeah. Okay. Soto for $2 says, first rule of the Senate, don't talk about the Senate. True. That's like a Fight Club reference. I get there that. There you go. You get that, yeah. Uh, a swimmy 64 for $20 says, hey, guys, congrats on 300 episodes. Thank you. You should have a YouTuber named Pilgrim Pass on. He has great commentary on social issues, and it would be great to see you guys talk. Sure. I'll check him out. Pilgrim Pass on. His name is Pilgrim Pass. I'll look him up right now. Did you? No, you got to bring up the jank video. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. I'll bring that up. supposed to watch. Let's do it. Are you? Are all the super chats red? We can't no, do it until I'm, all the super chats are red. No, bring up the video. Bring up all the super chats first. No, Soto's for two dollars says, "Didn't IRI say these things don't happen?" LOL. I don't remember what that what was. That in reference to Soto. We're um, gonna we're gonna review that debate, right? What debate? review our own debate? With R-I-I? R-I-I? No. Why would we do that? I-R-I? He contradicted himself. About what? Lots of times. Oh, okay. We're not going to cover ourselves in a, in a conversation. That's okay. too meta. Too Online meta. versus real life discussion. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That was a real life conversation, but it started online. So there you go. Body Friday says Senate races should be pro wrestling matches complete with smack talk. Part of me wants that. Part of me would fucking despise that. The meme part of me wants that. The Joker part of me wants that. Did you see that weird Lance tweet? Oh my God. No. I so think like, Lance blocked me. Oh, that's hilarious. I'm kind of shocked he hasn't blocked me. He didn't block He me. did block me. Hilarious. Really? <laughs> yes, he did. I was yeah. like, oh, no, wait. Did he block me? With or urgent. did he delete the tweet? Wait a minute. I got to get the bottom of this. Let's see. The surfs. He deleted the tweet. Oh, shit. I embarrassed him into deleting the tweet. That's funny. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. So let's talk about this. <laughs> That's funny. So you but saw... First, first send me the tweet and we'll turn it into a clip. Okay. I mean... Well, I guess I... you can't send me the tweet because he... I can't because it doesn't exist it. anymore. I mean, you well, just see send, my response Send me your response it. and you can okay. describe the tweet to us. I will describe the tweet to you. I'll bring it up. Wow, I shamed Lance. Are you happy? I am. It's kind of funny. Dr. Diller just sent me an article that said Senator Mullen is a former mixed martial arts guy. There you go. He needs to learn some discipline. Okay. Jesus, he's got like well, one, now, two, three, four, five. He's know. got six kids. Relax, buddy. Now you know why he challenged him to a, a mixed martial art duel. He's like, look, I can win this. Right. I right, chill, buddy. Okay. Do you have it up? Do you have it up? Almost. Ed? Hey, baby, you have it up, Ed? 
Hey, baby, I do. Yeah. Keep this in the go. clip. <laughs> no, this isn't part of the clip. No, okay. No, okay, it can be covered. No, don't talk? put that. What are we talking about? Don't put that in the clip. Okay, so anyway, did you see, uh, we talked about this, Jordan Peterson was on Bill Maher on last Friday. Did you see I that? I didn't see it. No. Nope. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he said he said uh, good stuff, I thought. And he said something I disagree with. That's fine. But he was wearing a very interesting outfit. And it was funny because I remember I saw it and I said, huh, that suit he's wearing looks very much like, like a Joker suit, like a suit you'd expect the Joker to wear. Right. Okay. Let me see if I can find a picture of it. Probably should have done that first. Um, cause it had, it was like kind of purple and it had this like interesting little like thing in the top, right. That looked kind of like a flower, you know, how like the, you know, the Joker has a little flower with like the, he shoots acid or whatever. Yeah, I got it. It's up. Okay. You have it? Yeah. It's like a purple suit with a little red flower on the collar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looks lame. Yeah. So I wasn't a big fan of the suit. Um, I mean, the color is fine, you know, bright purple, go for it. I don't want to say flower. But anyway, so I remember watching and think, huh, that's weird. You know, he's got like a like a little flower thing going on there. It looks kind of like a Joker suit. Well, it turns out it literally is a Joker suit because I, in another picture of it, you can see that the, the inside of the coat literally has like Joker in it. Really? Yeah, it's got like the face of the Joker inside the suit. And actually, when you see the whole thing, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, here, let me see if I can. I'll show you a picture of what it looks like. I can bring it up. Tell me the story. I don't care. Oh. Okay. So anyway, so he's wearing this Joker suit on Bill Maher. So Lance has this really weird tweet where he's like, and I'm paraphrasing because Lance deleted the tweet. Um, so, But he basically tweeted out like, oh. I can't believe Jordan Peterson is wearing this Joker suit. Oh my God. Doesn't he know like the background of the Joker? Doesn't he know like that the Jokers killed people and skinned them alive? Doesn't he know that Jokers like raped people? Doesn't he know how bad the Joker is? He's like, he's trying to shame Jordan Peterson for wearing a Joker outfit because the fictional character, the Joker has done bad things. Right. That's so I was like, Lance, you realize the Joker's not real, right? <laughs> He's not a real person. This is a fictional character. My friend, he went to school. You know what he did? He wore a graphic tee with Darth Vader on it. Does that mean that he's in favor of <laughs> of killing like rebels? <laughs> you know how many people Darth Vader killed? This is an insane take. This is an insane take, Lance. And apparently uh, everyone agreed with me because uh, the, the post was so bad that I guess I shamed Lance into deleting it because it no longer exists. He deleted the tweet. Well, it is the internet, Sitch. And it turns out somebody mm -hmm. <laughs> screenshotted the tweet. Oh, nice. You got you got it. So it still exists. Where? Yeah. Sock Dim Lad. And thank you, Dan Irish, for tagging us in it. 
says, corniest tweet I have seen from Lance. Nobody takes the Joker seriously. Let our boy, Mr. Peterson, cosplay how he wants. And he screenshotted the original tweet. Lance of the Surf says, it's pretty wild Jordan Peterson keeps doing this without any knowledge of the comic book villains he's embracing. Does he know the Joker has skinned his victims alive or mass murdered 19 cops? What about raping Shelly Frost or feeding poisoned cotton candy to children? <laughs> the Surf's worried about the children here. Obviously. He's worried about the fictional children in Batman. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there you go. I'm glad I'm glad I shamed him in deleting that embarrassing tweet. Right. Though it was funny, when I looked at the replies of that, his audience was like, well, it was based that he killed the cops, though. <laughs> there was like a bunch of replies like that. and Maybe that's why he deleted it. Maybe it wasn't the shame from you. Maybe it was a shame for everyone going, based, I like Jordan Peterson now. He's a cop killer. Maybe. I mean, I did ratio him. Okay. Oh, so, you did? Did, yes. Look at you. Did. Doing the ratio. I is that did the ratio. Oh, my like, God. Is that, is that your first ratio, boy? No. What do you mean? Oh, okay. I had a, my I had a, a giant ratio on sock done left. Sitch is getting addicted. Oh, you know to about the, that? He's the ratio guy now. No, definitely Do not. not. That's very lame, but it's Don't, funny to bring. Yeah. No, so, did, did you see sock done left had that the the graphic the meme of the guys at the urinal and the guy like goes I past did, all yes. the empty urinals says do you condemn Hamas? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My uh, retort to him ratioed him. Which was? Uh, it's a guy with pink hair walking up to the guy and he says, do you condemn racism, sexism, transphobia, whiteness, ableism, colonialism, homophobia, xenophobia, Islamophobia, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I said, welcome to the last eight years of politics. True. So. And that post was very interesting because some, I don't, I don't know who, but some big leftist account must have quote tweeted or something. Because at some point I got a bunch of socialists uh, replying to it, and I've never seen so many people so stupidly miss a point. Like they didn't, they literally didn't understand the point of the tweet. We're like, yeah, but do you condemn racism? Yes, condemning all those things is good, though. <laughs> I'm like, you understand that by saying that you're saying that condemning Hamas is not good, right? You <laughs> you understand when you say that that's the implication. Like I just I couldn't believe how stupid these people were. They didn't understand it. Like Sockton Left is complaining about people needlessly telling you to condemn Hamas out of the blue. What he characterizes out of the blue, obviously it's not out of the blue. And I'm like, what do you this is this is the entire tactic the left has been doing for the last eight years. It's like making you condemn every possible form of racism isms possible before they'll listen to you. And right. if you don't, then they go, Oh, we got you. We got you. They don't I, care because they're right. like, as long as we're condemning the right things, you don't understand. Yes. Yes. It's just a fundamental difference in philosophy. It's kind of interesting. Well, there was an ins another insane tweet. Oh my God. I got to read this too. So are we that done was... with this? Should we clip it CT or what? We, this can be the last part of the clip. Okay. Uh, so there's an insane. So there's like uh, the Marvels, you know, the Marvels movie, female superheroes. Yeah. Not doing very well. A lot of people on the anti-woke side are very happy because they're like, ha, woke, you know, put a woman in it, make it like uh, gay and lame, you know, fails. Right. 
So there's a tweet exchange where one person says, I'm never going to hear the end of it from those grifters, those grifters on YouTube about the Marvels. I blame media news for not calling out the toxicity of these cretins for harming the movie. Okay, so the guy's saying that the only reason the Marvels did poorly is because a bunch of evil people on the internet told people not to see the movie. Right. right? That's Which obviously is BS because a lot of people were crapping all over Barbie and Barbie made, you know, over a billion dollars, right? Right, yeah. Right. So, uh, so movie blob, Bob Chipman, famous for saying there's no bad uh, tactics, only bad targets. He responds to this tweet. Remember, this is a tweet about the movie Marvels. Okay. Right. Bob Chipman says, the trick, and I say this with absolute sincerity, is to remind yourself that there aren't that they, the people that criticize the Marvels, that they aren't people and their lives don't matter. Truly, the actual service that they offer is clarifying that you're not, quote, imagining there's something spiritually diseased about subhuman stupidity. Wow. <laughs> he really does not like the anti-woke crowd. So uh, there's movie Bob seemingly advocating for the extermination <laughs> of individuals because they didn't like the Marvels movie. <laughs> <laughs> That is quite dehumanizing, Bob. This guy is insane, and he's so unhinged. Oh, my God. No wonder Lindsay Ellis was like, don't associate yourself with me. <laughs> he responded so to one of my tweets one time, and I was trying to get him on the show, but he wasn't biting. So. He, he, no, he's he's too much of a coward. I don't, think, I don't know if he's ever done any sort of debates, conversation with someone who's disagreed with him. I mean, he said so many insane things. I don't even know how he could have a conversation. Yeah. I was surprised he responded to a, a tweet. I never seen him in the wild like that. I was like, mm -hmm. Oh wow. I think it was that one that blew up about April at, on Ninja Turtles. Kind of everyone probably. responded to that. Yeah, yeah. That sounds probably right. It's, but it's funny. Cause like we talk about the authoritarian mindset, like obviously that is the authoritarian mindset yes. on display. Yeah. Yes. Well, what's interesting too is you know, usually when you see like the authoritarian lefties, you, you can very clearly seeing them triggering like left wing moral intuitions, uh, forwarding the authoritarian mindset. But with Bob, it's fascinating because he's really hitting the kind of right wing, puri disgust, like Nazi esque rhetoric. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, these cockroaches. Yeah. He's like, he's saying that the anti woke crowd are spiritually diseased and subhuman. That's not usually something you see from like left types. So it's just, it's very fascinating what's going on there. So total psychopath. I don't know. I'm glad no one takes him seriously anymore. He is just a living meme at this point. Crazy. Clip it, CT. Clip it. Clip it. Clip it, CT. Okay. Let's watch Jenk. You ready? I'm ready. Is there a specific? Oh, you have it at the part? I don't know. I just kind of randomly <laughs> picked. <laughs> don't clip this part yet. 
Do we need look? We don't need a backstory here, right? Let's just see. Well, hey. so there's a, so this is, a, this is a debate, not a debate. I'm sorry. It's a conversation. Well, it's called a debate. I guess it's a debate. It's a debate between two hosts, Jank and I don't know what the other guy's name is. Israel uh, um, Israel's humanitarian pause leads to heated debate between TYT hosts. Right. So they brought this guy right at on right after October seventh. Mm -hmm. which I actually thought was a pretty good move for TYT because they did give both mm -hmm. perspectives a fair hearing, I thought. Right. I got to admit, I was a little nervous. You know, October 7th happens. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm, what's TYT's coverage going to be like on this? You know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about TYT since, you know, good. Anna and I have sort of become... Uh, friends and she seems to be making a, a huge effort to kind of be less ideologically possessed. be based yeah at the network so yeah yeah and i'm pulling for her, obviously so the guy's name is ben gleb i believe is how you pronounce it yeah there you go all right let's check it out let's Hit check it, it out let's see what happens here or retribution they were bombing these buildings and while again i'll say it every time the the innocent loss of life has been horrific it was not for no reason and it was not indiscriminately it was to get rid of strongholds buildings that they knew had Hamas strongholds in them so that when they go in with the ground troops that you yourself were suggesting were a better idea and are a better idea that they aren't a complete suicide mission for the Israeli troops. Also in the immediate aftermath of October 7th, you said, of course, Israel has to respond and is going to bomb. It's just, you hope that it's not at a hugely disproportional number. You said, I hope it's not 10 to one, 100 to one. The numbers have been horrible. They've been five to one or six to one. That's not good, but it's because we're trying to take out a terrorist force that yeah. also is a government. And so I do not buy the argument that there is ever gonna be a solution where you just say Hamas gets to win. And so I think a much smarter way to approach trying to get what they you want. They don't get to win, Ben. They don't get to win. So look, at the end of the day, so look, two last things, and then I, you got more but, of the story. To but tell a smarter us. part, what I'm saying, a smarter part, to, a way to do that is to not demonize people that are responding from this horrible terror attack, but instead say, great, thank you for a four hour every single day during war humanitarian pause and an extra humanitarian corridor actually turn the rhetoric towards something that is more inclusive and more positive and say, we are moving towards the right direction, not immediately on day one saying, that's not real. Maybe it's a tiny bit real, but it's not real. No, it's a major significant change in the conditions on the ground. It's the it's Israel going against what it believes its objectives need to be to listen to the world community, to give opportunities for aid to come in. That's the big source of outcry from all of the groups saying civilians are being killed. So let the civilians out. So they're doing that. Extra humanitarian they're not letting anybody out. Gaza is a prison. You can't leave because Gaza. Egypt will not open their no, border. That's to ridiculous. If Egypt opens the borders and the Palestinians go to Egypt, Israel is going to close the border and just take Gaza. No way. That's crazy. No way. It's no how. Up to Egypt not, to keep that border no, open or not. But certainly no, they're not going to open no, the border. Okay, so to add some context here, so uh, Israel agreed to do daily four-hour pauses on the assault, um, and that's what they're that's what they're arguing about. Um, which obviously Jank doesn't think you know matters or is not enough, but it's, it's an interesting argument here, which is so Ben is saying, you know Egypt should allow them to go to go to Egypt, and Jank's response to that is if if they leave the country fully, it sounds like what he's saying, 
is that if the, if the Palestinians leave the country and go to Egypt, that Israel will just take over the area and, and not let them back in. I think that's what he's, he's saying his argument is. Right. Yeah. Not let them return to their homes. Which, you know. Um, <laughs> Do you know if the answer to that? I don't know the answer to that. I mean, the problem is like, so obviously, you know, that's harkening back to like 1948, right? Where that literally happened in 1948, where the people left their homes and they were not allowed back in. Um, I'm skeptical. I'm more skeptical. It's not possible, but I'm more skeptical that that situation could be repeated today. Where if you had like hundreds of thousands, if not a million or so people leave Gaza and go to Egypt, that, that Israel would just be like, oh, you can't come in anymore. Because if they did that, first of all, if they did that, they would literally just destroy their relationship with Egypt forever. Egypt does not want you know, two million refugees, right? Right. Yeah. You know, uh, so I'm I'm skeptical. I'm a little bit skeptical that that would happen. But, Israel know, has said wrong. that won't happen. Israel has said they're they don't want to occupy Gaza. They want to root out Hamas and leave. They've said they don't plan on occupation. They don't plan on taking land. This is what they're saying. So, well. I don't, it depends what they mean. Like, here's the thing. Uh, yeah, I think they don't want to hold it forever. I don't know that I, they can do that in all yeah, honesty. Like, right, I mean, right. that seems like a pipe dream to me. But I, I'd be curious as to what their exact language is, because I don't think I would, I would probably wager that their statement would be something like, yeah, we don't want to occupy Gaza forever. We don't want to absor like absorb it into becoming Israel. Um, Cause they don't, you know, I understand they don't want to do that. But they are going to basically occupy it to an extent of saying Hamas will no longer be the government. Like, I don't believe, and if this was Israel's military goal, they're stupid. But I don't believe Israel's military goal is to go in there, kill Hamas, and then just leave. They I believe can't. their goal, yeah, I believe their goal is to go in there, kill Hamas, and then basically take over the region or make the PA take over the region and basically act as security to force the PA to take over the, the region. Because they can't just leave and allow Hamas 2.0 to take over. They have to make sure that they have some other form of government. Hamas is the security force there. They have to right. establish some sort of security force. I understand yeah. that it's the mob, basically, right? right? But they are the ones that are are saying, you know, don't kill one another or we'll kill yeah. you. Right. So, I, I mean, I do believe that they are going to completely, they are going to occupy the area, but... But that doesn't mean that they wouldn't let people back into the country necessarily. So I don't know. It's, you know, obviously we're very cautious about what we're saying here. It's interesting that neither one of them are very cautious about what they're saying. Like they're just, no, this is a fact. This is what's going to happen. Well, I mean, that's honestly, that's like most people talking about what? very, uh, you know, um, emotional. I mean, this is, this is a very emotional topic, obviously. It's a very extreme topic. I don't, I don't know the answer. I mean, just to I, make declarations. I like, mean, this is, we don't know the facts on this. Well, I don't, I'm not sure you can even know the facts on right, this. Right, right, right. You know, I'm, uh, that's what I'm saying. I don't think Israel would, like, if, if a million people left Gaza and went to Egypt, like Israel wanted them to, I don't believe Israel would or even has the ability to uh, deny them back in. I think that'd be just so devastating um to their image 
to their relationship with Egypt, their relationship with the U.S. and the rest of the world, that I don't think they had the the political capital to do such an action. But I am sympathetic to the fear of it because Israel has literally done that in the past. So. Yeah, I get that. I totally right. get that. They don't know. Right. You'd be nervous. Look, you're nervous if you're there already and you're forced to leave your home. I mean, I've seen some of the videos. It's just, it's crazy. It is, they've yeah. turned, they've just turned the buildings into rubble. What do these people even have to go back to? Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point. I mean, if you, it's, it is devastating for these people yeah. to live in these areas. Egypt their is, own country. No, Israel and Egypt have an alliance, and that's why. It, ben, look, so we have massive disagreements. So when, it, at one point, they had about 8,000 civilians killed and 13 Hamas members killed. No, they weren't trying to bomb Hamas. They were doing indiscriminate bombings. 13 Hamas members killed. Where are you getting that number? I no. got it from a news report. We Hamas, reported on it. Hamas does not distinguish in their numbers between Hamas soldiers and civilians. You have no idea how many Hamas soldiers were killed Even in that 10,000. Even Netanyahu 10, at one point, and he's a grotesque liar, said, uh, in an ABC report, well, 10,000 were killed, but you know, a thousand of those could have been Hamas. For the could have been, could have been. And if that's true, but you take Netanyahu's numbers, that's still awful. You, if I, if you said to me that I've said this a hundred times, hey, that guy killed your family members. There's no way that I don't want to kill that guy. I, I, I'm, I will be filled with rage. And you say there's nine civilians around them, an aunt, an uncle, a grandma, a baby, etc. Would I bomb them and kill those nine civilians because to get the bad guy? Never. Never, because it is deeply immoral. I'm not going to do the same thing a terrorist would do. That's insanity. And and Israel's saying, yeah, I don't care. I don't care about the ratio. I dropped the bombs. I dropped the bombs. The buildings collapsed. The babies' heads are crushed. But they Yay! are saying defense. That is a lie. That's not defense. That is a That's lie. offense. But they are not saying that. They are taking mo far more measures than any country that That's I know of to make true. sure the civilians no, leave they, the I, area. They take the least they, amount of measures. They make phone of calls any directly. They drop any out of this guy. We're both pausing at the same time. Who's saying, yay, yay, we're killing a bunch of civilians? I don't feel like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's some people in Israel saying that. I don't think that's, I don't think that's what the Israeli military is operating under a principle of, of yay, yay, we're killing babies and civilians, obviously. Right. Yeah. And they, I mean, they are, to my understanding, they are trying to do what they can to, to minimize uh, civilian casualties. Um, the promise, so like, you know, Jenk has this question where he says, you know, you have, you know, someone who's killed your family, uh, and then they're hiding in a room with nine innocent people. You know, I don't kill them. I don't, I don't blow up the whole room just to kill that one guy. Cause that's what terrorists do. That's what terrorists do. And I say, okay, that's fair. But what do you do when that guy who's hiding in that room keeps killing you and your family? And your citizens, and then running back and hiding in a room of nine people. And those people don't have the ability, they're not your citizens. They don't have the ability or authority or even, you know, the power or the will to hand over that terrorist to you. What do you do at that point? How do you get that guy? Do you yeah. send in a bunch of people, you know, on the on the ground to to create a long, protracted, bloody ground war where a bunch of innocent civilians will die or a bunch of your innocent military defense forces will sacrifice their lives to protect the civilians of a foreign country's lives 
Um, this is kind of why, and I talked about this on Sunday, this is kind of why, you know, I, I understand the horrible human cost and civilian casualties uh, to the Palestinian people. But I still just, I haven't heard someone propose anything resembling a reasonable alternative to me for as horrible as what's happening is. I don't know what the alternative is, and I haven't heard anyone say anything that would that would make sense. The alternative is the special forces go in and take care of business, kill all the bad guys, save all the hostages. Yeah, but I don't, like, that's like a fantasy. That's not like a real Yeah, I, that's the thing. I don't know if it's technically feasible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if, if you had magic special forces who could pinpoint kill all of Hamas without dropping any bombs, that would be what you would do. There's no reason that's not what you would do, right? Because then you would actually, you know, the population would probably be very happy about that. And you build a lot of goodwill towards, you know, Israel from the Palestinian population. Right. Like, I don't believe this idea. Like some people push this idea that like the Israeli government just wants to just kill all the Palestinians and drive them all away, you know, so they could just bulldoze the whole area. And I, I don't, I don't think that's accurate. I don't think it's remotely accurate what's going on here. I think they'd behave very differently if that's what's going on. And even if that's what they wanted, I don't think they even could act that way. Do you think um, there are elements that want that? I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. Right. But I don't think that that's the, I don't think those are the people in power making decisions. That's the question for me. I don't know how much of the Israeli population is in that element that wants that. And with the the horrific nature of these attacks and the fact that they still are holding hostages, I feel like it's probably a high number and rising. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure, yeah. No, this I mean, I like get it. It's like a totally messed up situation. Yeah, I definitely get it. But that's, that's why it kind of annoys me about kind of the way this conversation is always had, is that it is a messed up situation. And you have a situation where you have a government, like you have a government that you can kind of interact with and deal with. And then you have one that you can't really interact and deal with because it's really a terrorist organization. But it's yeah. also holding its own population hostage too. And that's kind of the the horrible tragedy of the situation is, well, how do you deal with that? I mean, you know, it's funny. I had this conversation with my, my parents the other day about this. And I said, because they were saying like, oh, it's, you know, it's just so horrible that you know, because they see the number, the rising number of, of, of Palestinians dying. And they have, you know, they're very left-wing and they have a lot of left-wing moral intuitions. And their their immediate emotional reaction is to say, you know, Israel shouldn't be doing this. This is horrible, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of said the same thing. I said, like, well, I don't disagree that it is horrible, but I just, what is the alternative? I, I'm not sure I understand what the alternative is. I haven't heard anyone bring forward a convincing argument to me about what like what the better way to do this would be. Um, if there was a better way, obviously I'd be in favor of it. But they're saying it's horrible that you have to kill all these innocent people to get to the bad guys, right? To get to Hamas. And I said, well, that's kind of, that is the tragedy of war. That's all war is. War is killing a bunch of innocent people to get at the people that are the actual bad people. That are guilty, yeah. Yeah. Like all the all the like all the soldiers and troops, just because they put on a military uniform, they're still innocent people. Most of them, they're like you know, 
they go and die for some king or some president or some dictator, you know, that what do they give a crap about? You think they really care about this cause that much? Dying to get to get justice. That's what they're doing here. So it's just it, like they're I mean, seeking justice, but they're still gonna die. Right. It's kinda of like you know, I saw people that were like applauding, you know, they there are these videos that are coming out of like Ukraine and it's like some Russian soldier getting like blown up or something or dying. You know, you've seen these drone footage things. And I see all these people like celebrating this. And I don't know, I look at it, I'm not, I'm not celebrating it because I'm like, you know, the, there's all these like Russian soldiers that are conscripted. They're forced into service by their government. You know, Putin is an authoritarian dictator. Those soldiers, they don't have an option. If they don't go into war, they're going to go to jail for like, you know, maybe forever. Right. So, I'm not saying it doesn't mean you shouldn't kill. Obviously, the Ukrainians still kill those soldiers, but I'm not going to cheer it on and be like, ha ha, fuck that guy. It's like, he, that guy is a victim too. Yeah. And this is like kind of the emotional difficulty that we have to grapple with as mature adult humans is a lot of times in life, there's the evil problems and there's the no-win scenarios and there's victims on both sides of a conflict. And just because it's victims on both sides of a conflict doesn't mean that one that you don't support one side, right? Yeah. So it really bothered me that the United Nations made a declaration for a ceasefire mm -hmm. and they didn't make a declaration to release the hostages. And people were arguing that, well, you know, they're the United Nations can speak to the Israeli government. They can't really they don't have any control over Hamas. Right. But the declaration, the, I, they don't call them declarations. I can't remember what they call them. The resolutions, yeah. yeah. Th those resolutions are non-binding anyway. I mean, they right. say, you know, Israel has to do a ceasefire, this non-binding resolution. They don't have to do the ceasefire, and they're not going to do the ceasefire. So why can't they do one, a non-binding resolution for Hamas, release the hostages? It's it's performative anyway. It makes people feel better. It's yeah, just, no, it's so stupid. That's a great point. Um, you know, my like I ne I didn't know that about the hostages. I know that I'd heard that the UN never put out anything official denouncing they didn't. October seventh. Yeah. Um, and if they haven't done that and they haven't put out anything to release the hostages, you're right. It's completely insane that then they would demand for the ceasefire, and it is kind of disgusting and reprehensible. It Completely. is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Put a resolution out. Look, these people's families are there. They're look, it's tragic. They're they're just can you imagine going to sleep at night knowing that your wife or daughter is over there? Can you imagine that? Not knowing if they're alive or dead in some tunnel somewhere? Right. That's like two there's two hundred and forty people in that state. Of course. And everyone's, you know, parading the bodies out on the on the news and you got you know college kids over here in fucking new hampshire peeling down the the missing sides right it's crazy and they make multiple statements on social media and on television oh, they paused media. they said 24 hours to escape un said it's impossible escape so they said, the what so they Escape to, to the one. It's to an open-air prison. To the south. To and the then south, Egypt which can they also bombed. They, like. they bombed it a little bit to get rid of a also Hamas targets. It's not... You know, I don't like that open-air prison frame at all. <laughs> That's like... Right. <laughs> and look, if it, it, it's just... I don't like... 
I don't like the escalation of terms because one person says, look, I can call it an open air prison. Then another person can come along and say, well, all the Palestinians are jihadis. It's like, come on, let's just, let's try to accurately assess the situation here. Right. Right. Or, um, you know, people that call it a concentration camp. Yeah. That one is a big one. And then, cause it, the thing is annoying is like the rhetoric matters. It does and, matter. And unfortunately it is word thinking, but word thinking is how many people think. Because if you, you know, I heard like all the people that were like justifying it, either like soft or hard. That's justifying. their justification. Yeah. 100%. October 7th. Yeah, yeah. They would say, well, these people were in a concentration camp and they break out of their concentration camp. You know, of course they killed a bunch of innocent, you know, uh, young adults and teenagers that are dancing in the area. They broke out of their concentration camp, like as if that justifies anything. It's just insane, insane comment to make. Yeah. The main area that the main bombing is happening. And so that is the reality of war. You're still not ever suggesting concretely how you suggest that no, Israel know, lives in peace and uh -oh, possibly get Can peace. I answer? Please. Sure. It's so easy. Yeah. Okay. Special forces to take, to take out the Hamas guys who attacked. No problem. I've said it from day one. Try to release the hostages. Find do negotiation. Do a power. Do all the things that you do. Then this is super important. End the goddamn occupation. End there it. isn't End an it. occupation in Gaza. I'll oh, say it ben, to the damn Don't be. <laughs> okay, on the. In the That's occupation. a good pause. Don't be insane. Well, just on the special forces, guys. Yeah. Have you seen those tunnels, Sitch? The tunnels are two meters tall and one meter wide. Yeah. It's literally like a guy can walk through it single file. It's like a death corridor, yeah. You don't think that thing is bull is booby trapped all to Oh it is high heaven. I've seen videos about it. yeah, they're all booby trapped to hell. And if they know you're coming down there, I mean it's, that's a that's a death corridor to walk down. It there. is, yeah. Sure. They got a howitzer at the one end of it, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the difficulty of the situation. Is because I don't know if they have the I mean I know they have all these sorts of techniques and stuff, but I don't. It's like you know we don't have the the magic drones that fly into the tunnels and can just you know assassinate all the Hamas people in the tunnel. Yeah. Have you have you seen the sponge bomb? I have seen the sponge bomb. Yeah. 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 Which is which is cool, but <laughs> you know that's why like the whole like the, and I guess this is where the disagreement is, and I, I think this is a post hoc disagreement, which is that. Or it's 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 probably not post hoc disagreement. It's a disagreement based on how we're assuming people are operating. Because I think Jank and other people are operating from a a presupposition of like of uh, malice uh, and evilness from the Israeli government in terms of like wanting to just kill all these people. As I agree, you yeah. Know, and I'm operating, and you're operating from the idea like, well. I don't believe that that's like the presupposition that the Israeli military is operating from, um, that they do just want to get rid of Hamas. So therefore, this kind of like magical special forces thing doesn't exist, or at least it doesn't exist in the capacity that you're talking about. And if they were just to send individual forces into these tunnels to try to root out Hamas, I mean, the death toll on the Israeli side would be like, you know, they'd just be throwing men in like a, a meat grinder down there, essentially. Yeah, the Israeli people would not be happy about that. You, no. you 
look, our friends and family got kidnapped, and then you sent my son and husband to die in a meat grinder. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's not a good... Not, not a good, a good look. Yeah, not a good look, so... You do. Then, this is super important... End the goddamn occupation. End there it. isn't End an it. occupation in Gaza. I'll oh, say it ben, to the damn Don't be insane, There ben. is a security don't and, be insane. And, 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 and blockade of supplies. There is not an occupation. They voluntarily ended it in 2005 and removed forcibly the, their own Israeli citizens. Hey. How are you going to ask people to end an occupation that ended in 2005? And at least let's use words accurately. Because I've seen too many times on this network people saying genocide when it is not one. People yes. saying occupation when it is not one. There is an occupation in the West Bank. I admit it because that's the definition and the words. But when the occupation ends, you say end the occupation. What are you asking for them to end it again? Should they so, go back in and then end it again? Is that the request? Ben, um, okay, if I come to your house and say, look, I'm not occupying your house, but I can cut the water and power anytime right. and I could starve you and I could make sure you don't even get any water. And if you disagree with me on anything, I could drop a bomb on your head. It's called a blockade. Oh, I'm not occupied. It's called a blockade. I can just murder you anytime but it's I not like, the but word. I'm not occupied. But it's not the word. Okay, it's called so a blockade. Let's call it a prison. So as Israel should stop in prison. So, well, see, but this is always interesting. This is always fascinating to me because this, this always happens. And I feel like when we get in these conversations where it's like someone uses a word wrong and they're describing something as bad and they try to like hide in the vagueness of the term. And it's like, well, but why are you like if the word is wrong, the word occupier occupied is wrong, why are you using it? Why are people attached to using it? Because it makes it's not it's a big deal. talking past the sale. It makes the argument. That's why yeah. they do it. They do it because exactly. it's sneaking in a premise. Right. And it goes completely with the colonizer uh premise. You know, when we when America blockaded Japan from getting oil, you know, before our involvement in World War II. Were we occupying Japan because we prevented them from getting oil? No, right? No. Of course not. And even then, it's like, you know, going back to Gaza, you can't just say like, oh, well, we occupied them. It's like, yeah, but if, if Israel is blockading Gaza from getting things, it's because Hamas is taking those things and turning them into weapons and tunnels, which what happened on October 7th proves undeniably does it work yeah of course i mean imagine if all that time and energy and money and resources that hamas uses that either the hamas people suck up for themselves and go live you know as billionaires in another country or they use to make all these tunnels all the time and energy and money to make all these tunnels what if instead that was building infrastructure for the country building right? restaurants yeah yeah Police stations, highways. restaurants, highways. Yeah, what if all yeah. that schools, hospitals? They don't want like, police stations. Are you kidding me? That threatens their power. There you go. But that's what I'm saying. Like, and this is kind of why it's annoying when people say, like, you have to end the blockade. It's like this, everything that's happened has shown literally why they're doing the blockade. It just shows that they didn't do the blockade good enough because they were still getting all these materials somehow anyway. Through tunnels. Tunnels sure, through Egypt. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, it's horrible. They're using the words that they're using so that they can smuggle in a number of presuppositions. Like if you accept right. the open air prison framing, then you're accepting all of these other ideas covertly, you know, that people don't have the ability to move freely, that people are being subjugated by another population. 
Right. Yeah. That they have no freedom, that they're oppressed. Yeah, exactly. Palestinians and, and you know the big difference though is that when you have prisons the 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 prison the people that run the prisons don't offer freedom to all of the people six different times and they reject it when they get 85 to 97 percent of their requests I've seen you shake off and in interviews your head about saying they've been offered peace you go like this you go no 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 but they have been offered peace ben, many times should, so, so shouldn't they accept that what is your plan why aren't you telling Hamas right now release the goddamn hostages accept peace make a peace agreement put on paper put on put your work your, your your money where your mouth is and offer a solution don't just keep demonizing Israel and not offering a way to solve the goddamn problem because that goes on forever so two things about that Ben one no so before he answers I want to say there's a this is a very interesting psychological problem that I've brought up before and we see this a lot people don't realize they're falling into this trap and you need to because everyone falls into this trap this is the the psychopath at work problem there's always that one guy at your office who's well, like I know piece, him. He's like a piece of crap. Okay. He's like he's like very difficult to deal with, hyper aggressive, or just like he won't do anything. And everyone has to like work basically around that person, right? Yeah. And I don't just mean like a boss or something. I mean like you'll just be like a normal employee, someone that could be, you know, potentially fired or removed. And the problem is there's like this weird thing that happens in our mind psychologically. When a person is very unreasonable, people just like accept it like they're like an animal. They accept it like there's some kind of force of nature you just have to deal with. You know, like, oh, well, this person's always going to be unreasonable. So I just put that into my brain calculation. So then I forget that they're unreasonable. And then I kind of like hold other people, like the I hold the reasonable people responsible for their actions, but I don't hold the unreasonable people responsible for their actions. And right. we all fall prey to this. And this situation with Israel and Hamas is like the perfect example of this. And I think what Ben just laid out is so on point where it's like the only reason that there's, well, actually not the only reason, because a lot of it is the oppressor, oppressy white colonization lens, which is toxic. But putting that aside, people fall in this trap because they look at Israel. Israel is like a democracy. And so they look at it like, well, Israel's a reasonable country composed of reasonable individuals with a reasonable government that you can talk to, where Hamas is an unreasonable government uh, filled with terrorists. And so right. since they're unreasonable, like we just don't expect anything from them. And so we don't even attempt to make any sort of calls for them to do anything reasonable whatsoever. So we just I'm, accept that they're unreasonable. I'm so glad you brought this up because this plays out in the conversation perfectly. He's okay. basically making the argument that you know, why aren't we making demands of Hamas? Yes. And people just always just brush that. Oh, of course, they're unreasonable. We can't make demand. <laughs> they're murdering psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> of course we can't. We can't make demands of them. Well, so they, Why yeah, not? <laughs> exactly. But so that's the thing. Like, you're like, oh, well, then that has to be. That's why what's happening is happening. Because you have unreasonable people that are psychopaths that you can't deal with. Right, yeah. Except by killing them. But everybody wants to put it on the reasonable people. Yes. Everyone's yeah. like, look, you know what it's like to deal with unreasonable people. We just have to suck it up and let them do what they want. Yes. No, exactly. <laughs> no, right. we don't. I, I, feel, I feel horrible for the 
for the Palestinian people. Of course. Because they're they're just as subjugated by these these monsters as Yeah. As 100%. Israel is. Yeah. hundred percent, yeah. As Israel is. Um, but it's in this this thing, and it, it it goes into the thing that triggers me, which is I always get triggered when people penalize people for being reasonable. For doing the right thing. For, for trying yes. to do the right thing. And they always uh, incentivize people who are doing the wrong thing. And this is what this attitude does. People don't realize this is what's happening here, but that's exactly what's happening in this conversation. I, yeah. I don't mean this specific conversation. I mean like the general conversation. No, I'm, about I'm pretty on. sure. I'm pretty sure it happens in this conversation. But we'll see. Too. I guess we'll Let, find out. Let's continue. Number one mission accomplished. Hamas, uh, do a ceasefire, never attack Israel, uh, recognize their right to exist, release the hostages. Obviously, obviously. And uh, by the way, here, I'll, I'll make, no, hold on. I'll make it even more uh, like concrete. Hamas, stop being goddamn idiots. You're destroying the Palestinian cause as well as being immoral. Well, you kill those innocent Israeli civilians, now 10 times as many Palestinians have been killed. Are you happy? Was that mission accomplished? It is profoundly stupid. And it's easy for Hamas leaders to do that as they sit comfortably in Qatar right. and they condemn their own civilians to death. Ben, being against a terrorist is obvious, is right. obvious, okay? but. But having but a plan it, to defeat them okay. is much harder. And that's but the whole Ben, point. you have to stop imprisoning them. What? Look, Ben, if if people come over, let's say they take, uh, name any place. They take New Jersey, they take Texas, and they say, okay, now you're in an open air prison and none of you have any goddamn rights. And we get to put our boot on your neck and now you're, you're our servants. You're, you're subhuman. Now you sit there, Texas, and take it. And if any of you ever fight back, you're all goddamn terrorists in Texas. What do you think Texas would do? Texas would blow up, those Texas citizens would blow up every goddamn occupier, and you know it. Nope. They would murder every occupier, and you know it. Great. How much patience can the Palestinians have? They're sitting there. Is, the is, it, is this an accurate assessment of what's going on in Gaza? I don't think so, no. Is, are the Israelis no. basically subjugating them like this? No, no. Well, first of all, I mean, it's interactive for two reasons. Number one, as you said, I, I don't think it's fair to say like Israel has the boot on the neck of every Palestinian person in the West Bank. I mean, in Gaza, you know, at all times, like that they're living in some open air prison slash concentration camp because there's like a lot of restrictions in terms of what can be imported or not. I think if you were to do side by side, um, Hamas being in charge of Gaza has probably subjugated them more yeah he has like way more subjugation way more uh responsibility for creating the bad living conditions of gaza and if hamas wasn't that way if they were reasonable instead of unreasonable you know even with uh blockades and restrictions like that you know their life would be you know dozens hundreds of times better that's the first thing and the second thing is that annoys me when people have this conversation about the blockade is Israel didn't just do the blockade because they're like evil. They did the blockade because when they ended the occupation, which is what the people wanted, you know, in the early 2000s, you know, Hamas and other organizations started sending suicide bombers into Israel and started getting right. weapons into Israel and started doing all these things that now that they're their quote own country, they could do. And so what is Israel supposed to do? If they're living on the border of a country that's importing all this dangerous weapons and material that is used explicitly to destroy Israel, what is Israel supposed to do? They can either A, blockade the country and, and, and be restrictive about what they let into it, or they could occupy them again. Those are the only two options. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a 
it's such a difficult situation because obviously it's a win-win for Hamas to keep the Palestinian people in terrible conditions. Right. Because it, it foments resentment against Israelis, which is their, the scapegoat that's keeping them in power, keeping Hamas in power. So Hamas has no, there's no incentive for Hamas to make the Palestinian lives better. If they do make the Palestinian lives better, chances are they will, their power will slip. Right. Because the population will be less resentful towards Israel. <laughs> They'll start thinking women should be able to drive cars. <laughs> like, it's just a, it's a mess. So, right. Yeah, Hamas is the problem here. Hamas has to go. So I just, all this, like, I guess everyone agrees that Hamas has to go. We're just arguing over the strategy of getting rid of Hamas. Yeah. West Bank doing nothing. They've been perfectly peaceful. Peace. And what did they get for the peace, Just Bank? Peace. What did they get for the peace? peace? All they got was occupation. Just 56 years of occupation. They've been offered peace six times. So when you keep somebody okay. in a prison, as you say, what do you mean my ass? They have not been? Yes, they were I will not explain. In, in, I will explain. In, 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 in I will 37, explain. 37, 48, 67, 2000, 2008. Who's the guy that's just sitting on the side as these guys are like about to go to blows? That's Mark Thompson. He's like, uh, I'm not going to say anything. It's <laughs> just like every time it cuts back to him, his chair is like another four inches away from the fight. Slowly, like just he he like rolls the chair slowly <laughs> off the set. With the T.I.T. Hey, they <laughs> weren't offered an amazing uh, like comedy bit. Like this insane fight is going on. He just slowly, intentionally, like every time there's a pan out, just moves further. It further cuts away. back to him. He's like halfway his split in the frame. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to say regarding their argument. It's interesting because what they're they're both saying things that are true, uh, which is that you know what Jenk is saying is true, and this is what I've criticized Israel for their what I think has been their their biggest, most immoral fuck up uh, in modern history is the settling of the West Bank, because yeah. you do have seemingly uh, the West Bank is not you know there's violence going there, but it's obviously not like Hamas and Gaza, and so they're doing the thing. They're disincentivizing people to not be violent because like, oh, you're not violent. Well, then we will have settlers come in and occupy and slowly push you out of your land. Right. So Israel itself is has responsibility here because they are incentivizing Hamas, people like Hamas and, and Palestinians to support people like Hamas because they look at the West Bank and they say, listen, those people were working with you and you fucked them. Or yeah. at least they were working with you to a better capacity of not being violent. And you fucked them and you totally fucked them over. And Israel did. I think it's a completely true, uh, accurate point. Um, so that's completely true. Uh, but then Ben, what Ben is saying is true, though it's not directly related, which is that before all those settlements came up, well, there were some, but before they became as extensive as they were, it is true that you know there was two-state peace solutions that were offered time and time and time and time again, and they kept getting turned down time and time and time again. So... The West Bank situation is closer to apartheid in that they have Israeli settlers in the West Bank that are protected by Israeli soldiers, and they've set up a bunch of checkpoints and made life difficult for the people who, you know, theoretically, it's their land, it's country, their nation, right. yeah, their yeah. country. Right. So, I mean, that's completely messed up. That's not the situation in Gaza, though. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So, That's true. You figure Gaza would have had a a better shot. But well, the no. problem is it's like Gaza and Hamas being violent gives the bad actors in the Israeli government the political capital to settle the West Bank in the first place. You're right. You're right. Because they're shooting the missiles and Iron Dome is shoot, shooting them down all the time, but it's a constant provocation. Right. Because they say like, oh, because this is because this is a lot of like I've heard this is like the Israeli argument that are pro settlement. They say, well, we pulled our settlements out of Gaza and look what happened. They became violent, horrible, you know, Hamas people, terrorists. Right. And so therefore, obviously, this is why we should be sending more settlers into the West Bank to prevent that situation. Now, I think that's a horrible argument, but that's the argument that they make. And so that's the issue. It's like you have bad, bad actions from bad actors allow other bad actors to make bad arguments and do other bad actions. Right. I just, I've, is it a racist thing? I feel like maybe it is. Like there's the analogy of the South during like Jim Crow. Mm -hmm. Is there that kind of hatred going on between the Palestinians and the Israelis? It, it has to be in some places, right? I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Took us a long time to get past that. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's going to take a long time to get past oh, yeah. this. Their own no. state? And that they said, no, 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 no. So, yes, no. if murderers no. and terrorists are going to keep killing you and you keep saying, here, I'm giving, you, I'm giving you what you want. I'm giving you most of what you want. And you keep saying, no, 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 no. Okay. Nobody on can earth, yourself can included, I, would also it? allow themselves to keep being can killed I say by them. Okay. That little thing that janked it with the air quotes for the terrorists. Ugh. Not good. When did he do? I wasn't looking. He did that just now or in the past? Yeah, I mean, we can back it up. But he's in do, in that action. He's basically saying that they're like freedom fighters. Right. They're, not, right. they're justified in what they're doing. Yeah. But this who is, is he a, referring to? I mean, that's that's the danger of that because like there's a lot of that's a lot of different categories of people we're talking about. This is why I hate the oppressor oppressed lens because. Right. All of a sudden, it's justified as soon as they're, as soon as they're labeled oppressed. Yeah, I don't know that it is justified. Look, this is this is a Christian slave morality. Speaking up, mm -hmm. you can't Definitely. do bad things just because you're oppressed. That's your that's called your cross to bear. <laughs> got to suck it up. You got to make the best of what you got, even if it is, even if you are oppressed. Mm -hmm. Here, let's uh, back it up. Okay. Giving you what they weren't offered their no. own state, and that they said no, 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 no. So yes, no. if murderers no. and terrorists are going to keep killing you, and you keep saying, "Here, I'm giving Terrorist. you, I'm giving Terrorist. you what you want," it's <laughs> not good. That's not good. Yeah, yeah. You know that's that's why good. the uh, you know we're talking about like Christianity being the slave religion and all this stuff. Um. Which, by the way, I know if you don't know what we're talking about, it's going to sound really bad. And it's kind of too long to get into this clip. Um, but that's part of why, you know, Marx was like Christianity is the opiate of the masses. And religion is the opiate of the masses. Yeah, because he, he wanted the master morality to step up. Yeah, the dominant, the, you know, might makes right 
sort of uh, mentality to the crop up. So yeah. I'm giving you most of what you want, and you keep saying no, 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 no. Okay. Nobody on can earth, yourself can included, I, I would also it? allow themselves to keep being can killed I by them. Okay, so number one, 1937. At that point, Israel doesn't even exist. A bunch of people come over to Palestine and go, now, you guys, this is your land, but we're planning to take half of it. So why don't you just give us half? And then we'll go ahead and move out of your freaking houses. We own that land now. Oh, you didn't take it. Well, what a bunch of bad guys. I was gonna take your goddamn land, and I was gonna make you march, and then maybe die. Oh, you didn't take what generous offer that I gave you? 1948, I'm gonna take half your land. Give me your land, you you can stay, you get the hell out of here. I'm more important than you. Oh, you don't own your land anymore. Well, you didn't take it. Why didn't you take it? What a lovely deal I gave you where I only steal half your land. Okay, now you moved to later. Okay, wait, my understanding is that's not even remotely a fair representation of, of the issue. Cause I mean, I, my understanding, I could be wrong. My understanding was in the original 1948 deal, Anyone could live in the other country. You could be an Israeli, a Jewish Israeli person and live in the Arab Palestinian region or an Arab Palestinian living in the Jewish Israeli region. Like that was allowed. They weren't forcing anyone to leave and that you would have full rights of the country. But it was just like, this is where the country is going to be. Like, and you'll have to live under the government. Like, maybe you don't want to live under that government. But I don't believe in 1948, they're saying, no, 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 you have, like, could be wrong, but I don't think they were saying you had like only Jews were allowed to live in this area. Like that came after the war when they were attacked, that they were kind of, you know, more restrictive. There's a reason 20% of Israelis are Palestinian because yeah. it's a better economic system. It's a better place to live, right? Better legal system, better economic system. So I'm sure people who have the opportunity are saying, look, I'm going to immigrate there or they're born there and they're like, why would I go to the other point? Oh my God, it's it's fine here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so but I'm just saying, so his characterization to me, that's not my understanding of an accurate characterization of the situation right. either. And also, you know, when he says like, well, their land, you know, obviously there was a lot of Jewish people living there at the time. It was like 30% of the population was Jewish. Right. So it's not like they just said, oh, you know, we're just going to kick you all off your land because, you know, suck it up. Like, that's not really what was going on in the situation. I don't think that's a fair characterization. Obviously, the Palestinians should have 100%. And in retrospect, obviously, they shall, I assume everyone agree with this. In retrospect, the Palestinians should have 100% of accepted that deal. Like, if that deal was accepted, you know, this whole situation probably would never have occurred. But as we talked about, you know, in past shows, now, there was a difficulty with like who exactly is representing the Palestinians in 1948, because it wasn't like they had an official government that was like unified as one voice, the way that like the Jewish population was able to kind of uh, galvanize around like a singular like entity or body, because the, the Palestinians in the region didn't exist as a country that was independent. They existed as individual like cities or individual villages under the Ottoman Empire and then under the British. And then, so like a lot of the voices were not people representing the population. They were voices that were representing the surrounding uh, Arab countries who didn't want, they didn't want an independent Palestine. They just wanted to absorb the region for themselves. So right. not a fair characterization in 1948.
rounds, then it gets more complicated. Because then they come back in and they go, I'll give you 87% of your house back. But I had 100% of my house. And by the way, you're not even giving me the 50% you already took. You're giving me 87% of the other 50%. So there's no solution Okay, forever. hold on, hold on. But at this- Well, then even that's like, well, you know how sometimes you hear people on the left say, listen, it's not cancel culture, it's accountability culture. Your right. words have this is This is the argument he's making right now. Right, like, you know, you you know your your actions have consequences, right? Your words have consequences. Well, if you go to war and lose, <laughs> there's going to be a consequence to that, right? You know, and I I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, he's ma he's making the argument that Israel should have never taken the land. That's what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, there should never. Yeah. I understand that, but that's I don't agree with that state. I mean. I would agree with that statement in retrospect, right? But, you know, at the time... Well, they you know, went to war because Israel took the land, right? And Israel kicked their butts and the rest is history. Well, so you had the basically... Well, no, England took their land. Right, and gave, it, took to, their land. gave it to Israel. So, well, no, I mean, no like, England took their land and then it was such a hassle that they said, here, UN, you deal with this shit. And the UN... Uh, drew up the 1948. Was it orders. the UN or was it the League of Nations? The previous. It was the UN. This is this is this is when the UN existed. Okay. Um, and yeah, so this is like one of the I guess his early days of the UN. They draw up the borders, 1948 borders. Israel accepts that. Um, the surrounding Arab countries and whoever's representing the Palestinian people at the time don't accept that. Israel says, "Oh, you don't accept it? Well, too bad for you. We're just going to declare it Israel now," and they just did. Uh, and then the U and then the United States, like first country that recognizes them, and then the surrounding Arab countries go to war against um, Israel as soon as they, you know, as soon as they declare that they're a country. Yeah, they're going to take their land back. Right, well, didn't work out that well, way. Well, and also like, well, see, I don't even like using the word like take their land back because again, the surrounding Arab countries, it wasn't their land. They wanted the land, right? You know, Jordan wanted the West Bank to declare it for Jordan. You know, Egypt wanted to, to grab the south part of Israel slash Palestine to declare part of Egypt. Okay. Like so it wasn't it was, their land in the first So place. it was just a British colony. It Yeah, it was because it was just, an, so you had before the Brits had it, it wasn't a country. It was just the Ottoman Empire controlled a giant chunk of this region. Right. And all these independent cities and villages didn't identify as like Palestinians. They didn't identify... As part of this region, they just identified as well. We're part of the city that I live in, and we're Ottoman citizens. Like there was no, there was no country-based um, identification at that point. It's just like America. We just pulled up, and it was like, oh look, nobody's calling this a nation yet. Yeah, I mean, sort of. I mean, it's kind of what happened, right? Well, this is the argument that Jank is making. Jank is saying, look, you took the land. Made it into a country, colonizer. Yeah, but that's the the problem. And you know, I said this when we were talking aristocracy is that we, you know, are like we're in a world where liberal democracies are the dominant force. And if you are a liberal democracy, you can sit down and make an agreement with a liberal democracy, right? Um, and the UN, a highly bureaucratic um, entity needs another bureaucratic entity to interact with. And that right. was the big problem in 1948 was that like the Jews had a bureaucratic 
government system that they could interact with, and the Palestinians didn't have that at all. Yeah, the, this is why it's so important when the U.S. comes in and recognizes it. It's like yes. it gives it the sign of approval. Oh, look, another bureaucracy came in and said it was cool. So look, we did it. Yeah, exactly. That's the th exactly right. That's exactly the thing. So, seething cope. I mean, that's essentially what they say. How it's been fifty years though, right? It's been seventy years. Okay, so where we we came, we pulled up in America, decided to make it America. Right. Where were we at 70 years into it? I feel like we were still fighting about it. Uh, well, it depends where, where's the starting Maybe point. Maybe not. It Maybe depends not. what the starting point is. Like, is 1776 the starting point? Or like, because obviously there are, you know, uh, oh, you're European right. settlers fighting with Native Americans long before 1776. For like 100 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. The, yeah. And not only that, it was kind of culturally the norm to pull up and just take the land away from people who, I mean, master morality reigns supreme over the, over the various nations. Even though it was a Christian nation. Yeah. yeah took a while. Took a while. But yeah, no, well, yeah. Cause I think it's more like liberal principles that were like, mm, maybe we shouldn't be like doing this. Yeah. Cause maybe yeah, colonization about, was the norm back then. So Maybe we should think about the rights of the individual, there especially since we're taking all of their land and yeah. turning them into refugees. Right. Right. At the same time, well, do I wish 87%, 83, 97, whatever the goddamn number was that both sides took it? Yes, I wish they both took it. And I wish okay, Israel made good. a better offer, and I wish the Palestinians took a bad offer. So that's I, the solution so, then. Yes, ex exactly. Okay, but at well, this good. point, both Obama and Trump have said, Netanyahu doesn't want peace. He hasn't offered peace. He doesn't want peace. He wants permanent occupation. So for God's sake, fire Netanyahu. If it's a democracy, fire him. Because if you don't fire him, you're saying, yeah, I like what he's doing. I, we're going to occupy these poor people forever. In West Bank, there's no violence except by the settlers. On that, I still, totally agree. But they're On still that, occupied. Totally agree. But they're still occupied the because they like it. They and like the occupying that. were trying to remove Netanyahu, and then there was a horrific terrorist attack. They and brought him back like four times. Yeah, Look, yeah I, he's, he's, not, he's not a partner for peace. I agree with that 100%. He was funding Hamas to help make sure there was not peace that happens. That is true. But now we're in a reality that is now very hard to unwind unless some concrete solution is offered. Not just simply at telling one side we know the other side is terrorists and so we have orders. to just give it in no don't give it 67 but see but that's exactly what i said which is that bad the bad actions of hamas and other people is what creates the psychology in israel where people support someone like netanyahu or support the more uh nationalistic anti-palestinian um thought process because like if everyone if everyone was nice and peaceful you know i don't think i don't think you'd be having these uh these issues right if the palestinians didn't have like suicide bombing and all this other stuff that like i mean that really like fucks with your head right when you have people coming across your border and like blowing up school buses and blowing up like cafes and stuff with suicide bombing obviously that's going to make people like clamp down and become the unreasonable people, right? They're gonna say, well, there's unreasonable people attacking us. We need to become unreasonable ourselves. Yeah, that's exactly what's happened. So look, I say it all the time on the show. Sooner or later, someone's gotta put down the guns. Yeah. Sooner or later, somebody has to say, look, 
enough fighting. Let's be right. friends. Let's right. work this out. The Abram Accords seemed like a step in that direction. It seemed like people did want to move in that well, direction. Not, not for the, I mean, the Abram Accords didn't really help Palestinians at all. But. No, but... I, I mean, mean, I guess it helped, actually, you know, it helped prevent Israel from annexing the West Bank, but it didn't uh, well, help and them directly. It, all of these, all of these nations at one time or another have had a Israel must does has no right to exist yes. mentality. Yeah, the Abram Accords turn were a turn away from that. Right. So obviously, it would be much better if Palis, if Palestinians or Palestine or whatever you want to call it are are part of that, but. Got to get uh, okay. some other people to do it and talk them into it. Yeah. Seven borders and the occupation. Occupation is a core evil. And if you don't end the occupation, I would do it unilaterally. Here, 67 borders. Good luck. You guys are sovereign now. You can have your own police, military, do whatever you like. You cross over and then we come and obliterate you, okay? But it, it, look, that's exactly what happened, Jake. What is he what talking about? What do you mean? Well, look, he said. Listen to exactly what he said. They would do it unilaterally. Here, 67 borders. Good luck. You guys are sovereign now. You can have your own police, military, do whatever you like. You guys are sovereign now. You can have your own military. You can have your own police. Do whatever you like. You cross over and then we come and obliterate you. If you cross over, then we come over and obliterate you. That's they crossed what happened in Gaza. over Gaza. Yeah. Right, right, right. He's now yeah, he's, yeah. He's referring this to the West Bank. Yeah, but why is he, look, he's complaining about Gaza when he's, but basically that's the plan he just laid out. That's no, playing no, no. out right now. Right, right. And that's a good point. I'm just saying he, he's, but that's kind of the issue is the kind of the misstep in the, the mental process here is because he's saying like, yeah, that's what they should do with the West Bank. And then. Yeah, the, but that's fine. Why are you complaining about that's exactly what they're doing with Gaza? You, you, they're literally following your plan to a T. Right. Okay, but they made a peace deal with Egypt. Do a peace deal. It's not that complicated. Israel, you have got. I, I guess he would argue that the that they're an open air prison and they're subjugated. They because of the blockade they and yeah, all that. They never got their yes. Right. I think if they got their police force and military, it would have probably been a lot worse. But not to let him go. We all want to go to Israel. We want Israel to be a beautiful, safe place filled with loving people, which it, it, which it is. But we can't go and we can't root for you and we can't do any of these things. If you kill citizens at this enormous rate and never give any hope to those Palestinians and they go, huh, they should know that they're defeated. They should know that they are gonna stay occupied for the rest of time. Because so, so much of it, he's playing into like the, the dignity frame that we've spit on the dignity of the Palestinian people, or Israel has spit on the dignity of the Palestinian people. Mm -hmm. Right. So much of his framing involves that that kind of sentiment. Do you agree? Yeah. Because they're savages. Savages. They can't ever have peace. I mean, I don't. Who? I, I mean, I'm listening to a lot of coverage on this. I guess. Look. I guess maybe. Now, look, even on Fox News, I've heard them throw around the savages, monsters, but they're all talking about Hamas. They're not talking about the Palestinian people. Jenk is making the argument. Well, some that, people are, but not most people. Yeah. 
Well, look, I'm talking about the news media. I'm not hearing right, it in right, the news right. media. Like some Yahoo on Twitter, I'm sure he is. Like, oh, they're all, all Muslims are monsters, right? Right, right, yeah. But in, who, who is he? Jenk is making the argument that somebody is saying all the Palestinian people are monsters. And I'm not hearing that in the in the media, in the mainstream media. He, well, I think he's saying he thinks this is what the leadership of the, Israel is operating under this idea. Right. Hmm. They're always doing violence. We're going to occupy them for another 50 Again, years. Again, they're not occupied, and the savages are the leadership that is holding them hostage, the Palestinian people But you know what? Hostage. Israeli leadership are also savages. And at this point, they've been seven times as savage as Hamas, which if I'm an Israeli citizen, I'm sickened by that fact. The numbers are horrible and it's in self-defense and you know that's a difference. Self you know that's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. There was so much more to this story, we don't have time to get to it now, but I'll just- So let me ask you a question then. And I feel like people kind of like miss this in the moral calculation here, okay? So, you have one scenario where there's uh, five people in a room who are sitting there eating breakfast, okay, minding their own business, and you walk into the room and you and you pull out a gun and you shoot all five of those people, right? right. Is that a it's morally? Not, that's not cool. I said, is that a good action or a morally bad action? That's very bad. Easy, okay. hands down. That's easy. an easy okay. one. Yeah. Right. Okay. Here's scenario two. Right. Um, someone has developed a nuclear missile, a right. nuclear missile, okay? And they're mm -hmm. gonna fire it off uh, from this base. It's gonna shoot up and it's gonna land somewhere randomly in America and just set off a nuke, okay, on a random American city. Right. Unfortunately, this nuclear missile is underneath a nursery with 20 babies in it. Oh, 20 no. innocent babies asleep. Okay. 20 innocent sleeping babies. Right. I'm the incubators. only way, if you try to, because it's a hypothetical, if you try to disarm the nuke in any possible way, it will blow up where it is. Or actually, it won't blow up where it is. It will go off. It will get, it'll be, it will get launched. Okay. And do its nuke thing to some random place in America. Right. Mm -hmm. The only solution you have is to drop a bomb on the nursery to destroy the nuke, but would kill all the babies. Yeah, you gotta kill the babies, man. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible thing, but you gotta kill the babies. Right, and so obviously that's like a horrible, horrible situation to kill 20 innocent babies to potentially save a city in America from being nuked. Um, but that's why the morals of the situation are very different and seem very different. And I feel like when people have these conversations, they kind of like do this like move or they like do this jujitsu move where it's like, well, we pretend like it's just a one for one trade or we pretend like the intentions of the actions no longer matters, right? When obviously yeah. the intentions matter very much in the context of people dying matters much. It's not just like a numbers game. Yeah, they want to employ their proportional fairness intuition. They want to say, look, they right. killed 1,400 people. You got a cap you're killing at 1,400 people or it's unfair. Right, that's, yeah. Right. Exactly. When they're totally ignoring, well, we have an objective here. Yeah. And we're going to kill as many people as it takes to achieve that objective. An objective which 
you actually agree with. You don't agree with the way in which it's being done, but you agree with the objective. Of course they do. Yeah. Now, doesn't, now to be fair, that doesn't, to be clear, doesn't give them carte blanche to do whatever they want. We're saying like you have to enter that into the equation when you're thinking about these from like these moral perspectives is, yeah, what is the intention of the action? So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is why they told him to clear out. And look, I, I get it. They're yeah. basically, they're, it's an unthinkable ask. It's like you leave your home and all your stuff and, you know, go into a place that's probably dangerous and you don't know anyone. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I, it's horrible. It is definitely yeah. a horrible thing. Right. But uh, the bombs are going to go off here. Right. Yeah. It's it's so messed up. It is so messed up. One of the, I just I can't stand that people are making it out to be simple. Just yeah. it's so easy, so right. simple. Look, yeah. There's this. You you just employ the special forces and everyone survives. But there's just these evil evil people that just want to kill people indiscriminately. Right. That's a very uncomfortable world to live in. I mean, it I. Is. I I think it's I think it's better if we live in a world where, you know, people don't want to kill those twenty innocent babies. Yeah. But, so I get it. I'm fine with it. I'm just yeah. that it's people's moral intuitions. That should be their moral intuitions, but Well no, you know? I, I think it's better that we live in a world that people like in Jank's world, they're killing the innocent babies because that's really the objective. Oh, right, right, right. I understand. Instead of you know, they could call it the special forces and settle it the easy way, but they're really just angry and they hate these people and they're they're looking for an excuse to kill those people. Yeah. That's a scary world. <laughs> like that's that yeah. is the world of the Holocaust. Yes. Yeah. It is a scary world. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's just not accurate at all. It's a much you know? better world that the people are very, very upset and have massive trepidation about the fact that they're trying that they're dealing with a hospital situation and they don't want to kill innocent people. Right. They're, they're tortured by the fact that they don't know who the innocent people are and who the, who the bad guys are. And when I look out into the world, that's what I see. I do see people that are kind of torn up over the situation. Yep. So, all right, I think we're almost done. Just briefly summarize, as a reminder, not just are the the leadership of the Palestinian people in Gaza, the terrorist organization Hamas, they are backed by one of America's enemies, Iran, and they just again celebrated annually as they do the other day, the 1979 taking of Amer Americans hostage at the US embassy, and there were the chants, Death to America, death to Israel the, by the people that sponsor the suicide attackers and the terrorists in, in the Palestinian territories paid for by Iran. And who was speaking at that rally was one of the leaders of Hamas, the envoy of Hamas to Iran in his official office and official capacity. And those are the people that are funding, that people are siding with and acting as though just tell Israel to deal with it, deal with it. No, how about get the world community to stop funding terror and actually be a true partner for peace? So this time when it is offered, perhaps they will take the offer and not dwell in the past forever because everyone's past is very painful in this scenario. The only way forward is to move forward. Iran does fund Hamas. I despise the leadership of the Iranian government. They're mullahs and they would kill me in a second for being an apostate. I got no interest in them. 
But that doesn't mean that we should increase hostilities. Do get back into a peace. We had a peace deal with Iran. We had a peace deal, but the idiot Donald Trump took, pulled, us, pulled us out of it to start more conflict. And then, hey, look, uh, Iran, which funds Hamas, all of a sudden Hamas attacks because they're pissed. And by the way, screw them for chanting death to America. But nevertheless, understand where that came from because we did a coup of their democratically elected government. We, we got rid of them and we put in a Shah that stole all their natural resources and gave it to our corporations. Do you think they're chanting death to America out of nowhere just because must, they despise but us but for no reason? Native Americans don't chant death to America and we did all the exact same I things totally to agree, them. But that's why you have to have a peace deal, Mark, last word. Well, I just think that on the Iran thing, <laughs> he speaks. There he you speaks. Go. I love it. I love he it. speaks. Do you want to hear what Mark has to say? Sure, let's just... listen to the Mark. Oh, okay. It is that they hate the West, Jank. I mean, I don't know even that anybody chanting death to America in Iran right now is necessarily responding to what you've correctly pointed out was the uh, was the installation of the Shah and the removal of somebody who was democratically uh, elected. I also think we have to be a little careful about the rhetoric. We can get a little too caught up in the momentum and the rhetoric can deny certain facts. And even I noticed when you guys going back and forth, all of a sudden we're starting to say things. I know I'm not saying that they're indefensible, but I'm saying some of the rhetoric. Oh, they are indefensible. They are. Uh, is a contagion. And before you know it, uh, I'm seeing it on college campuses and I'm seeing the rise of anti-Semitism and uh, Ooh, a, a, an anti-Muslim sentiment that I think is response to a lot of the rhetoric that's around right now. Those, those are sort of some general comments, but, but wow, it's an ugly situation every which way. Guys, huge emotions here, as you can tell, and different perspectives. I did not notice that. Uh, but, but that's okay. As, as heated as things get and as upset as we get about the policies and the issues, we have to have the conversations so we can get to a better place. So I appreciate Ben for participating and, and being forceful with his perspective. I appreciate Mark for what he does. So let's come back and let's do it again. Does the, does the heated debate get us to a better place or is it calm and measured debate would get us to a better place? Um, I mean, I don't know if like, like one that specifically gets you to a better place than the other one. Because um, obviously the heated, like if, if this was a calm debate, we wouldn't have watched it. <laughs> right? That's like, I mean, that's like the the the, bar, the bad part of this. Um, but I don't think, I mean, I'm not sure the heated debate necessarily gets you there either. But I do give uh, Jank a lot of props for at least saying what he said at the end of the, the you know, that segment right there. Yeah, we got to get, so. got to find solutions to this stuff, obviously. Right. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad we I mean, it was definitely an interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess we're kind of entrenched in this until, until there's some kind of resolution. Hmm. Sucks. <laughs> it really sucks. And on that note, clip it, C2. Mm -hmm. Clip it. Clip it. Anything else? Um, just supers, I guess. Okay. okay. I'm gonna run to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> you run to the bathroom. Uh, Ed Wood Senior for Five says, "Could you riff on the term colonizer in the context of Israel? I thought a colony is an area different from, but associated with a mother country." Um. 
well, I mean, I don't know what the exact definition. My understanding of colonizer is what you're saying, is where you have uh, one country. I guess it's usually, yeah, one country, and there's usually distance. It's usually, I, I don't think it's usually refers to on your borders. One country sends its citizens to another area of the world that's somewhat, like, that's not attached directly. And the citizens, you know, live there and sort of claim that area of the country you know, as part of their homeland, uh, where what Israel is doing would be more, even with the West Bank, you wouldn't really call it colonizing, you would call it annexing, because that's really what's happening. And you might say, well, what's the difference? Why does it matter? Annexing another foreign country is so bad, but it kind of goes back into the whole calling it an apartheid, calling it open air prison. It's interesting, all these terms that they use are are all in that like leftist socialist framework of trying to get that energy of like evil white colonizer colonizing, you know, non-white uh, native person. And that's what all this language kind of revolves around. Because you're probably right, you know, using the word colonizer, even in the West Bank, doesn't really make sense. So that's a good point. Uh, Stug for $5 says Squidward, quote, uh, people talk loud when they want to sound smart, right? Jank, <laughs> correct. There you go. I mean, I think people just, you know, get angry. I think that's what's going on with Jank. You know, people get angry, they get heated, they get emotional. You know, I'm the same way. So I don't fault them for being loud. But uh, Orca for four months says, you guys have inspired me to eventually try to make content. Oh, well, that's awesome. Nice. However, like Sitch's face reveal, this could take a while. Love you all and praise for me. Praise Wormy. I love that. Wormy's been a Wormy has got a hankering for beef jerky now, which is not a good thing. Because you've been feeding him beef jerky because you're trying to get him fat. Well, no, he he's a little beggar now. He's always begging for my beef jerky. So you got to get some like cat friendly version that you can give him. I'll right. just give him some beef jerky. It's probably not good for him to eat that shit. Oh, it's definitely not. Yeah, so don't do it. <laughs> so don't do it. He won't go away. Get, I said you could get some kind of like cat-friendly beef jerky. He's got all kinds of cat treats, so. Okay. Yeah, but you have to have them ready when you have open your beef ready? jerky. That's a good idea. You know, have them ready. You have to treat, listen, you have to treat small pets like, like small children. Okay, you have to distract them. They come begging. You're like, oh, listen, you want this? Oh, oh, what's behind your ear? Oh, it's a treat. Look, it's a treat. Eat this instead. I don't want to touch the cat treats with my hands that I'm going to touch my beef jerky with, though. Why? Because it's gross. <laughs> it's like the, the cat treat, like not hygienic. Isn't it just like some like you don't want to eat it, but it's like just touching it. You're going to get the germs of the cat treat on you. Or is you you want the is Maybe. the flavor gonna get on your fingers? Is that the concern? Maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, use chopsticks. There you go. Excellent idea. Give him some shrimp or something. Uh, Libertarian Sasquatch for twenty dollars. Thank you. Says I served in Iraq and Afghanistan with the seventy fifth. Jank has watched way too many movies. Direct action raids take meticulous planning, super dangerous, and are incredibly limiting. Not to mention unrealistic in an urban setting. Yeah, I mean that's exactly my understanding of it as well. I think maybe that's the, that's the problem is that 
you know, people, uh, unfortunately, we kind of create myths of reality based off of like movies and television shows. So it's not good to perpetuate those. This is why. Right. I mean, it, it's easy to lead you to believe that Israel is evil and just wants to wants to intentionally genocide the Palestinian people. If you think, oh, they have this easy solution that they could totally do, but they're just not doing it. Yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, I have a very unusual and unique worldview that allows me to sort of accept like the fucked upness of the situation. Um, yeah, so do I. Right. And most people don't. And so it'd be like very emotionally difficult, if not impossible, for it could be for someone like Jank to just say, like, okay, well, I acknowledge that the special forces thing is not possible. And I acknowledge that this is just like a horrible, wicked tragedy that has no actual solution to, you know, and just, you know, so there's going to be like shit tons of people are just going to, innocent people are just going to die. That's been our position all along. Um, right. But I just think I, most people don't, won't accept that. Um, and I'm empathetic to the people that won't accept that, but I, I don't, I, it's just the reality of the situation. I feel I sad for the people who can't, who are being just in gut wrenching torture over this. It is torturous. Yeah. Right. Uh, Fondue Friday says, it's like how the bully gets a slap on the wrist, but the good kid gets the book thrown at him for getting in a fight. Exactly. That's exactly it. The unreasonable bully. Yeah. Uh, Demon Bunny for 16 months says the Israel-Gaza situation is like the U.S. dropping the nuke on Japan. It's terrible, but the alternatives are worse. Yeah, that's exactly, you know, it's funny because when I had my conversation with my parents about this, I even brought that up too. Because that's kind of the same way that I look at it. As it's like, yeah, you have this really kind of fucked up situation where, you know, U.S. killed all these civilians, but the alternative was worse and you had to stop Japan. And you had to stop them quickly. So what is the alternative? Uh, Orca for five dollars says S class is winning me over these days. We have Wormy though, so A team reigns supreme. Woo! Uh, P.S. Shout out to my super smart uh, optometrist, optometrist friend Parker. Well, there you go. Shout out to Parker, the optometrist. Sweet, I love optometrists. Uh, Rockley for two dollars says watch Sunday versus Destiny versus Hamasabi versus Willie Mac. Uh, was there some Destiny President Sunday conversation recently on the Israel situation? I'm sure it's very awful. Could be but cool. I, I'll check it out. Uh, Rex Vectum for three months says they should have a kid's table with tiny chairs in Congress that people get sent to for acting stupid like this. <laughs> Yes, I like that. That's funny. That's good. Um, the real Holtonator for $2 says, no, don't actually bring back dueling. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Thank you. Uh, do, do, do. Dr. Dealer for $2 says, the fight in, con in Congress reminds me of Southern hospitality. Like the movie Southern hospitality? The TV show. I haven't seen those. 
or just a phrase? Yeah, I don't know. Southern hospitality? I've heard of Southern hospitality. That's uh, when you let your guests be racist, right? Wow, how dare you? <laughs> Look, every uh, time I bring up living in the South, the chat just is super bent. And I understand it because we don't have a large racist contingent contingent in our audience. We do have a lot of right wingers. Right. And since they're non racist right wingers, they don't they want to believe no one on the right is racist. Which is great, right? Sure. I don't the think political it's cartoon Southern hospitality. Oh. I don't think it's true, but I'm unfamiliar. I think there's a lot of racists all around us. Uh I mean there's some. I don't think it's as much as you know, the left kind of pushes, but Equal Shadok says, Alabama is a great place, Adam. Yes, but it's an open air prison. Right. Have you been to the open air prison of Alabama? I have not. Actually, that's not true. I've been to Alabama. Their beaches are awful. I've been to Alabama yeah. a bunch of times. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, are you, when you say, are you talking about the, there's that famous political cartoon? called Southern Chivalry. And it's like of like the fight that Adam was talking about with like the guy who was like caning someone in Congress. <laughs> I think that, that yeah, that kind of reminds me of that. It says Southern Chivalry argument versus clubs. <laughs> the club when being it, the cane. When is the Civil War over? Do you mean the new Civil War? The Civil War that we're in now. Well, it's not going to happen. So when When is it over? It already ended because it didn't start. When, If it does start, when will it be over? Right. I'm asking you. Um, I don't know. Why? How would I know the answer to that question? I told you the answer. What's the answer? 2033. Oh, okay. Why, why arbitrary you date. You just said <laughs> arbitrary. It's not arbitrary. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not arbitrary. What month? Do you have a month? Do we have it on a Wednesday? Well, first of all, 2033 March is 3rd. A, 2033 is a guesstimation. Right. Is an estimation. Mm -hmm. It's it could be as it could be as early as 2030. Okay. It could be That's as good. late as 2033. I hope we upon. I hope we go for 2030, right? Less is better, right? 7 yeah, years seven years. 10 years. Yeah, yeah. sure. Seven years of open civil war in America. That's, that's a lot. I hope we see the cage match between that senator and the the witness. I right. hope that's part of the civil war. Right. Come on, it's uh, for charity. There you go. The real halcinator for five dollars says, "What's the largest piece of beef you've eaten?" For me, it was a twenty-eight ounce prime rib. There's a your mom joke in there too. I mean, I'm gonna be real. I I don't. That's not that's not a thing I've ever kept track of, so I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, what's a? Do you know what was like the biggest? I, piece I have no idea. Piece? Yeah, like there's some steak that is so big, and you're like, "Oh, that's so delicious! I'm going to eat it all." I've eaten wagyu beef. Wagyu is funny. The first time I ate wagyu, it was to die for. Mm -hmm. It was just amazing. 
But every time I've eaten it since, I'm like, what happened? Are you this sure? This was so delicious. Like the same restaurant or is it a different place? Different place. And the it was a friend of mine gave me a Wagyu steak that he bought from this special place. That he was mm -hmm. like, oh, this is this is the place that has the Wagyu beef. So, and I've only eaten it since at some restaurant, you know, it's on the menu. And I think, oh, look, I'm going to get, I have had Wagyu. It was delicious. Well, I can tell you why. So your friend probably actually had a Wagyu. Wagyu. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. there's a problem in America, which I don't know why. Well, I do know why, but it's a stupid reason. In America, uh, land of the free, home of the brave, we do not recognize the foreign trademark of foods from foreign countries specifically. <laughs> um, and so right. if you're in a restaurant and they have Wagyu beef, it's like 99% of the time, not Wagyu beef. Right. It's trademarked Wagyu. It's not. Yeah. No, it's just made up. It's fake. It's not really Wagyu beef. Right. It's the same thing with like, if you see Kobe beef, unless it has a little like TM or whatever, it's probably not really Kobe beef, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So... So I've only had Wagyu beef probably once. Probably, yeah. The other ones were yeah. probably like fake. So. That's kind of what I suspected. I kind of worked yeah. that out in my head. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Yeah, it's just, it's yeah. the difference is immense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can still taste that Wagyu beef in my head. That steak, my friend. What did it taste me. like? What was like so unique about it? Well, first of all, it was just, it was so tender. Mm, it just okay. like melted in your mouth. Oh, so good. And it was very, very flavorful. Yeah. Okay, cool. I don't know that I could describe it. It was just a, such a delicious taste. Yeah. I don't, th I don't think I've ever had like Wagyu beef or Kobe beef or, uh, I've never had any of those like special food items that are supposed to be so good. So, yeah, sadly. Mm. Um, in terms of biggest meat, I still don't know. I've, I mean, there's some places I've gone to where they had like these giant prime rib things. I, I don't know what the, the ounceage of it was. So, but anyway. Mm. A real whole thing for another $5 says, let's be fair. I could go on prawn hub and watch people humiliate themselves for free. <laughs> that is true. That is true. PC for $5 says, it isn't fair to compare just a fork to a chopstick. You need at least to let the fork and knife team up for a reasonable challenge. I don't agree. I think just a fork on its own is superior than chopsticks. One fork is a superior utensil than two chopsticks. Okay. Hmm. I stand by that statement. Really? Because with with a fork, if you can cut things with a fork, if it's not like super tough, like if you're eating your, okay, if you get your Kung Pao chicken or your orange chicken or whatever the hell you get from, from, uh, from Pan Express, what do you, what do you get from Pan Express usually? Me? Yeah. I like the Kung Pao chicken. Right. If you get your Kung Pao chicken from Pan Express. You can it's it's usually tender enough that you can cut the chicken with the fork if it's too big a piece. Sure. Okay, so you can't do that with the chopsticks. There's no way to cut something with a chopstick. You 
you bite it in half. Eat it sandwich. That's not cut that cutting. That's you doing a, a social faux pas, which is to bring food to your mouth, only bite a piece of it off, and then hold the rest of it in the utensil. Which is generally not which is generally frowned upon in, in polite American company. No, you can do that with okay. Chinese food. Well, if you're you using chopsticks, read... you have to do that, right? Yeah. Because you're using a chopstick. If you weren't using a chopstick, if you were using a fork or a fork and a knife, you wouldn't have to do that. You can't really use the fork in your Panda Express styrofoam box. I mean... Well, put it on a plate. You should be eating out of styrofoam anyway, Adam. Come on. <laughs> Look, the chopsticks are perfect for eating out of the styrofoam. That's true. There you go. You haven't seen the Axios art, uh, article on Trump, have you? Uh, what's the topic? How Trump is basically interviewing loyalists so he can replace a substantial portion of the federal government with these people that will do whatever he wants. I have heard, I didn't read that article, but I have heard this a bunch, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I believe it's true. I believe we've it's postulated true. on the show. Mm -hmm. That's why when the article came out, I was like, yep, nailed it. There you go. Can you imagine? He's like, last time around, Bill Barr kept telling me no. <laughs> I didn't like that. I need someone right? that's going to tell me yes. Yeah, exactly. I've seen, they watched that movie, uh, was it Yes Man? That's exactly what's going on here. I want Jim Carrey. <laughs> Can you get me Jim Carrey? That's what Trump is doing. Sir, Jim Carrey hates your guts. I don't care. Get me the yes man version of Jim Carrey. I want 400 Jim Carreys, and I'm right. going to replace everyone I see. That's also when he did the meeting that we covered, the January 6th meeting, and he said to the guy, you're not going to... You're not going to fire him, right? And the guy says, well, look, I can't fire him. You can. I think Trump, like the light bulb went off. Oh, I can fire anyone. Mm -hmm. So now he's bringing all these people in. He's like, I know where I messed up. There you go. Um, Sitch. Oh, Kevin Spragu for $10 says, Sitch, thank you. Sitch, it is inappropriate to teach my niece and her friends how to pickpocket. Oh, is it inappropriate to teach my niece and her friends how to pickpocket and do card tricks while under my care? Well, I would say, yes, you can teach them to do card tricks. No, you should not teach them to pickpocket. Okay, that is inappropriate, yes. Inappropriate. Do not teach your, your nieces and nephews to rob people, okay? Well, what if they're oppressed? No. Is it okay for them to pickpocket their oppressors? No. No pickpocketing, all right? God, it's just, it's a respect for the rule of law that's so important, isn't it? That's why so many of these countries are shitholes. Right. Because they have a population that has no respect for law. True. Uh, Mr. Ubercross, thank you for the 10 gifted memberships. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Um, the real Holtonator for $2 says plastic wooden forks exist too, Adam. There you go. Yeah, they're ter terrible. Look, uh, tell me 
at least tell me since you'd take chopsticks over one of those plastic <laughs> forks. Over what? One of those plastic forks that they they are No, of course not. You take you know one those of those like, plastic forks that bend, you can barely cut. You can't really cut anything with them. Yeah, you know those like terrible plastic forks or sporks that you get at like a cafeteria in school? Yeah. Yeah, you would. Um, did you ever do the thing? Oh, did you ever play the spoon game? We'll talk about spoon game in a second. I would take one of those terrible plastic sporks, those garbage plastic bendy sporks in a, lunch, in a school lunchroom over chopsticks. I'll take every utensil and every derivation of a fork or spork over a chopstick. Now you're just being irrational. I'm not. Chopsticks are the worst. Listen, you witnessed me attempt to eat with chopsticks. It you doesn't work. It's, it's terrible. It's you the worst fine. thing ever. They're awful. They're stupid. I thought you did pretty good. Did you ever play? Did you ever play the spoon game? Can I bring the picture up of you eating with the chopsticks? No. Don't don't dox me. Don't do the face reveal. Okay. You can bring it up after I do the face reveal. How about that? Okay. Did you play the spoon game? The spoon game. Yeah. That's where you magnetize yourself and stick the spoon to your arm. What? What's the spoon game? Wait, is that a thing? <laughs> is this how you get free Wi-Fi with your COVID vaccine? Like, what are you talking about? Supposedly the the COVID vaccine has magnets oh, okay. in it. Right, right, but right. Once right, you right. get vaccinated, you can stick a spoon to your arm. The spoon game that we played, I don't know if this, I'm assuming this is like exists in other schools where you would get the little plastic spoons um, or sporks in the, the school lunchroom. And the thing was like, you know, like the tops were like kind of bendy. So you can bend them without breaking them. So you would bend the, um, the handle part down to make it like a little like a little corner a little corner right. piece like a curve down and then you would one person would hold their spoon out and you would try to you would like bend your spoon back and you'd flick it really hard with the goal of breaking the spoon part of the other person's spoon and we the goal is play that with pencils how do you play that with a pencil where you try to break you you try to break one another's pencil but the pencils the don't pencil. bend. They just break. What do you mean? Well, you would hold the pencil yeah. in your hand, put your pencil up for breakage, and then someone would take their pencil, but they'd pull their pencil back way far and then smack. Oh, they try to smack it? Okay. Yeah. Right. And you'd yeah, but then, go you, back then, you don't have, then you're out of pencil, and, though. You'd go back and forth until the pencil broke. Okay. And whoever broke the pencil first was the champion. But it seems well, similar to that. You're just playing with is, spoons. Yeah, we're doing it with spoons. Well, see, we were doing it better because you actually need your pencil. This mm -hmm. was with like throwaway utensils that you didn't need. These are plastic spoons? <laughs> yes. Okay. They're like little plastic spoons you'd get in the lunchroom. We would do this with metal spoons. Plastic is for babies. You cannot break a metal spoon this way. Okay. That is like impossible. <laughs> you do not, I don't know if you know this, Adam. You don't actually have super strength. Okay, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here. You never played the pencil game? No. Oh man. We play this. I said we did it with the plastic spoon. No. Kids today, they have to play it with iPads. Only they're they're playing it against each other on the iPad. They're not actually destroying anything. So it's like a virtual I know. They're actually gonna destroy their thousand dollar plus iPad.
Okay. Are we done with super chats? No. Look, we've had J -Mac, a day our today. surrogate father, thanks so much for being 19 months outside the simulation. What's it like out there? Oh, can you see the world. Matrix? Can you see, see the squiddies? You can, yeah. Says, talk about crabs. Oh, yes. Did you watch that video? I didn't watch that video yet, no. Oh, it's so good. It's good. That's the 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 YouTuber that J Mac recommended that we watch. Yeah, look, I'll put it in the chat. You guys can watch it too. It's a great video. Basically, talks about a bunch of different crabs, land, land crabs that live their lives on land, hermit crabs, all different kinds kinds From of crabs. From the YouTuber Zafrank. And yeah. It's called True Facts: Incredible Crab Stories. It is kind of in the same vein. I think the original of that was the the honey badger, right? Someone narrating something that is very wild. What was that old show, Wild Kingdom? Well, very, you know, they the had honey badger very... meme was was not narrated by an official. That was just like a guy like doing yeah. a funny internet meme. Yes, but the, this has the same kind of narration style where it's just like comedy. It's like trying oh, okay. to make you laugh. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what's that's what's so cool about it. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's totally hilarious. Are the are the crab is it is he saying like true things too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's all accurate things about the Well, I'm assuming it is. I mean, I didn't do a deep dive into checking his sources, but he did he does thank the people who did the actual footage and the scientific study of the crabs at the end of the video. He's like, look, this wouldn't have been possible without them. But I do like that. Those, like Wild Kingdom, I think was one of the shows. I feel mm -hmm. like there's more, but I just, I don't know what they are. Those animal shows, like animal Oh my God, there's like, shows. I'm kind of scrubbing through this video. Mm -hmm. There's like this little... There's like these like teeny tiny little crabs. There's like millions of these little crabs. Yeah, you can't even walk without crabs. like crushing them. Yeah, little tiny oh. baby crabs. Yeah. It's weird. Like my mom says that when she was a child, um, she lived in the same city uh that I live in now. That was a different area. Like they would have this like crab season where they just have like thousands of crabs with like walk all over everything. And I've this never is seen Christmas it. Island. Is where and those I, crabs are. Oh, okay. And I've never seen that. So I don't know if all those crabs got like annihilated or something, or it just it still happens, but just not where I've ever been, you know, my part of the city. Yeah, they go along with a leaf blower to blow them off the road so they don't get like annihilated. Yeah, so they don't get splatted. They should just eat them. Crabs pick them up, are delicious. Pick them up raw and just go. I mean, you can't do that because you would die, but. Yeah, Crab Show. Crab Show would kill me, but. Uh, J-Mac for $5 says it's accurate. He partners with educational institutions. Well, there you go. Yeah, I just, I like this idea that some guy made this honey badger video and the world realized, why are we being so serious with these documentaries about animals? These could be hilarious. Let's throw some dick jokes in here. <laughs> there you go. Right? Hey, look, he's. I think he's got two or three solid dick jokes in that, in that video. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, it's hilarious. It's it's so it's very funny. I want to learn, but I want to laugh at the same time, Sitch. Why is the world so serious? Why does education have to be boring? It should be fun. Uh, did you read PC's Discipline Equals Freedom for 14 months? I was trying yeah. to come around to Brianna, but I can't abide this. Chopsticks. Chopsticks are inferior language. They offer so much utility and you only need one hand. No! Brianna was correct. That was the best take she had the entire stream, even though she's pro chopstick. Chopsticks are inferior. True. You only need one hand to use a fork. What? Why are you using a fork? Two hands yeah, and a fork. That, that's, exact, that's exactly what I said. Oh, okay. I'm confused by that one. <laughs> I know. Very confused. I said that. the same thing. Right. I was like, what? He's got a two hand. Double fisting your fork? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Are you, are you using it to kill a vampire? <laughs> uh, did you read the one for that two real Holtonator about how to defeat the left that was oriented tactic? No. Real Holtonator for $10 says, look, I'm sorry, but can you please lay out how centrist and liberals plan to defeat the left without resorting to their tactics? It would help my mental health a lot. Well, their tactics, using their tactics won't solve the problem because that just shows that the tactics work. So even if you, quote, defeat the leftists, you'll just recreate another version of them that uses the same tactics because the tactics are part of the problem. You know, calling everyone racist, sexist, the, you know, using these tactical lenses of oppression, blah, 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 blah. So that won't actually solve the problem at all. Um, the way, I mean, I, I think the way it gets defeated is everyone just gets fucking sick of it, which is happening. Isn't the problem the tactics and, though? Well, hold on a second. The way is, is number one, the way to defeat it is that either A, you have a very woke politician who gets fucking annihilated by the Republicans. B, and this actually, you know, and I think this is what's what's happening a lot when we were talking to IRI. It's kind of, I noticed this, and this happened with Trump. People really need, when it comes to like tribalism and team playing, people really need alternatives. Okay. And if you, re, it was very interesting. I don't know if you remember, like there's all these people that were like, you know, really, 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 really support Trump. And then when an alternative sort of like creeped up, there was still a diehard contingent of people that support Trump. But as soon as like DeSantis kind of seemed like an alternative, there was a lot of people who very quickly jumped ship. Yeah. As soon as an alternative presented themselves. Which now that great. energy has kind of gone away because people think DeSantis will fail. So that's a, but that's a different issue. My point is when it comes to this like team playing, like look, like look at it this way. And I was trying to explain this to my dad because he's very like anti-Republicans. Um, and I was saying, like, there's a lot did of people. Did you tell him you are a Republican? I did tell him that, yeah. You should tell him that just to see what happens. There you go. Go down. Um, look, you're talking yeah, a lot of smack about the Republicans, and I just want you to know something. I'm coming out of the closet. I am Republican. Yeah. Um, I said, like. Tell you know, him I'm like a Republican. I am technically Republican right now. There you go. That's true. You have a lot of people that will that are Republicans or will vote for Trump. And same is true for the Democrats. A lot of people that vote for Biden or, or Democrats or whatever. Um, and they'll do that forever because the alternative in their mind is worse. You know, and there's this like the right has coined this meme blue no matter who. Yes. 
which is true for a lot of people, but they're very stupid if they don't acknowledge that but they are the reason the Republican <laughs> Party's in the position that it's in is because Republican voters were vote red no matter who too. Yes. Like all the horrible, and this was kind of weird when I hear people like a lot of the right-wing populist people, and they complain about things. I'm like, you realize it was literally non-populist right-wing economic policies that created the entire environment that you're complaining about. Like that's what's kind of funny about it. It's like you have left-wing social policies and right-wing economic policies created this fucking disaster soup when it seems like everyone wants to go to left-wing liberal, not socialist, left-wing liberals, economic policies and right-wing social policies of like the 50s. But that's a whole other story. Um, so I'm like, yes. So, and that's because like the reason, part of the reason that Trump was so popular, even though he wasn't a neocon, is that he was the alternative. As soon as a viable alternative like exists, people will flock to them. Um, well, before they'll make a million excuses. People used to make a million excuses for George W. Bush or you know right wing neoconservative movements and right right wing neoconservative candidates. And as soon as Trump existed, like the attitude shifted almost overnight. To, oh yeah, the neoconservatives suck. Right. As soon as that alternative exists, who's not a Democrat, as long as that non Democrat alternative exists, they'll people will just like fucking seem like they just come out of a fucking stupor. Right. They wake up because they still look at it through the tribal lens of like, well, I can't go against the neocons because then I'm like a Democrat and the Democrats suck. And I think. You were saying this a lot with IRI. So I'm intuiting this. This is my intuition for IRI. Um, and, and sort of that mentality is that you're seeing that with the Democrats when it comes to like the leftists and, and the woke left is that a lot of people are going to exist in this fugue state of these people don't matter. We shouldn't talk to these people, downplay these people until the alternative exists. When the charismatic left-wing candidate who shits on wokeness comes out, you know, I think you're going to see all of a sudden a bunch of people like, oh, yeah, I fucking hate wokeness. Woke like they're going to be like, oh, I've always hated wokeness. Like you're going to see like suddenly like a huge amount of people are just going to be like, oh, yeah, that's terrible. It's like, well, where the fuck were you guys like the last 10 years? <laughs> so unfortunately, I just think that's sort of the reality of the way the psychology of all this works. They were making fun of the right and going, look, it's between wokeness and fascism. I'll take wokeness. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. It. That's a good way of putting it. That's how they, they think about it. But are they ever going to accept that the right isn't inherently fascist? I don't know. I feel like they've no, gaslighted that's a different, themselves that's a different into. <laughs> I feel like they've well, gaslighted themselves into thinking that the right is is categorically fascist, inseparable from fascism. Voting for anyone on the right is akin to fascism. So this is what you're going to see, and this will be very interesting too, to sort of defeating wokeness. Because you're right, a lot of it is like wokeness versus fascism. People, most people on the left will choose wokeness over fascism. Um, like in a theoretical world where Trump loses, well, I think this is why they also deny that woke woke is even bad or a thing. Is because they're like, well, it's I have to live with it. So because the alternative is worse. Yeah, no, yeah, completely correct. Yeah. Um, so in a theoretical future, say Trump loses the election, you know, he's kind of like removed from politics. Um, going forward. The Democrats and the media will do a thing where they will try to say that whoever the new candidate is is like just as bad as Trump. Oh, it's Trump 2.0, oh, Trump yeah. 3.0. They're gonna they're gonna do that move, right? Of course. Um, but it's not gonna work. 
It's not going to work. Trump is a singular figure. Well, unless there is some actual Trump 2.0, but I don't believe there will be. I think Trump is kind of a singular figure who has a very specific type of energy to him that I don't think will be replicated again, at least in my lifetime, or at least for a very, very long time. Um, and so, and I think while you'll, so you'll hear pundits say all this shit, you'll hear all the pundits say, oh, it's Trump 2.0, blah, blah, blah. The people, the voting base won't actually believe it. They won't actually believe it. So. Well, according to generations theory, the next president is going to be like Lincoln or FDR or. So, I, I mean. Do you see any of the candidates out there that are Lincoln? I know no, we, Tim no. Scott was pretty close, but <laughs> it's funny just even imagining it. Now, who is the who is the closest personality type to Lincoln? To Lincoln or FDR? Currently, and in, in our politics, I don't know. I have no answer to that question. Of of the people who could potentially be president of the United I States, I have no clue. None of them. I don't know. I have no clue. Really? I mean, um, look, it's a simple question. Okay. I don't have an answer. They, they, all of the candidates could be a gazillion miles away in your mind. You have yeah, to pick the one. When you that say is like, closest. what, like when you say like, well, yeah, but that's what you say when you say close, like, I don't know what, what is Lincoln? Like, what does that even mean? What is what, Lincoln? What is, okay. So that's a good question. What is FDR to you? What is FDR? What is the defining person, personality characteristics of FDR? The most based president that ever lived at, obviously. Yeah, but what does that mean? Look, nobody knows what, what you mean by based. That's the, that's the meme. Based I'm, how? I'm never going to explain it, right? I'm just gonna based how? Because he like cheated on his wife three times yes. a week. He had a new yes. hussy every... Listen, he didn't he let being in a wheelchair slow of... him down from fucking other women. Okay? He had a new hot piece of tail every night. I mean, his wife was not a looker. I don't know if you've seen Eleanor. Okay. Look, yeah, look, I've heard FDR slept with over a thousand women. So wow. is that the based part? That's, about I mean, him, that's pretty is... based, right? So who is closest to that FDR? I don't though? know the answer to this question. <laughs> is it Tim Scott? No. Who may or may not have ever slept with a woman in his well, okay. entire life? Well, okay, let me let me say I'll answer this question, but why I think it's kind of a silly question. Um, like obviously if like policy wise, Biden would be the closest, though he's still like fairly far off. <laughs> right? But wait, wait, hold on. Before you fucking laugh, okay. <laughs> Too late. I'm already look. I'm laughing. And well, pointing. no, I'm, I'm gonna say this is why I said I think this is a silly, silly thing. Wait, I don't even know how you could laugh at that. Obviously, from an economic policy wise, you have to literally agree with that. That Biden would be the closest to FDR. They're both at least on the spectrum of left wing policies. Theoretically, are they not? So how I don't know how you could even laugh at that. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. How can you disagree with that? Literally, how can you disagree with that? Why well, I, 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 I didn't really ask policy-wise. Well, asked, that's like, why I was trying to answer, but you interrupted me to try to mock my answer. Okay. So that's why I said, number if we're just talking about policies, obviously the answer is Biden. However, was, was however, ever, if we're talking about attitude, okay, attitude, well, actually, just not even attitude. There's one element of FDR's personality that Donald Trump has more than any other of the candidates, which is the, I will try to do whatever the fuck I want attitude. 
regardless of what the law says. Because FDR yeah. did have that attitude, right? He did. He definitely had that attitude. But then obviously FDR, I would argue, was tempered by a much better attitude of like the good of the country. <laughs> was he? Donald Trump. Yes. Every, look, everything, everything I've read about FDR was mm. he was boxed in by the institute, the institutional constraints. But it wasn't just, oh, my love of the country. It was when he tried to do his court packing scheme, people rebelled. The institutions, institutional constraints. No, 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 no. What I'm saying, yeah, but I'm saying is like, that, that's, you're, no, what I'm saying is that I'm assuming here that FDR is like, when he's packing the court to, to push the policy he wants to push, it's a policy he thinks is for the betterment of the country, right? You don't think Trump thinks his policies are for the betterment of the country? I think that the, the very egregious things that Trump does, where he says, I'm just going to do whatever I want, are for himself and not for the betterment of the country. That's not the primary goal. I think his primary goal is himself and his legacy. I which do, I assume you agree with. Yes, I definitely agree with. Okay. I, I agree Trump does do things that are for himself, that are selfish and for his legacy. But I also think he does... He has done policies that he think will be good for the people because that will be good for his legacy. Sure, I don't help him get reelected. Yeah, right. But that's not in I'm the same way that primary. in the same way that FDR did. Right, but so that's why I'm saying your question to me is silly because if you were to take FDR or Lincoln, you could and like put them into a bunch like a pie. You could take a bunch of elements of who they are and you could assign them to a bunch of different candidates. I don't know. There's not one that I would say is like clearly the. The closest thing. Well, but anyway, look, I know. Let's finish the. <laughs> okay. The reason I find it interesting is because if generations theory is correct, which look, I don't know. I I know that I'm going to be alive for the next ten years. So, in twenty thirty three, we can both go. Oh, that was funny. Of course, it never came true. We can go. Wow, it totally did come true. I just, I, according to generations theory, the next president of the United States is going to be a transformative figure in the same way that FDR and Lincoln were. And temperamentally, I'm looking at the, the candidates for the next FDR and Lincoln. And I'm thinking, well, who, who could be that, who would be that historical figure? Okay, I understood. You're, that's why I I understood why you. That's why you were asking the question. So. You're saying nobody though. I'm saying nobody. You don't think it could? Even be... if Trump wins, I don't. It's not going to be trans. Well, the only transformation that would occur if Trump wins is probably be towards negative transformations, right? I don't think it's going to be a positive transformation if, if Trump wins because I think he's going to spend a lot of his candidacy going after Democrats and trying to arrest them. Oh, he's going to go after. He's going to. There's going to be a lot of revenge. Yeah, which is not a positive transformation for the country. Okay. Anyway, it, it depends. I mean, okay, I don't think. It look, depends. if it gets look, let's say we get a lot of a lot of revenge, a lot of people, a lot of indictments, a lot of people being brought up on charges, a lot of Democrats being, you know, it's like yeah. the McCarthy era. A lot of Democrats yeah. being dragged in and made uncomfortable in front of Congress. Right. But he passes universal health care and UBI and like a million well, that's other. That's not going to fucking happen. 
Look, it's a hypothetical. Sitch. Okay. I am laying out a hypothetical. Yeah, sure. If that happens, then yeah, great. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> okay, good, good for Trump. He's gonna he's gonna arrest Hillary Clinton and Obama and Biden, but we're gonna get UBI out of the deal. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. But I'm would on that, board. Would that be would that be a a president that would be like a Lincoln or an FDR that people would look back and go, wow, that was some crazy shit. I don't think it'd be I don't think it'd be an FDR or Lincoln. I think they look back at it and say, wow, that was some crazy shit. We somehow got UBI and the jailing of political opponents that didn't deserve it. <laughs> well, look, some of these bitches do deserve it. I don't know what you're talking oh. about. Okay. Look, if, sure Nancy, them, Pelo yeah. if Nancy right. Pelosi gets thrown in jail for insider trading, are you going to shed a tear? No, but you can't retroactively have a law like that, right? Look, you, you could enact a law. Looks, let's say on day one, he's like, no more insider trading. And okay. that's his plan. His plan that's is, good. look. I'm a, I'm a favor. And if she does it after of, then, then throw her, then lock her up. So this is Trump's plan. He's like, day one, uh, executive order, no more insider trading. You guys got 30 days to get to sell your stocks. Knowing that these greedy motherfuckers right. are going to hang on to their stocks. And then 30 days in, he starts you know, making indictments. That's fine. He's like, look, you didn't That's sell based. your stock. Yeah, good, good. Time to throw like your that. ass in jail. It's a good policy. Look, so now yeah, you're in favor please, of that policy. Can we please move on? I want to read the rest of these super chats. And this conversation is like killing me. It's killing my soul. Why? Because it's silly. It's a silly conversation. Look, this is so... <laughs> every every single person is like... Gonna look, they're gonna blame you for TDS, just not wanting to admit that that no, would be super no, no, based. No, 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 no. That's not okay. I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not gonna say why this conversation is coming my soul, but I'll tell you off stream why this conversation it's not, has nothing to do with what you're thinking of or what the chat oh, okay. is. Okay, you're just tired, you gotta go. Okay, we no, can, it has look, nothing let's to do finish with up. The creature formerly known as Sprout for two months says, Clip it, CT. Thank you. Don't clip that. <laughs> Thank you for all the hard work and thank you for all the great fans that help make this community so special. A team, but only for Corn Adam. There you go. Nice. The Holtonator for $5. Thank you. The Holtonator gave a bunch today. It says, so then I think if liberalism, um, I think if liberalism is to survive, Adam must abandon UBI since that will create more leftists if it becomes public policy. Why? Look, I don't understand this whole idea that you guys think we're at war with the leftists and that they're going away. No, they're not. They're not going anywhere. They can. They continue to. They'll be a problem forever. Well, wait, 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 wait. Pause. I don't even. I don't buy the premise. Why would UBI create more leftists? Yeah, I mean a big, a big reason uh, that you know they had a lot of these social security and social safety net programs that. FDR put in place was to gatekeep socialism and yep. it worked. So I don't know why. And, and you know, what IRI was saying is true to a degree, which I agree with, which is that people having bad material conditions does allow them to fall prey easier to extreme revolutionary ideologies like socialism, like socialism. And so I don't agree. I would say the exact opposite. You know, when you have UBI and other things like that, I think it's going to hurt socialism because then people won't be like, well, do I really want to tear down society when I'm getting my, you know, nice UBI check in the government? 
you know, yeah. once a month. So I don't agree. And all my six kids are all getting a UBI check. Um, let's see. Look, I, I, UBI is inevitable. I don't know that it's possible at the moment, to be honest with yeah, you. It will but. be eventually, but I, I mean, I think we're self, you, you know, you think it's going to be closer than I do, but. Uh, CT for two Canadians says, thank you, Brianna and IRI for the clips. Um, the Clippets love CT. Well, there you go. Yeah. I can't imagine DeSantis being an FDR type. I just, it doesn't, doesn't fit. I can't he's see him in boring. a, yeah, I can't see him in a history book. I can't imagine everyone looking, you know, the big picture on the wall is DeSantis right next to Lincoln. It's like Lincoln and George Washington. And you and can see that with Trump? Meatball Ron. You can see that with fucking Trump? Yeah, I kind of can. Okay. I can. Okay. It's like insane to me. <laughs> really? Yeah. Look, this is, people hated Lincoln. People thought Lincoln was a tyrant. It, it doesn't, okay. It's interesting, unless we have a complete fucking revolution in this country where like the left just gets fucking annihilated, which I don't perceive, right? History is going to look back horribly on Donald Trump um, in a way that's not even fair to him for all the bad things he does. Like, like the TDS against Trump will be cemented in history books. He'll be portrayed, you know, even worse than I think he actually is going forward because it's usually people on the left writing all these fucking history books and teaching all these fucking classes. And I don't see that changing unless, as I said, it's some sort of like massive cultural revolution to the right, which I'm highly skeptical of coming into pass. I mean, we're ha we're in the we're in the second act. We're halfway through the second act. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Well, oh, let me ask you a question: If Donald Trump loses the election, okay, how is that going to make you feel about generational theory? Depends upon who wins. But if it's Joe Biden. Oh my God. It's, it's like, I think probably generation theory is wrong. Yeah. Okay. Completely, so if I win selected, you're like, generation theory is wrong. Completely incorrect. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Look, okay. it might be some sort of complete irony. I mean, imagine right. Joe Biden. Like, we live through Joe, sleepy Joe Biden, and history remembers him like Lincoln. First of all, what what would he do? Lincoln is Lincoln because he saved the Union. Well, let me, okay, let me, okay. Let me ask you this question, then we move on, because I, I fucking hate generational theory. So this is why it hurts my soul every time you bring it up. Why do you hate it so much? Well, because, like, kind of the, like, the way that you're framing this is a part of the reason I hate it. Even if generational theory is true, I would imagine it's like, there's like a vague range of time periods that it could exist in. Like, it's just more like the way I think I would imagine it should be conceptualized as someone who's never read it. So you can tell me if I'm wrong. Dude, it's you not that there's read like, the fucking wait, let me, I'm asking the question is I'm assuming that they don't set up their theory. Like there's a strict time period where like every 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, this has to happen. This has to happen. This has to happen. It's more like there's a trend of this attitude exists. That attitude shifts to this new attitude 
that attitude shifts to another attitude, that attitude shifts to another attitude, which then repeats the cycle, right? It's just like, they're just saying that there's like attitudes going from attitudes going to attitudes. Correct. And so even if generational theory is true, it's very possible that Joe Biden would win and then every nothing really, there is no revolutionary change, but then someone after Joe Biden is the revolutionary candidate, right? That changes everything. Well, 2024, and then we're 2028. So yeah, no, it could be the president after Joe Biden. Okay. It so, could but definitely I'm saying be like, the president right. after Joe Biden. So I'm saying like, don't hamper it on like there being some specific time deadline. I think it's just more be thought of as like shifts, go like how the pendulum shifts going forward, as opposed to like, no, this next election has to be like the deadline for something to occur. This is it. just look, it's interesting just as something that you can look out in the world and say, did these guys get it right? I'm always fascinated right. by anyone who's going to make some sort of tangible predictions like Are this. They, and I they think made a prediction for 2024? Yeah. Look, okay. no, they haven't made a prediction for 2024. Okay. They made a prediction that the, the period that we're in, the fourth turning, the climax generation will be over by 2030 to 2033. Mm -hmm. So, and... The other periods that were the same point in the seculum were Lincoln in the Civil War, FDR in World War II. So we're, we're it's some sort of transformation. It's likely that some sort of transformational candidate will be seen. It could, it could not happen. I mean, they lay it out in the book that several different things that could possibly take place. This is just one of them. Right. And I just, I think it's interesting because I, I'm looking out at the at the candidate selection and I'm thinking, well, if there is going to be some sort of transformational candidate, and I do think at this point, like I agree with Mr. Important about how we've got the kind of, like the American dream is dying and there does need to be some sort of transformational change in our politics. That needs to happen. I, I agree with generational theory on that point. I'm just wondering who, how it is going to happen and what kind of political candidate could make it happen. I think Trump is the most likely candidate because he is definitely, he's the kind of guy that is going to say, look, we're going to do things different now. Right. That's why I laid out the, the stock thing, because that's something that completely pisses people off and I mean, is it is it going to be harder for the history books to be written that Trump was a fascist if he does something like that? Like you're saying, it's impossible for that to happen. But if it did happen, I don't think the history books could be written that way. I think nothing is impossible. I think it's highly unlikely that that Trump is like Trump would have to win the presidency and do something fucking incredibly miraculous in a second term. In order to uh, to repair or revitalize his image going forward for the history books, he he doesn't okay. though because as soon as he's in office, he doesn't have to worry about being reelected. So his image is complete. Like he's he's literally going to be doing everything focused on his legacy. And this the insider trading thing is how does no, that no, not drain not, the swamp? It screams drain no, the swamp. What I, what I'm saying? No, I just meant okay. You misunderstood what I meant. I meant whatever he's going to have to take some action in his second term 
that's like so amazingly loved that that action re uh you know repairs rewrites and history and rewrites yes. history and makes everyone overlook like the fucked up shit in his first term and presumably the fucked up shit he'll do in his second term and i'm skeptical that that whatever that i don't know what that miraculous action is but i'm skeptical that that action will take place i am very skeptical that that action will take place too but i think if anyone's going to do it it's going to be trump okay uh stug for five hours says if we spend time calling out the bad actors if we don't spend time calling out the bad actors then how are we going to get nick cage memes there you go i like it uh moondoggy for three for three months says look iri and brianna Wu are not my cup of tea but i'd rather work with people who co can come around than people who just want to wank off their hate boner true that's true what does that mean like people like you rather talk to people that'll come talk to us and try to do something um as opposed to people just like sit in echo chamber and you know whack off their hate boner what do you mean i just look i it's yeah no i totally agree right i was and surprised you, like, like that... seriously like people like don't like be nice to brianna well i don't know what she means by that like if you want to leave you can leave whatever comment you want on this channel, but like, don't fucking hassle her or something. Well, look, she reads the comments. Be nice to her in our comments. Okay. I don't like why do why do you have to be mean. Be constructive. Don't be an asshole. Right. It's nice enough to come on the channel, talk to us. And she's definitely, you know, even though we disagree on stuff, you know, she's like, you know, a thousand times better than most of the people. It, it <laughs> that is. We talk to her on the left. Look, it was she. It was an uncomfortable situation for me because she was basically saying, "Because, look, I I thought she'd be able to articulate my position at least, you know, <laughs> somewhat clearly, but because she couldn't do that, and I said you couldn't do that, she basically implied that people were going to attack her because she couldn't articulate my position." Which, how's that my fault? It's not your fault. And I, that's why I said it was, I thought, I said to her, I thought it was unfair for her to change the conversation to do to that arena. So. But yeah, anyway. I just, look, I think I do, I think she's smart enough. I think she could articulate our position. I just, there's a little bit of. Well, no, of, she can't um, because I, we, we don't, she doesn't understand her position or agree with what our position she doesn't agree with what our state of position is that it is our state of position which we found out in this conversation which was interesting it was interesting yeah, yeah. artemis foul for five dollars says anti-white is not prevalent anyone figure out the pattern of why the news doesn't mention the race of specific groups of people yeah i mean it's true it's you know it is weird we talked about this on our we talked show. about that yeah, yeah. um loser beer for 13 months says just curious as brianna oh, i read that one uh ct for two canadian says there are dozens of us parasite e fans dozen there you go sammy g for ten dollars thank you sammy says brianna says things about working together and i get all pumped and hopeful and then she says the right is blind and who knows if ben supports white nationalism or not we have a long way to go lol there you go uh, yeah i don't it's an uncomfortable situation to be in because i don't like to feel that you know, we're on a mission to change her over to our perspective. I think a 
a more modest mission is just getting her to articulate our perspective. Right. Like, I'm not asking you to adopt my perspective. Just don't, just don't straw man it. Right? Right. Uh, Artemis Fowl for another $5 says, I find it funny that Adam and Sitch are grilling Brianna Wu harder than I did on Wick show. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, we've built up some rapport with her, so I feel like that that makes it possible. Right. I don't know. If you're going in for the first time, I don't think... I, I guess a lot of people do that. That's like their modus operandi. They really only want to have one conversation with somebody and then never talk to them again. It's like bridge burning on the first date. Right. Yeah. WTF one A one A for two hours says CT clip it for Dev. There you go. Well, I forgot to say Dev was like, "Tell Brianna I want my rematch or something." They did a talk, and I saw you posted it. I was going to listen to it, but I didn't. I listened to a few minutes of it, and then was got on to doing other things. Army's mm -hmm. uh, file for two dollars says gatekeep gaslight girl boss. There you go. Jellymaker Five says it would be even easier to cancel someone for their opinions if there was no uh, anonymity. I agree completely, which is the argument I was making. Um, Soto for two dollars says we used to duel to the death over real world disagreements. We still do. Um. Sammy C or Sam C, sorry, Sam C for ten dollars says yeah. We like accountability offline. Online accountability is turned up to impossible standards depending on the crisis of the moment, day, or year. That's very true. Yep. No one can handle it. Can't believe Brianna didn't know about EFAP. How sad, right? Terrible. I don't think she's a big content consumer. Terrible. I think she's focused on getting Democrats elected. That's her passion. Terrible. Uh, Clyde for nine months. Thanks so much. Says the only rational solution to conflict is to turn it into Disney Stan. The free market wins again. S classes, best classes. True. Why don't we just take over Gaza and every other area that has violence and we just make it into a giant Disney world and all the residents just have to work in the park. Like that's that's their economy. I mean, yeah. the happiest place on earth, right? We'll call it hell on earth. I mean, the happiest place on earth. <laughs> There you go. All the Hamas people, they have to wear those like the big, the big uh, hot, you know, cartoon outfit, mascot outfits. So love it. J Mac used to do that. Remember? I do remember. Yeah. yeah. A man of many talents. Uh, D5280 for one gift of membership. Thanks so much. Death by Sloth for $2 says disease is a real issue, but hypochondriacs exist. Great point. That is a great point. A great point regarding our conversation with them. Yeah. Uh, Slate King for five dollars says, "When someone objects to your methods of analysis, you can you can't get angry that they don't agree with your conclusions." Yes, that was where there's a big disconnect going on there. Yeah. Yes. Slate King for for eleven months. Thanks so much. Says, "Don't forget the game." Quote: As a majority report fan, I believe. Dot dot dot. And that's why I get my news from Sam Cedar. There you go. There you go. 
Yeah, that's that's we're out of standoff with the. She's going to say that we're biased, that we're dismissing all of her good evidence, and we're going to say that she's biased because she listens to Sam Cedar and thinks that that is actually evidence. So that's that's the standoff that we're going to have. But I just getting her to recognize the standoff is that's the next logical step in this, right? Right. Chance Sasquatch for two dollars says why? Because there's no repercussions. I think that's regaining the the crime thing. Yes. Uh, your good friend, your best friend in the world, Adam. Dialogue always. Oh, I know. Look, you must be going up. I, I am. I'm going. I backwards. keep trying to follow. I know. Along I'm, here, I'm, I'm intentionally fucking with you by reading the super chats in reverse order. I don't know why. I do so much better when I can read it along with you. Dialogue uh, always for ten dollars. Look, I'm giving dialogue always a heart. It might be a mistake. I'm gonna hope how this many times is a good. Are you gonna get tricked. <laughs> okay. I I'm gonna hope that this. I haven't read this super chat yet, uh -huh. but I'm gonna hope it's. Look, it ends in a lull. So he's just. Okay, you. He's okay. kidding. Okay, you read it. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. You go read dialogue always. No, I want. Look, I'm gonna read the one above it. If while well, you go to the bathroom. Okay, fine. We'll, I'll stay here. You read it. We'll we'll do dialogue. Always. No, read go it. to the bathroom. No. We'll do dialogue always together. I already read the one above it. Oh, you did. Yes. So once again, the moment nuance is applied to Adam's collectivist versus individualism straw man. Adam immediately places you on the other side. Who to thunk it? I'm not even sure I understand what he's trying yeah, to say. Yeah, dialogue. We often you do this. We thank you for the ten dollar super chat, but I'm not sure I understand what you mean. He's always making some very esoteric point where he's like, Well, listen, a month ago you said this, and now you're saying this. So therefore you're a hypocrite. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> So the I I object to the oppressor oppressed lens. It is collectivist, but there are forms of collectivism that I don't object to. So it's I'm not objecting to the oppressor oppressor lens because it's collectivist. I'm objecting to it because it's cancer. Right. And it just so happens to be collectivist. And I don't think you can you can really fight racism or sexism or homophobia unless you're using an individualist lens. True. Yeah. So if that's really your mission to fight those things, you should avoid the collectivist lens. <laughs> El Caliso so. for 13 months. Thank you. Says the progressive left and the radical left are coming to a crossroads. What will happen? Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. A team is elf class. Well, there you go. I don't know what that means, but sure. Making fun of me for the ears thing. Oh, that's You're all true. read a super chat. You go to the back. Albert Katstein. See, part of the problem with me doing it backwards is I can't just sneak out and then you read it because you don't know where we are. I don't care. I'll, if I'll read this, I'll Albert, read one in a second. I'll, listen, I'll suffer through. Look, Albert Christian Baller's aimed at me. This is a perfect time for you to go to the back. Okay. There you go. You read your money debt thing. <laughs> Albert Katzen, free will seeker. Welcome. Christian Baller for $5 says, Adam. Oh, no. Oh, no. Here it is. You guys ready for the MMT stream? We have close to 600 people 
watching the stream right now. Let's see if we can get that number down to 200. We're going to talk about MMT. Christian Baller for $5 says, Adam, if the debt is the money supply, how did Bill Clinton have a surplus in 2000 and people still had money? Christian, 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 Christian. I just wish that you would learn the principles of economics so you could answer your own questions. Okay, let's look at this. What is, what is the, the deficit? Well, the deficit is the amount of government spending minus government taxation. So if the government taxes $1,000 and spends $2,000, the deficit would be that extra $1,000. So that happens every year. I think this year we had an extra, we overspent $2 trillion. So we added another $2 trillion to the $32 trillion deficit. So what Bill Clinton did was Bill Clinton balanced the budget. Bill Clinton started bringing in more money in taxes than he was actually spending. So instead of adding $2 trillion to the deficit, he took in an extra trillion dollars in taxes and took, and took a trillion dollars off of the deficit. Okay. So the deficit still existed. I don't know what it was. We would have to look it up, but he was, he was bringing the deficit down. Now, as he was bringing the deficit down, he was shrinking the money supply as the deficit, as the, as the government debt goes from I don't even know what it was at the time. Let's just say it's 10 trillion. As it goes from 10 trillion to 9 trillion to 8 trillion to 7 trillion, the money supply is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And if he had completely paid off the the government debt, the money supply from government spending would have gone down to zip, zero, zilch they still could have money because you could take out a loan and that would create money. Every time somebody takes out a loan, it creates money. So the money supply is loans and, and government debt. So there you go. There's your did answer. You, did you explain the difference between annual debt and total debt? Yeah, I did. Okay. Because that's the answer to the question. Yeah, the annual debt is, yeah. Not the total debt, sure. But this, they the MMT people did come in when Bill Clinton did balance the budget and gave him a heads up. He said, listen, what you're doing is you're basically draining the savings accounts of all the people in the economy. And that's going to backfire. And it did backfire. It backfired in the dot-com bubble burst. Right. I wonder, and here's your, here's your conspiracy uh, pill here. I wonder if most politicians completely are aware <laughs> they might uh, that if they that if they you know reduce the debt and they go into a government surplus that it will cause even if they agree with it morally it will cause a recession and nobody wants to preside over that recession yes i think chances are that is happening but they realize nobody has the the cognitive architecture to understand this 
it's it's kind of like you know being an atheist and and knowing look atheists are never going to get elected so <laughs> i was just going to say look i god we're all praying to god here yes. there'll be an atheist one day who gets elected to be president i don't think never but you look you do there people do i mean i wouldn't vote for one but i'm just <laughs> People do tip their hat to God in the political sphere because they know that's what people want to hear, right? I think I mean, a we, lot of this happens with economics as listen, well. They we know already had an atheist hear. president, Adam. I don't know how you can even say that. We're gonna. I'm. I'm. Do you writing know who it was? The atheist president. Yeah. It was Jimmy Carter. It was Donald Trump. Oh yeah. Donald Trump does not believe in God. Okay. Do, look, Donald Trump has done so much wrong. You know he believes in God. He's do, uh -huh. he's doing his best to get into heaven. No, he doesn't. Does not believe in God. I don't know that he doesn't believe in God. Okay, when he was holding that little Bible up in that weird way with his hand, he's not upside a down and backwards. <laughs> we, I'm, I, we'll do an MMT stream where we explain it from the bottom up. As last time we talked about it, someone in the comments was like, I finally understand it. Well, there you go. Yeah. It is very obnoxiously complicated. As all economic policies are. It's not that complicated. It is. But you know what isn't complicated? Mr. Ubercross, thanks so much for the 10 gifted memberships. Thank you, Mr. Ubercross. That ain't complicated. And thank you, Caleb the Cynic, for the five gifted memberships. Uh, Lutrin yeah. Sasquatch for $5 says, it's funny how Hassan has spent his whole career calling everyone else's chat Nazis, and it turns out they were in his Discord the whole time. Very yep. true. Um, J-Mac, our get followed for $5 says, it's accurate. Oh, no, that was about the, uh, the, the crab guy. Okay. Right. Look at the stream labs. I'm going to bring those up. We're almost there. Almost there, guys. Dr. Dealer for $2. No, they don't want, they want us to go forever. I don't know what you're talking about. Dr. Dealer for $2 says, regarding the seismic thing, it's hard to move forward acknowledging a lot of how people feel when they give zero credence to o to Occam's razor and Hanlon's razor. How many feminists admitted the wage gap debate was folly? True. They only admit, see, that actually plays perfectly in my alternative thing. They only admitted that that was folly until they could like rebrand it to some different problem, right? And they'd be like, oh, well, you know, the wage gap still exists in this other format. Then they would finally acknowledge that it like was bullshit. Right. Uh, Dr. She Lifford Triar says, it's super easy for you to advocate that nobody should have uh, anonymity when you voluntarily gave it up. The arguing that other people shouldn't be allowed to is fundamentally selfish. Ooh, there you go. Uh, Dr. Lifford-Charles says, it feels like Brianna is suffering from tribalism, namely the mental hangup of, you know I'm mostly right, you're just being dishonest, you see it so often. There you go. Uh, Dotems for $3.25, thank you so much, says we should try this no anonymous experiment. We could call this new utopia Facebook because of the whole face thing. But seriously, I think most of most are trying to keep some separation between, say, work and their deviant art accounts. 
so true that is interesting yeah all these weird uh porn sites how would that work if no one could be anonymous on the internet so there you go you could have a fake i mean i know because i had a bunch of those fake facebook accounts right i mean there obviously were a lot of people that, that uh you were, had like real facebook accounts and obviously facebook is just a much a hive of you know trolling and anger is in the other place but you could have you could very easily have uh fake anonymous facebook accounts there's tons of them yeah because i used to play like this was like years ago there's some you know remember those like awful facebook games and then they'd be like oh you can play this game for free but you have to like sign up your friends and i'm like listen i'm not gonna get any of i'm not gonna like force this garbage on my friends so i made like six fake facebook accounts did you really Yes, and I just signed them all up to like play the game, and I was like, "Yeah, look at that! I beat the system." Do you know what that game it was that was designed by Cambridge Analytica? That was the that was the app to get all the information. Well, they got a bunch of fake information, so I I know that's why I think it's funny. It's hilarious. There you go. I beat the take that take that Cambridge. Uh, Let's see, Doctor Dealer for two dollars says you can look. It added as a pessimistic that people that people are naturally selfish. But on the other hand, we've done a lot to overcome our deficiencies together. Got to the moon before world peace. You've come a long way, baby. That's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah. We have come a long way. Arithmetic for $2. Thank you. Says as a longtime viewer and donator, I have to say that I will riot if you start unlisting the Tuesday streams. I try to watch it live, but sometimes I can't have to catch up on Wednesday or Thursday. Well, you can so so what we were going to do is make it members only so you can watch it you just have to be a member so there you go it's easy you can still watch it just can be members only doesn't he super chat a lot isn't that like being a member uh yeah i think arithmus is a member though so he would definitely be able to watch it oh okay yeah we weren't gonna yeah so you can you can watch it you just have to be a member the idea would be uh i think it would be significantly better for a channel if on Tuesdays, we're not going to touch Sunday. Sunday will be f- kept pristine and pure. Uh, but on Tuesdays, what we're thinking about doing is clipping out all the segments and then setting the stream to members only. To And then we'll put up the clips of each segment up individually. So let's lay out the the issue. The issue is, we're obviously, when we post clips and people don't watch the clips, it's it's bad for the channel. If your subscribers don't watch your content, that's how your channel begins, like the downward spiral. So we're kind of trying to make it so people we're not double posting content. So right. like right. we did a bunch of we did a bunch of videos in this stream. And people if we leave it up people can choose to watch the stream and many do or people can choose to watch the individual clips when that happens it's like half of our subscribers are watching one and half of our subscribers are watching the other and to youtube it reads as only half our subscribers are interested in our content so don't show it to other to other possible audiences so we're kind of trying to solve that issue yeah right yeah if if you are subscribed to the channel any YouTube channel and like new content pops up that's recommended to you and you don't watch it because you've already seen it or no, just if you don't watch it for any reason, 
Right, um, exactly. That but the reason that you wouldn't YouTube. watch it is because you've already seen it. Yeah. Right. That sends a signal to YouTube to not recommend it to not to to people that are not subscribed. Because YouTube says, well, if your subscribers aren't watching it, why would like random people watch it either? And so part of the reason I think that our growth has been slow is because of this problem uh, with the the clips and the essentially double posting content. And this is why, if you notice, like almost every other content streamer, they do the exact same thing. You know, uh, Destiny, uh, Young Turks, I think almost all of them, they all do the same thing. They'll do some long stream and then they either unlist the stream or make the stream membership only. And then they just put the segments up on their channel individually. Yep. And so we're going to start doing that for Tuesdays. We'll leave Sunday the way it is because we've been doing it for so long, but we're going to start doing that with Tuesday. But I, we're, I don't know that we're going to clip Sunday. Sec, we're going to do Sunday clips anymore. We may do a, a second channel for Sunday clips just for people who want Sunday show clips. Yeah. Right. We're going to try to, what we're going to try to do is not have uh double content on up at the same time on the channel anymore. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dr. Dealer for $2 says, do you think it will give them any pause that they couldn't describe your position, but a viewer, me, was able to correctly identify the source of IRI's thought process immediately? <laughs> no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> No, but you're very astute, Dr. Diller. So, uh, the real whole senator for five dollars says they already called DeSantis Trump 2.0, and every Democrat I know in real life said DeSantis is Trump 2.0. Yeah, they're gonna listen. They're gonna say it, but the normies, they're not gonna feel it. Okay, they're not gonna feel it. Right. I'm reading the chat on the clips thing, so I wasn't really okay. paying attention. Anyways. Is that it? I mean, I don't think anyone wants to hear me rant about Loki for an hour, and I'm hungry, so. I'm starving. Yeah. I need to do something, though. What? Because last time they couldn't hear the harmonica outro because I have a new noise suppression filter. Oh. What's the new that thing? Is, that, you have? that is as good as the noise suppression on Zoom. Zoom, yeah, it's pretty badass. So okay. badass it cut out half my harmonica. So what do you? Well. What is it? What is it called? It's called noise suppression. Is it like a program? Like, or is, like what? What is? It? It's a filter in in OBS. Oh, it's not yeah. the OBS. Okay, so you got to turn off your OBS filter first. I did. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready to rock and roll. Anyways, Reb, uh, Rebellion Merc for four months. Says, as a member, I will never watch the clips when I can watch the full VOD. That said, I hope this new plan going forward works out. Well, there you go. And as a member, you will have the option to watch the full VOD. Anyways, thank you all for coming. Did I skip your super chat, Ecoshadox? I did. Wait What's a minute. going on? Why would you? What skip... is wrong with me? How am I so bad? Are they at the top? Because I can't. No, they're wondering. at the bottom. Okay. Sorry, Eagle Shadox. Thank you for pointing that out. Eagle Shadox for five dollars says Sitch has family in Alabama. Based S class might indeed be best class. Oh wow, Eagle Shadox, are you really in Alabama? I saw you in the chat Bam. saying. saying there you that go. You were. 
yeah, my um, it's kind of funny. My uncle moved to Alabama for some reason. So wow. there you go. We're saying it's you really want to want to be Jewish in Alabama? It's definitely cheaper. Yeah, he said yes. Is that uh, Blaine's or... escape coin for ten dollars says wrong. I don't know what's wrong, but it's because they crossbreed Wagyu in Oregon. There's also Australian. If you read the labels, it will say Kobe style or American Wagyu. Oh, interesting. Oh, there you go. So yeah, so they'll throw in some like modifier. Oh, it's American art style. Yeah, there you go. Wow, I wonder what I had. Right. I don't know. Who knows? I'll look for because because in, in a restaurant it's, it just says it on the menu. It usually doesn't say like you know the specifics. Mr. Ubercross for two dollars says no, no. <laughs> Do Sunday clips? I watch them. Well, look, we're we're talking about doing them. We're just on a on a separate channel. So yeah, it'll be like a Sitch Adam clips channel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had one before, so we did. All right, is that it? Should I? Anyways, okay. Thank you all for coming. Thank you all for your incredibly generous donation. Thank you, Brianna and IRI, for coming on. Always a good conversation and nice to talk to you guys. Uh, and thank you, you who have made it to the end of the show. You are the true free will seekers. You are the true anime protagonists of life. You are the true captains of industry. The true enlightened centrists. The true neos never ciphers. Remember when that was our slogan? Don't be a cipher. We need to bring that back. Don't be a cipher. When you are the true neos. When you are the true harmonica players on the train of life. And we thank you all for coming. And we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye, Billy! <laughs>